you with another possibly exciting episode of the one and only weird science dc comics podcast i'm america's sweetheart eric shea and i'm jim warner sit down relax because episode number 168 is about to commence 168 hello uh one and all welcome to the weird science dc comics podcast the official unofficial podcast of weird science dc comics.com for the week of march 24th 2018 uh we are proud members of the comics podcast network the weeby geeks proud. network the batman proud. podcast network and the tangent proud. bound podcast network proud. that's for pete from nyc he's still sitting there shaking his head not knowing what the hell those things mean i just Mom, like the way it sounds proud. just like the way it sounds we're on facebook at weird science dc comics podbean at weird science dc comics at podbean.com we are on twitter at weird science dc and we have an itunes account weird science dc comics podcast and a website as i said earlier weird science dc comics.com eric we also have a patreon account if you want to support us for this show and then get a bunch of other shows you can go over to patreon.com slash weird science and one of the things you'll be able to get right away is this week's Patreon-only spotlight picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop, boop, boop. And that would be Damage Number 3 and Eric Dead Man Number 5. Dead oh, Man badasses. Number 5. They picked it just so they can hear Eric be forced to talk about it. So you will not hear those tonight if you wanted to somehow listen to Dead to Man Number Dead 5. Man number five. Yeah, there's a business plan for you. Dead Man <laughs> Number 5. Uh, go over to the Patreon account. But we also have a regular spotlight that we do that is on the regular feed that you get this podcast on that will not be on it tonight as well. And that's Nightwing Number 41. Now, I did mention we have a lot of other Patreon shows and just one that I will mention as a kind of a laugh, a little laugh, Eric. I must call you Eric. That I have a uh, comic news podcast that I do every Saturday morning. And this week I had it, and as I'm recording it, I'm sitting there, and I record it really early. So I'm recording, and I keep saying, like, huh, not a lot of news this week, but there is this WonderCon going on. So maybe, maybe they held back a couple items, and I got done, edited the thing, put it out. And then everything hit. So <laughs> as a little dealer, I may be having a little emergency podcast after we're done to hear. Thing, Every show we oh, do I that has kind of any kind of news or information, yep. everything hits as soon as we're done. Yeah, that, it always does. When we did the pop culture, now we do the pop culture on Mondays uh, twice a month on the Patreon again. Uh, but when we had that in the regular feed, Wednesday we do the show and Wednesday night, uh, you know, five people would die and huge news would hit. And then we're like, ah, oh. and by the time we got around to the next week's pop culture everybody had talked about it and this is my problem this news a lot of uh dc comic news obviously uh and it's a lot of justice league news teen titans stuff so i i had that i kept saying and luke uh hollywood hollywood kid then put on the page and was like oh i feel bad for you Uh, all this news i'm like no no i said it when when it was going on when i was recording that this is bound to happen so instead and he's like oh why don't you just wait till next week 
by next week, it's old hat. So yeah. I, I do think that when we're done recording here, I am going to have an emergency podcast with that Just League news. It won't be that long because there's not tons, but it's pretty big news. So if you want to listen to that, there'll be an emergency podcast up as well on the Patreon if you would be so you inclined to go over podcasts. there. Yes, I just like yelling it. The problem is, though, while I was thinking about this, I also have to think about what sound effect that I'll have at the beginning for the emergency podcast. Will I have the theme song from the old uh, show Emergency? Will I Ooh. have a siren going off, Eric? Will I have somebody yelling emergency? I, I don't know. This is, I'd say these siren are the fun, and these somebody are yelling emergency. Yeah, these are the emergency. fun things to think about. And then at the end, you, you go out with the emergency theme song. Yes, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Or maybe I will just use Dancing Mike singing about the news and leave with parties over. Because, right. you know, that's kind of the way things roll around these parts. <laughs> but with the Patreon uh, spotlight and all this Patreon talk, it does lead us now to what we like to do. And it's the badass roll call, Eric. Light it up. All right. Light that oh, up, Eric, because this is the badass roll call. We're going to talk about all those badasses of the Patreon account, if I can load it up now, Eric. I had it on and then got off of that, but here we go. The badass roll call. We got Abuse Mom in the Verizon Hole, Aldrin Stoja, Dave Asel, who is all new, Dave D-Man, Josh Vermillion, Havlin, Mark, Batman Beyond Mark, having problems, Eric, G-Man, Manship, B. Murray, Bobby, Jolly Drew, Reggie, Andrew Belfast, the seller dweller Danny Ooh. the Street Luis Zach Ulysses Jones the Ulysses Jones show in, in effect we got T Hakeem Double Aaron Monty Simon Swanee Anthony G Dave J Bill Bear Ian Missy T Rob Lewis Pete from NYC Lone Wolf Marv Jazz Ruben and the OG Christopher Hyden. Thank you. And I'm gonna I'm gonna turn up the song a little, Eric. I had it way down. We're gonna listen a little. We got a couple of uh, you know things left. There we go. We got the badass song going. You like it? Are you dancing? Are you dancing, Eric? That now I I usually have a problem where I I talk till the song goes and go over. And now I gotta I gotta waste some seconds. We <laughs> still about ten seconds. Or so I'm bebopping along here. All right, there you go. That is a smooth, uh, a well-oiled machine, Eric. Uh, just like a certain ski team in a certain movie that we like. But that is the badasses. Thank you, one and all. And thanks, everybody, who is on the Patreon account. We appreciate all of you uh, and even the Mwah. ones that left, Eric, and get me sad. We appreciate <laughs> everybody. Uh, but, yeah, that is the end of the newfangled intro, Eric. And we're going to stop right now and go off to the books. Now we have waited for far long enough For the part of the podcast we love The meat and the cheese that we crave Oh Jim, we just want to hear your voice some more And we want to hear all of your scores We don't want to hear any change 
right, and here we go, Eric, with the meat and cheese of the podcast, the books. And we are going to be starting with a section that's very super, Eric. Uh, But if you want to go and read our written reviews, you can go over to weirdsciencedccomics.com and read all of the reviews, including a bunch of books that won't be on this podcast tonight. Uh, yeah, in these books, I, before we started up here, I, uh, I was yelling at you because Jim was boy, a gloomy Gus. Oh my goodness. I, I was reading some of these books that we're going to have on the podcast tonight. And it's not even just that I'm reading some and going, Oh, you know what? I'm not down with this one or, Ooh, that's, I, I, I'm to the point where I want to jump off a bridge uh, <laughs> and on some of these. Uh, luckily, some are changing up. Some will be changing hands soon. The problem right is, just in the horizon. Here's the problem, though: is hopefully it'll bring everything back up. Yes. Well, the problem though is my favorite two books of the week are also going to be either canceled or changing hands, yep. and that's upsetting as well. Uh, meaning Superman sword. and Super Sons. Uh, after that, all bets are off tonight, and you may just hear the most gloomiest uh, me you've ever had. <laughs> it's almost like. I, I've given up. I, I really have. This is not the, you know, scream and yell because something didn't make sense or, or something like that. This is a entire section and, and bunch of books in a row that just brought me down when I was getting ready for this. And it, it's just killing me. I need something good. I want to be a positive Peter. Yeah. Can't be. I don't want to be a negative Nancy, but it, it's very tough. It's very, very tough. This is one of those podcasts tonight that if we did that uh, thing that we were going to say we were going to do at one point as a joke, like we're only going to talk about books that we like, be a real short podcast. Yep. So we have gonna, these first two books in yeah, my mind, and we're off. out. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, we're going to start off with Water. Superman number 43, written yes. by Patrick Gleason and Peter J. Tomasi, with art by Patrick Gleason, Joe Prado, Stephen Downer, and Rob Lee. Boy Zaro is in our world, and he doesn't want to go back home because somewhere in this comic behind all the bizarre talk is a story that seems to be dealing with abuse, and that's the part of the story that really shines here, even with us going back to Bizarro world and seeing that the Legion of Fun is trying to destroy the super foes and the world. Yeah, yeah. So it is a little bit behind the scenes. Seems like what Boy Zaro is talking about is at least his dad isn't nice, but it seems yeah. to go a little further than that. Like my dad I wasn't saw, nice, I, I took it. but you know, I would still go home for dinner. Uh, he wants to be on another planet. Well, I'm, I'm uh, telling you, the whole idea. I'm sitting here, I'm reading this book, and I'm trying to wrap my head around Bizarro talk because I went yeah. on last time we talked about Superman. How much I hate, and I've loathed it for years. So I'm trying to wrap my head around everything. Superman's trying to do Bizarro Talk for yeah. Boy Zaro. We go back to Bizarro World. Everybody's full out Bizarro Talk. So I sat there and thought to myself, the, the part of the book that I enjoyed the most was this behind-the-scenes, almost deep story about abuse and dealing with abuse. But then I started thinking, but this is Bizarro World we're talking about. So is that actually love on Bizarro yeah, World? And is it accepted? Problem. Yeah, is that the case? But when Bizarro or Boy Zaro says, me and want to go home – and that just means he doesn't. Uh, yeah. You know, me, I'm dad, super. Yeah, yeah, he's not. But like you said, that's the problem with Bizarro Talk and Bizarro World because you not only have Bizarro Talk, which I thought I got a little more used to it this week than last week. I think I've I've gotten my mind into that uh, it mindset was easier of this it. time because for the most part, it was Superman trying to put it yes. on for Boy yeah. Zorro. And so him doing it just very simply was easier in my mind to and, deal and, with it. And I'll tell you, even the fact that Superman says to John at one point, like, listen, you got to talk bizarro talk. I know it's pretty tough. It's hard, whatever. 
I thought like, okay, you know what? You're acknowledging that. I'll go with it and go. But yeah, when you get to, that's the the thing. It's not just bizarro talk, but when you're on bizarro world, you have to wonder what the bizarro rules are as well. Like you said, if bizarro boy said, my dad am not hit me when I do good. And you know, you you try to, but like you said, is (laughs) that, is that good? Is that what you're supposed to do on bizarro world? Is that, is a dad supposed to beat you because that's what they do you. because he yeah. loves you but or does he hate you he just, I, loves you so he just much. go yeah he hates you loves you so much and yeah it does get a little you know wonky sometimes when we do yeah. this i told you a lot of times you'll have this bizarro talk and at, at points they have to kind of just leave it behind because it gets so crazy like it'd be like hey uh boy Zorro, where should we go to lunch me, I'm not hungry. Me, no go lunch. Go there. And now where is the opposite of go there? You know, We're if you point like here. Yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying. It gets a little wonky, but this but, uh, is, no, is pretty good. I, I got done my review and I had this whole like epiphany in my mind. Okay, we're dealing with this background story of abuse. That's something tangible inside this goddamn nonsense that we're dealing with yeah. that I could grab a hold of. And when I was done, though, I'm like – did I just make that up and it's not actually here? Maybe. Because And I started questioning myself, like, is there no story here? Yeah. The part that I like the best isn't even something that's not here. I'm now, like, yeah. oh, God, and, I, I want to move on. Yeah, with that, uh, the only the, – the way that I can go, like, say this was uh, – Boyzaro and Bizarro and, you know, all his family and all of Bizarro world, and it was mainly uh, Flash and Batman. I think that it would, I'd have a little more problems, but because it's basically the opposite, and John really spells it out at the beginning with Boyzaro, that I think that a lot of people could just grab onto that. And while I do think that it really seems to push the fact that, yeah, Bizarro might be a laying hands, uh, I do think it only begins and ends with the fact that you're supposed to go like John that uh, you know Clark and Lois they're the great people and Bizarro showing you the opposite because while this is a I like the story at the end of this I'm wondering what we're trying to get out of it and I wonder if this is just supposed to be hey look at boy Zorro and Bizarro and Bizarro world now you see how great John Lois and Clark are as a right. family but we already kind of know that so I I'm just yeah, or it's just supposed to be fun of the freaking love fest of the family I yeah. know this part already Yeah and and maybe you're just supposed to have fun but I always try to think of what the point of the story is and I can only think because this run is ending with Tomasi that the point is this is a clever a, a different roundabout way to, like we say, do the victory lap when you're ending a run right. to show how great his characters are by showing the opposite of them as well. And I thought that was pretty cool. I, I actually but, do. And I like Boyzaro. And I like the fact that John is such a good kid that he even kind of teaches Boyzaro to kind of be a better kid as well and almost right. get to the point where he's not – Fully, boys, it gets a little wonky, though. But well, yeah. even when John holds up the mirror to show him, like, you and me were the same, I'm like, yeah. are you trying to say that you're different? Yeah, and he, well, that's the problem is at that point, Superman hasn't come in and said, like, no, son, you're different, the same of different. You know, you uh, get that. But well, now, yeah. spe- speaking of fun, though, when this issue starts out, I was actually having a great time because we jumped back from where we were last issue when Superboy left Hamilton yeah, County left. to rush home to try to get there before his parents did. Yep. And we stay in Hamilton County and see that. While this has all been going on, while the Super Suns has been going on and shit like that, 
It seems that Superman has gone out of his way to hire Robin's friend from the Robin son of Batman yep. book, nobody, Maya, yeah, Maya, to keep tabs on what Superboy's doing while he's being Superboy. And uh, yeah. I, I really like the idea because I really like the character. But yeah, I'm we love here, Maya. I'm having a problem, though, because right before we got on, I started thinking about it. Where we're, we were bitching about Batman in Detective Comics, where he's letting like Cassandra yeah. live in this freaking ballerina, like you know, like a uh, stage place yeah, in the attic yeah, and yeah. shit he's, like that. He's letting like, her kind of uh, letting her go on her own without here's helping. Here's another her. orphan who Superman's just hiring out. I'm like, you didn't I, offer a place to stay or nothing like maybe, that. Maybe I, I, I don't know. I don't know either. If, like, if they uh, they show that their old house never sold and she's living there or something, but or it, she's it, just living next door to Kathy. Maybe, Brand. Yeah, maybe, but it doesn't seem to be. But Kathy ends up knowing that Maya's there, and I do like seeing Maya. We said that we wanted to see Maya, so it was kind of a, a cool surprise yeah. to see her. And the minute that you see those multiple eyes uh, with the kind of the cloaking deal, you're like, yeah. all right, this is awesome. And and I did like that. It also shows you at that point because you had. Superman at one point, Clark telling John, like, yeah, I, I have eyes all over the place. Well, we see yeah. he does. He, he definitely does. He ain't lying. No, no. So he, he's there. So we see that wrap around. But yeah, you get a little Maya Kathy. And I like this because Maya at a point was kind of Damien's you know, Kathy, they were right. kind of their, their very similar characters to each of the Super Sons. And this, I thought, could have led to something really cool in the Super Sons book, which well, is not, not going to continue. Even if it, I'm saying if that's ending and stuff like that, we have here Kathy Brandon, who is an alien teen. You know, we feel like no. not even a teenager. Right? She's probably the same age as John at this point. But we have a young alien character here who's, yeah. you know, Going by the superhero name Beacon now, she started yeah, out of nowhere. I'm like, I want to know more about it. this. But like, yeah. we have Maya, we have Beacon, we have Superboy. We get a lot of young characters here. Like, can we do something with all of these? Can we get like yeah. Damien, Maya, where Emiko, are we gonna do Beacon? It? I That's don't know, but problem. we're not having a Teen Titans book right away. And we're and not, not going to have Sons. it. In, and it's not going to be in the Superman book as far as I can see. Because yeah. there is a lot of talk that won't even be a John after a little no, while. So, so we're going to have to see what's going on. Like I said, if the Super Sons book continued... Uh, this would be a pretty cool way to kind of go from here, let Brian Michael Bendis take over this book, and then move these characters over to Super Sons, but that's being canceled as well. Or just the well. Young Justice. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Maybe that's the setup. But I would really be surprised if we see Kathy after this whole, you know, no, I'm saying it, it'll run. be a tough sell to even get, you know, a character like nobody who's mostly just appeared in Robin's son of Batman and was just no. a side character and that and Kathy Brandon, who's really just appeared here. Yeah. You know, it'd be hard to focus them in a book somewhere and have everybody know who these yeah. characters were. Well, and even like the, suggest yeah. it seems weird. The only deal, though, is I actually my prediction was that Peter J. Tomasi, if they have a young justice or the Teen Titans revamped or they go forward with something. Something, I think that he might be on it He because he's very good with these young characters. Yeah. So maybe this is his setup to have something continue. Uh, but so as cool. yeah, but as this is going on, you then go back to uh, actually there's a big giant, uh, you know, energy deal from uh, Kathy's Kathy ship. ship yeah. And there's a portal that opens and you see Bizarro, uh, Boy Zorro Boy come out, yeah. take off. And yeah, now we're going to go where we were, where Boy Zaro is hanging out with, you know, G. 
John <laughs> while uh, Clark and Lois are watching TV and they're having a grand old time. They want to watch. There's a tie into the honeymooners that comes in later. That's kind of the joke. The punchline happens later as well. And I love that Superman just wants to watch Andy Griffith and the honeymooners. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. you damn right, Superman. That'd be a good time. Andy right Griffith there. is pretty funny for him because that'd be oh, that's so Superman. Uh, but yeah, in the meantime, John is there with. Boy Zaro and Boy Zaro's playing with his transformer. He's got his Optimus Primer. John's gonna explain it to him. It's like he's doing a Boys Toys podcast there. Uh, but the problem is, is time. while this goes on, Boy Zaro's a little bit uh he, he goes a little off the handle as well because he's trying to, you know, hey, what's going on? Are you a good guy? Me, I'm not Boy Zaro. And you're starting the the talk, but that's like, hey, look, those my mom and dad, and the minute he hears dad, he freaks out. And, you know, he uses... Well, he, his, he takes, the, you, he takes yeah. the Superman and Superboy action figures, he uses his fire heat breath on yeah. them, and melts them to look like, you know, Bizarro yeah. and Boy Zaro. Yeah. And like, okay, you, you're from that other world, the Bizarro world. I get it. Like, you know, we're different, but we're also the same. We're the opposite yeah. of each other. Yep. I get you. Which leads to them making too much goddamn noise and Clark walking in. And, and go say he, again, and now you it, go... It's done really well where, yeah. like, uh, Superboy is holding up the mirror to show, like, you know, Boy Zaro, the S in reverse and stuff like yeah. that on his chest to show him he's just like Superboy. But when he sees Clark in the mirror behind him, it has the reverse S like it's yeah. Bizarro. Boy Zaro freaks the hell out thinking his dad has found yeah. him yeah. and just attacks the shit yeah, out of he Superman. He says like, dad and, you know, and goes nuts. And that's John. But yeah, uh, Boy Zaro goes nuts. And he uses, you know, his uh, freeze vision yep. and just freaking goes to town. But yeah, then Superman comes and just knocks him, uh, you know, knocks through and says, you know, that's enough, young man. And, you know, and, and then John is, you already get the idea that John actually kind of likes Boyzaro yeah. already. He's kind of like John's down with John's just a him. really nice boy. He is. He is. And you have even Boyzaro at this point is even thinking he's got to help John. Because, you know, me not take you to safe place and, and all yeah. the Bizarro talk. Uh, but that's where Superman has to, you know, realize and kind of decide you know or just i gotta talk to him yeah. but in the meantime there's a funny deal where he ends up boyzaro ends up using his heat breath and you know ends up hitting superman's cape which then goes and gets this uh you know this helicopter and there's big trouble and after this all resolves you have superman like you uh you are bad boy you know bizarro saying that he did boyzaro did well he didn't do well he's the one no, that caused the problem he's I'm, trying to calm him down i know well, like, oh, he did superman not do well are trying to save this helicopter then Bibbo shows up Bibbo out of nowhere with a up. shotgun about to shoot Boyzaro in the face. I'm like, yeah. how, like, how is this building that you're on anywhere related to the Ace of Clubs? Yeah, Look at you, Bibbo. This is not your goddamn club. What are you doing here? And it's here? crazy because this is like a medevac helicopter and they, they Superman and Superboy end up grabbing it before it crashes and ease it down. And the people in, including the guy who looks like he's in traction, is like, <laughs> almost giving the thumbs up. I'm like, what is going on? The one person who's the medic there is like, oh, man, thanks a lot, Superman and Superboy. I'm like, what is going on? You better get the hell out of here. This guy has to be in bad shape. He is on a medevac helicopter. Get him the heck out of here. You're fucking sitting there talking about this. Uh, this is a really weird deal. And like, you did bad, super, you know, boys are all me not thank you i'm like what who is this is the problem with with the world nowadays eric everybody's getting an award for he set it up 
This, he's basically like one of those firefighters that start the fire and then go and put it out. But, you know, he, he doesn't know. He's, no. he's freaking out and Superman realizes that. So it's okay. But now we go to what is probably one of the funniest things this <laughs> week. But I wish that it played out a little more. And that's why I kind of wish that this was a Super Sun story instead right. of this because I would have won it more because the, the, this uh, Oh, oh my God! Rob Zaro, uh, Rob Zaro comes out and he has a pencil thin mustache. He's <laughs> like Pepe Le Pew. He, oh, you know, hey, and he's going and he's he is a romancer. He's full of love. It's hilarious. He even at one point he twiddles his mustache like it's not a Rob Zaro and my unfaithful steed Tiny. And I'm like, oh, this is so good. And he ends up trying to kiss Maya. So, he does a so tuck ridiculous. and roll. Oh my God! He does a tuck and roll to then spring up. And pull Maya into a dip to kiss her. I'm like, oh, this is so good. It's so good. Uh, it just doesn't last enough. I no, wanted it so much more of this character. It made me laugh so much. And I'm telling you, this and, and Super Sons, when we talk about it next, saved my week. Because if it wasn't for these things, I would have, I would have really have, I may have told you we're done for this week. I'm done. <laughs> But I I love this. I just wanted more. But yeah, you have this whole thing where Boy Zaro shows up then, and and all of them show yeah, up Superman there for Superman and Boy and Boy Zaro show back up to try to close, you know, yeah. get the uh, Boy Zaro home and also yeah. talk to Bizarro about what's going on in his family. Yeah, yeah. And maybe you know get this whole portal thing closed up and make sure everything's safe and sound. Yeah. So we do not get a lot of Rob Zaro and his no. wooing. But that's the thing that is the best then because you show up and there's Rob Zorro, the Bizarro Boys. And then he goes and hugs John. He's like all over him. And, John, and Boy Zorro, I mean. And Boy Zorro's like, <laughs> like it, it's so good. It's such a great thing to see. And the then there's opposites. John watching it like, that's disturbing. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you two okay? And, oh, it's good. And then there you have – uh Again, Maya and Kathy. And there's another thing that makes me laugh later where you have this going on. And I love the idea that Kathy still thinks that Damien's name is Garth at that one point. I, there's a couple really cool tie-ins here. But, yeah, you get the Beacon name. Like, oh, you know, me and Beacon are here. The ship Beacon. called in. Bizarro pi- it turned into a Bizarro pinata. And, yeah, uh, John's like, Beacon? And she says, explain later. We got to fix it before and we'll see what's going on. But hopefully maybe that is what's going to lead to these characters continuing in something later. Who knows? It's it's a tough sell. Like you said, if it's not a Tomasi book, I don't think anybody's going to grab Kathy to be a character in their book because it's his, you know, thing. So we'll see. Uh, But Rob, I'm looking at it again because then Rob Zaro was there talking to Superman and it just cracks me up. I'm telling you, just seeing him with that mustache just makes me laugh so much but yeah he's there you know you get a full out bizarro talk but it, you know you wrap your head and you allow me not to explain sir yeah. me not followed boy zaro's tracking signal here after hawk zaro not went missing and like that's new hawk zaro yeah and, bizarro and we has find not out been this whole thing that bizarro has been freaking out because it seems that his team not the just like yeah, the super no, foes the super have been foes. going missing and he's really afraid that whoever's taking them took his son as well yeah yeah so he's he's trying to figure out so again it's not like 
Bizarro doesn't seem that bad. I don't know. It's just a weird, like, behind, but they're trying to figure out what's going on. And, yeah, Boy Zorro, he's kind of a sad sack. He's upset. Yeah, he don't want to go home. Yeah, and then grabs a cat and throws it in the tree. (laughs) Just throws it. Felt so bad for that cat. I know, and then you get the whole thing where John's like, you know, his dad sounds pretty bad. You know, dad, what's wrong with letting him hang around? He wants to let Boizaro stay there, but you can't. And and Superman even says, listen, every family has some rough patches. We got to find out what's going on. We got to go back. I'm going to go talk to his dad. I'll figure out what's going on with that. Uh, but that's where you have the things where, like you said, you get this idea because Superman bad, me don't trust, so he's trust Superman. But at points, but Boizaro just keeps keep saying like my dad good and yeah. you know what is that like how does that play off in a bizarro world because of you know the stuff with well, that I, I gotta wonder what's going on in bizarro world because as soon as our heroes show up there louise the bizarro yeah. lois starts hitting on superman oh, yeah. something fierce yeah so uh, it's she based, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god she wants <laughs> him to stay she's <laughs> like this is good bizarro shows back up I, I swear he yanks her away he by throws her, her hair yeah the, Throws her in through the, the goddamn barn. He just throws her. And I love the art in this. Uh, we haven't said that. The art in this is so good. And I like that big menacing, you know, bizarro. Bizarre, yeah, uh, you know, the hell. classic, you know, that bizarro. Uh, but yeah, you have Superman's like, hey, what's going on, bizarro? What you not doing with bizarro wife and boy? Like, I ain't yeah. trying to move him, brother. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then this is the problem is Superman is really spelled out to John, like, listen, like, almost like you got to talk. You know, backwards to Boizaro and then threatens Bizarro by not sending, saying it. Yep. And it really you threw me off. Back. You need to step back. I'm like, is this supposed to show that he's so angry that he just forgets the rules? But it, it did throw me. He's like, Superman, not the one who kidnapped Super Foes 2. Me not kill you. <laughs> okay, whatever. But yeah. And then, and, yes. there, and then he starts yelling. Be not quiet, boy. And he starts yelling you at Bizarro. Dad. Superman, Bizarro, yeah. I help, boy. Me, I'm letting you hurt friends. I'm like, God damn it. We're yeah. back at Bizarro. Oh, here shit. we go. And then that's where uh, Bizarro grabs a tree. He's going to hit people with it. But yeah, Superman's like, he's hey, everybody. Crush oh, yeah, everybody. Bizarro with it. Yeah, yeah. And he, Superman's like, all right, everybody, watch out because boom, he sends Bizarro. To the Straight moon, to the Alice. Moon. To the moon. And you have all of them, all the kids. Whoa. And he's like, you know what? And then he starts with the bizarre talk. You know, hey, you know, you, that am not brave of you, boys. <laughs> like, oh, God. But I, I liked it. But he's like, I'm, I'm done. Gonna... And again, I don't know the rules of Bizarro World because yeah. I've always hated Bizarro World. But why would the moon be round and the earth be square? I know. Yeah, you would think that they'd both be cubes. But with that, he goes off to the moon to talk to uh, Bizarro, and you have all this going on. You do get a little bit of a hint at a Lex Luthor where you see a purple arm and a green glove. So you're like, okay, that's crazy. And you do get, you know, the whole deal. Uh, but as this is going on and the whole, you know, thing that's going on with him talking, but it does end up with Superman going to talk to Bizarro, but shit going wrong. And yeah. it is the Legion of Fun that's yeah. doing it. And again, and the best I part, the want Legion more of and more of just, this. It's just the classic Legion of Doom from yeah. the Super Friends cartoon, but Bizarro yep. version. Uh, Bizarro better. version, which is the best because Lex has uh, Fabio hair, sure at does. least in the back. I, I yep. wonder why he didn't. But you have just crazy. You have a uh, scarecrow that has a smiley face there. You have a lot of cool things. You have a <laughs> black man. You have an albino that. gorilla so garage. Yeah, yeah. You have a freaking black man with, Captain with, Co- Captain with the thing around. 
sweater on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, it's so good. And yeah, I, I just like the, the, uh, inner tube around black man because he and, can't swim. I'm sure. But yeah. Yes. And as you know, this is going on, you know, Bizarro's on the moon. Superman's about to go and meet him to talk to him. The Legion of Fun then changes the world to be round yeah. like the, it, you know, it the world round. should do because, you know, they're going to have fun. And yeah. also within this, around their freaking chairs, around their, in their citadel, you see a giant ball pit ball where the pit. super foes are all fucking yeah, trapped. The inside. super foes, which are the Bizarro versions of the, you know, the Justice, Justice League, League that yeah. you had Bizarro trying to find. Yeah, they're in their ball pit. And then it says that the Legion of Fun next. And I'm telling you, you give me a little more Rob Zaro next deal and you give me a lot of Legion of Fun and I'm in. It's good. I, I like I'm this. The, the whole thing, even with the abuse angle thrown yeah. in, is a lot, is a lot of fun. I'm telling you, there's, there's a deep seated story right here, which I really like to grasp a hold of and say, okay, we're dealing with more than just nonsense here. So I like that aspect. I like the fun aspects to yeah. it as well. The bizarro talk just kills me, even though it, it was tough. like lighter than it was last issue. It still kills me. Yeah. And I really like the art in this issue, but overall, I had to give this issue a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I'm actually giving it an 8. I really, really liked it, and I love the art. I could get around the bizarro. I've never been as, uh, you know, uh, much a uh, detractor of the bizarro talk, so I kind of like it. I just wish that at points, maybe somebody goes with, and I know, yeah, bizarro, this classic bizarro, yeah, I got to do it, but I, I would like at some point to somebody go along the lines of, like, the uh, new Superman, where you have, like, every Everything in red is in Bizarro talk, but it's not. So you can just read it and get on with it. That's the lazy writer's it, yeah, way out. I'm telling you, though, it does kind of detract from the story at times. So, yeah, I can see where where you're saying. And, and sometimes when you have to sit, it really slows the pacing down, just like I say all the time with Zatanna. When you yeah. have the backwards magic and you're really having a good time God, with an, an issue, magic. and then you have to stop and I'm sit and think, like, and my it really throws the pacing. I think for a book Zatanna, be Bizarro. Zatanna and Bizarro. Yeah, that would be. That would be the best. Oh, my God. That would be so funny if they did that for you. But we're going to move on to the next book. And we did kind of hint at what that would be because, Eric, I'm trying to grab my notes here and pull <laughs> up the book. For some reason, I delete, I uh, X'd out of the book. But it is Super Sons, and it is Super Sons number 14, written by Peter J. Tomasi, art by Carlo Barbary, Art Thibbert, Dono San slash Photo Bunker or Proto Bunker. I don't know what's going on with these people nowadays. That's the colors. Dono San slash Proto Bunker. Really? Please. And Which Rob is- Lee. Uh, it, it's like uh, all of a sudden because it just says hi-fi on the cover. Yeah, it, it ends up being these things that these I think these colors are getting to be prima donnas with these crazy names. Uh, it's a shame that Super Sons is ending because I finally got an issue that I've been waiting for. Peter Tomasi ends his parent trap story. And while the story wasn't one for the ages, I think Rebirth readers finally got a glimpse of what makes Damien such a great character. And by that, I mean the actual plot and what's going on in the story. It's kind of a throwaway story a bit, but it's it's a really good character deal that combined with great art and some funny scenes with john shows me what this book could have been but sadly will not be uh as far as we know because the book is canceled and yeah it's taken all this 14 issues where and i've talked to somebody this week on twitter and they're like you know what i i can't get behind damien i don't like damien and if you didn't read damien in the new 52 you might not be behind him and the weird thing about this book is it was tomasi that made us love uh you know uh damien 
And with this, though, it seems like with Rebirth, he wanted to set up – now, this is the problem. I think that it's what maybe he wanted to do, set up the dickhead Damien so that when you get these moments of him finally coming around again, that's where you get the payoff. And like you with the New 52, I didn't have – a you know a history with Damien going in, but a lot of people didn't hate it as guts. So you already had that, and you already did. had that setup. So so when Tim Drake so, was my Robin, yeah. So when Tomasi went in with that Batman and Robin, he could go right to business of making you fall in love with Damien, who is hard headed, he's obnoxious, he's very selfish, but. When that turns around to when he does open up and when he does become friends with somebody or really shows that he likes people, that's when you get that payoff. Uh, kind of like I'm, I'm telling you, one of the best moments if you went right before he died, spoiler alert, in the new 52, he was there with Dick Grayson and just turned right. him like, you know what? We were the best. You know, we were the best Batman and Robin. You know what? We were. And then he died and you cry. I'm sitting there. I get oh, choked God. up all the time. And this has a very good moment and also shows you that he isn't the dick that you really or he plays on or you really think because he is a kid who really wants to prove that he's good. And this is where you would say the Super Sons book would have been heading again, kind of like a Batman and Robin uh, back in the New 52. But unfortunately, it's going to end soon. So you don't get that. Uh, but it starts off and in I'm Gotham. You, if, this, if this continued, though, I would want this exact art team and, you know, T- Tomasi yeah. with this art team – Forever, because yeah. I think this book looks better than it ever has in this issue. Yeah, I, I love it. I said, you, you know, uh, Javier Fernandez, uh, people are going to scoff at you, Eric, and say that he – this is Jorge just – Jorge Jimenez. It, or Jorge Jimenez. It's like – it's like just all – to me, it's not as good, but it's almost – it's just a hair And right we, we, th- we were just talking about you know the colors of becoming prima donnas. Don Hassan, I love the colors yeah. in this book. They are on Proto Bunker the throw in there with that. There, I'm, I'm doing that yeah, Proto yeah, Bunker. I don't know what that proto means. Bunker, uh, I, yeah, could, be, I yeah. could be setting off a goddamn Manchurian Don candidate Proto Bunker. Uh, yeah, the, the colors are great, but you start off with Lois is in Gotham with a few days to thrill her. She's, uh, and as looking, we found out in the last issue, she is set to be you know executed, assassinated by Talia yeah, al Ghul. So they got to find where Superboy's mom is yeah. pronto. And she's there. She's trying to get some inside information about a Tilden Troy from somebody who worked with him. And, she, you know, it's, it's just a throwaway kind of deal for to get her in Gotham. And she's there, and it made me laugh because this lady's like, listen, I can't say much. I have so many NDAs thrown at me. Oh, you know what? Those are illegal. Besides, that's in Metropolis. <laughs> I don't think it works like that, Lois, but she does say these are illegal. Just trying to get the story. John calls her up, and you see that John calls her because Damien is going to try to track Lois to see where she is because you have Talia is going to kill her. And now yeah, the setup. Yeah, and the setup was that they thought since the, uh, you know, all of the stuff that's going on, uh, with Talia, and it even calls into, yeah, with Silencer and things like that, that Talia has to slum it and is doing these, you know, uh, jobs to get money. It's not the case. She's doing this as a test for Damien and even says, you know what? Yeah, it might be uh, a little bit of column, eh? Yeah, I don't think it is because she says she set up an obvious breadcrumb trail, lowering myself to take a contract to kill a reporter as I were still. 
still a preteen under the demon's head protection. Well, my young man, let's see how much you have become. Uh, are you like me or are you like your father? And ends up just shooting. And it's one of those you're like, boy, it is a good thing that they found this out because Talia <laughs> is just going to kill Lois just to see what's going on. And out of nowhere, after John was talking, it's kind of funny, the, the conversations with Lois where John's like, yeah, uh, who wears the dishwashing detergent? Uh, it's near the, the sink. The dish soap. Yeah. Oh, yeah, next to the sink. That, that makes that sense. That makes yeah. sense. Hey, guess what? I, I've memorized every state flower. You want to hear, hear it, Mom? Yeah, and once like, they get it, I just imagine, because you don't hear the other line of the phone. It's like, no. God, like she starts whispering to God damn it, I am on a fucking assignment right now. I am talking to a client. Come on, buddy. What are you fucking doing to me, buddy? This is my next Pulitzer. God darn it. Uh, But with that, yeah, she she shoots. Tell you shoots. And even that way. Yeah, really. Unwrap it this time. You you have there, she gets off the phone. She's like, oh, my young son. You know, he gets nervous alone. I want this lady to go, how old is he? Because you know what? Maybe there's some trouble there. Like, where are you from? Metropolis. Sorry, Chloe. My son gets a little nervous when he's left alone. So you're saying he's nervous all the time that's what yeah and that and yeah she's there and like how how old is he uh yeah you know he's, he's old enough uh, where's your husband eh, who knows he's, on the, he's in africa with the watchtower i think right now we'd have to see but yeah uh tell you takes the shot so crazy yeah she just says hey he's off planet but yeah john swoops and grabs the bullet and he's like oh faster than the speeding bullet check and then you're up, buddy. And that's where Talia's like, okay, something stopped this, this bullet. Everybody keep an eye out for Find my it son. And <laughs> yeah. And boom, right in the, he, he ends up cracking her right in the face with his boot. Now you're just going to go back and forth between them, but I like it. In the meantime, John, I do like John too. He's like, all of a sudden he's like, boy, you know, man, my, my hands a little on fire or whatever. He gets attacked by the League of Assassins while people are yelling, oh my God, these, uh, it's funny too. This lady yells, "Oh my God! Somebody's beating up a kid!" Now that th- these are these are ninja, these are ninja swords taking out a little boy. Yeah, she doesn't seem to realize this isn't just people beating up, you know, Look, John. These are ninja buddy, assassins. People talk about how you know people are pieces of shit in Gotham all the time. I just imagine I'm in Quakertown. I see ninjas with swords going after a little boy. Yeah. I'm running in the opposite direction. Yeah, all right, I'm not going to go confront ninjas now. It wraps around I, I with John. I remember when I was actually – I remember years ago when I was actually living above the porn shop, there was this big – like the police had to come because there was a guy who came in with a samurai sword. Oh, nice. And shit went real. I'm like, you know yeah. what? I am not leaving this goddamn yeah. apartment. I yeah, you're not, talk- talk- you're not no. confronting him. <laughs> this is – it ain't no Gotham. That, that's adult world problems. That's yeah, not Eric really, problems. Yeah, that's no Eric Shea problems. Uh, I do like this though because John is them fighting the League of Assassin, you know, guys, the ninjas, and this lady's yelling, and John obviously then kind of subdues them and then just says to the lady, like, by the way, this don't happen in Metropolis. Like, maybe you should move out of here because you, and I thought it was a funny thing, like, we're laughing about it. To me, it, it goes with the joke of John, like, you don't even care these are ninjas like you have to get out of town gotham is not the place to live people if ninjas with swords is is commonplace it's just that they're attacking a kid that's wrong uh but in the meantime yeah you have 
uh, you have Talia and Damien. Damien's like, you know what? You're really slumming it, mother. Uh, this is nonsense. I know that there's trouble, but she's like, well, what am I going to do? You know, you're supposed to be there with me and you went off to school and your father's yeah, nonsense. Th- th- and-, and this is just a lot of more of the same yes. that we had last it, issue. It's but nothing new. Even with it, though, it is a lot of fun yes, seeing, you know, it is. Damien being able to go up against Talia yeah. Algo, even though she was kind of shamed by Catwoman recently in the yeah. freaking Batman book. Yeah. So maybe Talia Algo is not on the top of her game, but it is cool in my mind to see what I think Talia Algo should well, be. Go toe-to-toe with her son to see how good he's supposed well, to be. Here is my theory, Eric. I have a theory that wraps around because, as you know, uh, the city of Kadim, you're not allowed to enter or leave. So oh, you, yeah, would think that Talia, that. you would think that Talia is not – Talia was never in Kadim. That was an imposter. That is why Catwoman could beat her. Because she, the the imposter, they never taught the sword fight arc. So there you go. And Talia's here. It's all solved. But yeah, you have this. Again, you have to just like Kadeem nonsense. And really, nobody's allowed to enter or leave until they do. So there you go. There, There is what I say. But yeah, at, at a point... Damien's kicking the ass, getting, or uh, Damien's getting his ass kicked, but he's fighting back, and you get yeah. that whole deal where he is not going to be lethal because he has learned from his dad. And this is what Talia, it's kind of a, you know, one trick pony or broken record where she's like, you know, eventually you're going to, you know, take the head of the demon's head, and you, you can't be this nonsense. Your father your father down your yeah, blood. watered down oh, yeah. shit and stuff like that. Uh, this goes one step further, though, that I like because then Damien explains to her, listen, father, it, it, he's not an inconvenience. He's not the lesser version of my parents. He's the one I'm following. You, you nonsense. He may go a little too far and, and he doesn't listen to me, but He's what I'm striving for, not you. And yeah. plus, I have friends now. Yeah, father and that is all the family I need, and I have friends now. Yep, and, and I just love huge. that whole thing. And I have friends now. I just, friends. I'm just telling you, I like to see Damien Wayne open up, even if he's yeah. being a stern-faced dude with a sword at somebody's face. And just the idea that he yep. actually says, I have friends. And I have admits, friends. And I'm like, Oh, that's nice, kid. Yeah, I like, like seeing you like this. He and means John and, and the Barber Teen Titans. Really I know, draws you well. so good. And I, I, I'm telling you, I was like, he, he means John and the Teen Titans. Oh, my goodness gracious. And this is what we wanted. And we did get a bit of this in the Teen Titans book, uh, when they were, when Ben Percy gave us the idea that Damien voted for John to be on the yeah. team. So that is something that we've kind of seen. It's getting eased in. Both books are, are not going to be around in a little bit, which is a shame. But I do like him saying this because to me. But, but Jim, we went through so much. Why don't we get to have the payoff? I know. Because to me, him saying it to Talia is like the last bit of, you know, Listen, this is how I am. Stop it. And it's funny because she is the bad version and says, friends, you know, they're just people you haven't turned on yet. You know what I mean? That that's just friends are just not they're your victims that don't know it yet. And he's pissed and he attacks then and ends up, you know, not going for the kill, then breaks the sword and throws. Because at this one point, then you also have as this is going on, one of my favorite parts as well of this week. I thought it, it ended up a little weird, but I really like the idea. Play, it didn't play off right. And no, I'm telling you, this, it, this but whole I like thing it. should have been great where Chloe and Lois are walking down the street and come across Superboy and this, yeah. this gang of ninjas who are fucking beaten oh, to yeah. a pulp. And I'm telling you, they yell out Superboy. Yeah. And obviously Lois has to keep the whole, you know, this is not my son. This yeah, is yeah. Superboy from Metropolis. So they have to go through the motions. But then, and then they John's turn it around. Ex- yeah. That's, yeah, it, like, that's the worst. explanation is like, there was a problem, so I just decided to uh, help. 
I'm not, really not Superman. Yeah, I'm not really it's Superman. It's an old shirt I found. And it's the, such a weird garbage. deal. Like, no, go no. with your Superboy. Yeah. Do the Superboy. That's all you need. And it's such a classic, you know, it's, sitcom situation, especially with somebody with a, uh, a identity, a secret yeah. identity, because Lois, she wants to tell John, oh you God. get the hell home right now. And John wants to say, like, it's cool, Ma. I'll get home. I had to kill you. Almost got killed if it wasn't for me. I and they can't. From your face. Yeah, and they can't. So, but why does it Tomasi turn right. it into not being so? It, it's not like you know. You do have this lady, like, huh? Uh, I didn't know there was a Superboy. No, that that's fine. There, there yeah. is. So go with it. And it's really odd, but I do like the oh Superboy, and he, yeah, book, it should and be it so good. Right. I still like it just because of what it is. Because then he. Hello, ma'am. <laughs> and she's like, and I love it because it is played out until that end of, you know what? Your mom would probably want you back home. And I, I want this lady to be sitting there like, what's going on here? You know, I, something right. weird well, is e- going e- on even, between you two. Even the line that, you know, freaking, you know, they use at the one point. It's like, uh huh. So, uh, who are you supposed to be? Even though they just yelled out Superboy, yeah, which Superboy. is odd. And yeah. then Superboy says, uh, a friend hearkening back to the Chris Reeves freaking yeah, Superman yeah, movie. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, you know what? That, that's it's a cool funny. touch. But it's you're funny. not playing how it's playing off from page no. to page. No. So it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And don't, don't end with the, I'm not, I just found this. I'm not Superman. That, yeah. that, that's just weird. Nobody said you were first off. And yeah, just don't go with it. Go with Superboy. You right behind you are tied up ninjas <laughs> that you're standing there with, with a funny art where he's kind of like, he has his foot back touching the one knocked out ninja to me to make sure they don't get up and run away so he can that talk. Is, he's got his hand like He's kind of getting in front of the hide them almost. Yeah, but he can't. He's just a little boy. But yeah, he's there. And I, I would have liked to with, with uh, Lois could have, yeah, I know. Yeah, my mom probably is where, yeah, and your dad's probably going to ground you for him. <laughs> now you're going too far, Lois. But they don't go because no. it just ends up with that weird. I'm not Superman, and I thought that well, that really killed Gotham, the joke. Friend. Don't stay out too late. I'm sure your mother's worrying about nah. you somewhere. And, and it's, that's it's good all still, we do with but, it. Yeah. But like, it could have been so much more, it's, and it, it could have been played so much more because then they go and tell you. Then tell you gets the John comes by and drops the tied up league of uh, assassin ninjas on her, and <laughs> she gets up and crawls out. John is very proud of his aim, but in the meantime, she skedaddles out. At one point, Damien breaks the sword, Ooh, a Batman, on and him. then throws both pieces. Uh, tell you catches both pieces like a badass. That definitely, in my mind could kick the ass of Catwoman and then and then does a Batman and disappears. And that's where John's like, hey, you know, how about my aim? What's going on? Uh, I timed it perfectly. And then Damien's back to business. He's like, you know, because he is shaken. This is one of those where I think it's really played out. He is shaken because he is just again, again, you have to remember, too. His mom was the one who ordered him to be killed. So we never get into that where I wish he would say, like, you're all about me. Like, you didn't stop it. I yelled for you to not kill me, and you didn't stop it. But that it is the thing, and he's very emotional right now, and seems like he has to go off and be by himself. Superboy's there. John's just, like, talking, like, eh, thanks for not mentioning to your mom that I'm super, you know, all this. And Damien's like, yeah, whatever, and just and flies leaves. off. And then you have, da- you have John, and you're, you're thinking, okay, it's going to end again like yeah. this. And you have John, like, man, what a grouch. And he's about to say, up, up, and away. 
and Damien comes back on his hovercraft that looks a lot like Robin Bot uh, to I me. I really like this little yeah, hovercraft. I do too, yes. because it allows him to not have to have John carry him all like the time. So he has his deal. Vehicle. Yeah, it looks awesome. But then he's like, this is where you get the classic Damien that we love, where he wants to tell John and open up about him and tell him and kind of be friends. But he, it's not like he's going to sit there and, and go like, hey, he's buddy, not, you know what? Up. He's still he, he tough wants, as hell. He, he wants to open up. He's only going to crack that door open just a little yeah, bit. Though, yeah. You know, that's as far as he's going to go. Nope. But it will be open a little bit. Yeah. And he says, just so you know, the things she, my mom trained me to do when I was a toddler. And that's what John's like. I know. And blood, people hurt. You know, I, I, it must be hard to live with. And he's like, listen. And I love it, too, because he's like, it's not – I'm not proud of it, Jay. And I'm like, oh, that's the thing. We're getting, we're, getting, we're getting a little too close to this relationship in my mind because now John's calling him D and yeah. Damien's calling him J. I'm telling you, no, I, I, don't I like get, it. I'm like, wait, one's one of them's gonna die, Eric, and then if it <laughs> seems like the slits, it's gonna be John. But now he's like, I I learn to be better, and whenever I am, my mom loses and my father wins, and in the rebirth, this is the most he's opened up to anybody. And I really like it. And there's just Mr. Happy, John. Hey, remember, you're making the choice, not them. He's like, Mr. Happy. And Damien now is like, why did I open my mouth? Like, <laughs> this guy, he never shuts up. Oh, yeah. He never and that's up. He came back, and now John's giving him a pep talk. He's like, oh, yeah. so, you know, you think you can trade me with a sword? That's no, so come good. on. I can have a sword. It'd be so cool. I come down like this. No. He's like, yep. come on, dude. you got to teach me. He's like, look, check this out. You teach me how to fly. I'll teach you how to use a sword. Oh, that's not fair. Yeah, come that's on. not fair. And I love it. Be, and then it says the amazing kid Amazo is back next. I'm telling and you. I'm telling you. I yeah. down at that point. I'm like, God, I, this damn is the it. problem. Is I'm telling you right now, this would have been the perfect ending of this series of them walking away, yeah. almost like at the end of a uh, you know a sitcom where you have it, or the end of a movie, uh, you know, an it action even buddy feel comedy. Like the end of this arc that we're dealing with, yeah. and now we're moving into Kid Amazo. I'm like, no, I really wish that, that this would have been. Backwards. Yeah, I wish that since we're we're gonna end it uh, soon. Oh no, not Kid Amazo, which I guess that Tomasi wants to wrap Maybe that they up can before he this leaves. Kid Amazo's powers better this time. Yeah, but I, I really, I, I love this issue. I really did. It's one of my favorite issues that we've had in a long time. I know that Me people too. listening have, you know, sit there and like, boy, they haven't liked a lot of things. This is where, uh, I, it restored my faith that actually I can have fun reading some of these comics. And again, all week I'm yelling and screaming at people or they're yelling and screaming at me as well about yeah. how Mr. Miracle's a metaphysical explanation of, of uh, somebody's id and ego and things. I don't care. I want fun. I want this. I want to have a Damien that all of a sudden I'm like, that's the pumpkin. And, and I'm telling you, by the end of this, when he did that and he, he turned around to talk to John, I was so happy and not just because of what was on the page. I was so happy because I thought now people are finally going to see. The people who join in a rebirth are going to see when Damien is written well where he's yeah. not just like, huh, this isn't any bet family and just being a jerk that he is a great character and one of the – like one of the most – uh you know, multifaceted characters because yeah. of his background. And when it plays out, it plays out so well, and it does here. And it really then points to the fact that John is just – he's hes so happy no matter what. <laughs> it does not matter. He knows. And also he's like, I got to get home. I'm going to be grounded. But that goes behind. He pushes that aside just to give Damien a pep top, and Damien is pissed. And I love that. Well, I gave no it a 9 what, out of 10. 
no matter what I think he knows, he's going to get home before his oh, mother yeah. does, so he's okay. It's so funny. He gets home before his mom does. He makes all these things, and she comes in, and, and it's like, uh, you know you're in trouble. What? What are you talking about, Ma? And then Lois thinks that she's gone insane. But yeah, you I, I love it. again, Ma? Yeah, really. <laughs> you hitting the bottom, Ma? But yeah, I loved it. I gave it a 9 out of 10. I love the art, uh, and I, I just thought it was great. What, what would you give it? I, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. And the thing is, I really wanted to give it an 8.5, but I can't. And the, that 0.5 going down is just because that Lois and Chloe and Superboy yeah. bit played out so weird for, like, from page it to did page. Play it didn't out seem weird. like it followed each other yeah. the way it's like the progression. Yeah, so it I'm just, gonna, it was I would have given this an 8.5. That would have played just that like one no, line. If he would have just, if, if Superboy would have shut his mouth. No, it's, it's and not just even that. It's it. just even like when, like, as they call out Superboy, but then they yeah. seem like they. Don't know him later on, like you know, yeah. and it just it played all kinds of weird. But yeah, I really enjoyed weird. this issue, and I love the art. Eight out of ten yeah. for me, but yeah. I wish I could have given that eight point five. Yeah. And the reason I couldn't even go higher than that is just because while I do like seeing Damien stand toe to toe with his mother, you know, the big bad assassin lady of the League of Assassins. Yeah. It was more of the same that we got last. It was. Issue as I well. just like that it turned around then for him. Oh, to it's just still really good. To her, it's and great. then and then being able to tell his mom that. Gave him the, you know, pretty much the, you know, I don't know that uh, Damien needs the courage for anything, but it did give him the courage then to open up to John as well and say yeah. that stuff, which was, and it wasn't, that's the thing too. Uh, why I like this and why I think Tomasi gets Damien, Damien doesn't come back and say, hey, by the way, John, we're, we're good buddies and then leave. That wouldn't no. be right. He came back to say, you know, all that about, you know, the shit that she did every time I do something good like we did. We saved your mom. We, uh, you know, that's a dig into my mother. And that's one less, you know, step towards that bad part of me and going to the good. So I did like how that played out. Uh, but we're going to go on to the last book of the, the first section there. It's going to start to take a bit of a decline. Uh, oh, the books hey, and we're hitting the valleys. And this is something that I know that a lot of people in the Get Fresh Coopy book, they, they like. Uh, and it seems that everyone who would like this, uh, are, are Irish. <laughs> and the may, and, you know, may know more of what's going on because at points in this book, and it is the Brave and the Bold Batman and Wonder Woman, I was lost and it ended up pretty much solidifying my idea that we had last issue of the fact that I think that Liam Sharp is really big on setting this, you know, accurate presentation of uh, Gaelic mythology. I don't even know if I'm saying things right. Here but yeah, You know what I mean? Yeah, all this when, in fact, he, I think that he's letting the story kind of pass by a little because what happens in this, and it's Brave and the Bold, Batman and Wonder Woman number two, and I'll, I'll give the blurb and the, the things in a minute, but in the end, there's not that much story going on with a lot of talking about the story, but really he's centering on things that to me are not pushing the story forward in a great pace. And, no. uh, but it is the Brave and the Bull, Batman and Wonder Woman number two, written by Liam Sharp, art by Liam Sharp, Romalo Fajardo Jr., and Owls Troy Pateri. Here we go, Eric. Liam Sharp continues his Celtic tale this week, and there's a whole lot of dialogue, good art, and a story hidden somewhere if you really look. The Fomorians and the Day Danan are at odds after the murder of the King last oh. issue, and it looks like it's going to take Wonder Woman and Batman to make things right. In the meantime, we get a lot of talk about magic and such, and I'll admit it, I was a bit lost in places, and it's, you know, I'll, I'll admit, I was reading it, and I started to get glassy-eyed, Eric, at a point because I'm like, Okay, I, I understand you're setting up this with a lot of this mythology and a lot of the stuff that's accurate, I would say, uh, but 
It's not pushing the story forward by you telling me all of these names and throwing these things in, though I love the name King McCool, Eric. He's McCool. <laughs> uh, but with that, it's just we get the idea. Of, really, I'll tell you that there's the two factions there, the two family houses, whatever, nations, and the ones King is, is killed. He, they want retribution, think the other guy did it. There's all of what you really get of half what the it, issue. What- what about Sean Flanagan yeah, trying Sean, to get to the fairy world? Well, that's there as well. But oh, I'm saying God. like that just shows up and then out in the, he's just talking and he's talking about Molly, his wife. And, and really by the end, I'm like, oh, just get to it. Like really get to this because I think that there could be a pretty cool story in it with the idea of Batman heading to a magical realm. And right. he's, you know, he does know magic exists, but I like the idea that he is a guy who's a detective. He's going to want to look at the, you know, the clues and things like that. But with that, you have Wonder Woman there. And really to me, Wonder Woman is only in the story in so far to just be someone there to make sure that people don't cut their heads, you know, each other apart. Well, I'm That's all you, she's really that, there for. Wonder Woman in this thing, I'm saying we are bogged down with the Tiernanog freaking world, the two factions of this world, and the whole idea, you know, it, like, and Sean Flanagan. Yeah. But, like, we have this thing. Wonder Woman is watching over, you know, the, the king is dead. They want, you know, the yep. Florians want blood the and Florians shit like want that. blood. They do. And. And like, look, this boy, he might not have done it. I have this lasso of truth, the golden perfect. The golden perfect. Here, check this out. I'm going to wrap this around him. Boy, did you do this? No. Do you know who did it? I did not. No. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know what? We live in a place where there's a thousand glamours for every other thousand glamours to get you in and out of any situation. Your truth detector means shit here. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm fucked. See you at the end of the issue where I just try to break you two up before I say, we need a night. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There there is no, yeah, there's no real reason. (laughs) She's only here to separate people. She's a side character in this. Yeah. And and with that, they end up, you know, uh, you know, my man McCool shows up and they're going to have a trial. They're going to, you know, check things out and See, at least you grabbed a hold of something in this issue. Yeah, my like, man oh, McCool. Yeah, my man McCool. And it's like, greetings, Kim McCool, the day Danan. And oh my God, welcome here. And I have this guy. Uh, Alatha was my guest here and like a brother to me. And my, I'm like, okay, let's, let's move on. Let's move on. And they, they're basically going to have this trial. And I don't know why, after already saying to Wonder Woman, listen, I don't know why you're here. Your lasso here, we've seen crap like this. We have 17 million trinkets we could use, but we don't. Uh, get that out of here. But then still lets her just stand in the middle of a trial and, and actually separate people. And the, no, no, no. She's, uh, you know, Where worthy. You and get they, off. Yeah, really. But all of this, like we said, there's a lot of talk. And there is a story going on that I'm interested in, but there is a lot of padding, and the padding is written. And that's the problem: is the padding is not padding of I don't think Liam Sharp has anything to say. The padding is he really, really wants to go full out. If you're going to be in this realm, he's going to go in this realm, and you're going to get it a hundred percent. You want and, this realm? I'm going to show you this realm. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you think you want this? You're going to get it. 
And I have talked to some of the people in the Get Fresh crew, and like Simon, mm-hmm. he loves it. And Simon knows a lot of this stuff. And, and I, I'm getting from what I've heard them talk amongst themselves as well as like some of this stuff they even learned at school, like some of this mythology and some of this stuff, which we did not. So when it's there, it's only there as names. And the problem is if Liam Sharp was here to be like, okay, what I really want to do. I was just told I, not to go into goddamn fairy circles as a kid. That's yeah, what I was told. Yeah, really. And I was wasn't told anything, Aaron. I was told to shut up and you know go in my room. But w- with this, if Liam Sharp wants to get people interested in this Irish lore and into, he's not doing a great job because it's just I'm wondering why we're going this far in and there's nothing really. I, unfortunately, to me, that has piqued my interest to think like, oh, I got to read more about this because it's cool. But yeah, you, you end up then in the Irish Quarter. After all this, because we already said basically they're going to find out who killed the king. We don't go very far with this because we have a lot of dialogue that doesn't really take us anywhere and gets where Wonder Woman just separates people so they don't kill each other. Uh, you know, then we go and we're going to have, uh, what's his name? Sean talk Flanagan. About, yeah, Sean Flanagan talk about his ex-wife. Oh, my dear old ex-wife Molly uh, would have said de- this was junk. How he his life to try to find, you know, the doorway to the fairy yeah. realm and how he searched in Ireland for it. But it like, you know, has to be yeah, in a yeah. certain place where like three ley lines intersect. And a lot of times those places are covered in concrete yep. and with buildings. I'm like, all right, Sean Flanagan, you're a sad sack. I get yeah, it. Calm yeah, down. Yeah, I get it. And he's going to do this. Well, you know, it kind of works. But as this is going on, you do finally see what Batman is is seeing. He's just seeing craziness. He's I mean, a yeah, fairy circle. He, he's in a fairy circle. He is seeing a lot like crazy sprites. And you got the guy, you got trolls, you got all these things that are there. And this is where then and you get everybody else is standing there around uh, while this is going on as well, seeing whatever they're seeing. But uh, that's where and Alfred kind of cuts through. And I'm guessing because we find yeah. out that it's like a combined trance like that. Yeah. And uh, you have uh, Alfred cut through and basically lead him. And it seems like as long as you can kind of gather your place and realize by touch, especially exactly. like touching the wall. Yourself, like things. listen yeah. to my voice, Master Bruce. Yeah. Right, listen to me. Focus on me. Don't like nothing is real around you. Put your hand out, yeah. feel that wall, just follow that wall. Yeah, you see that walking. that wall is is true. Get out of this circle, and yeah. once you get out of the perimeter, you'll you'll come through. And he does go out, and Alfred's like, you know what? Uh, you have uh, Batman say like, get the get the uh, Batmobile remotely, bring it out again. I'm gonna come home, and then Batman's like, listen, Alfred, I am as fucking stoked, and I might have been doing steroids. Look at how big he is. I'm he, telling you, I have love you this seen picture me? of Batman. Oh I my think this god, is amazing. You see every individual muscle on his body. Oh, my God. Yeah. And he said, by the way, Alfred, you picked a good cat piece because, boy, that's big. And he's like, oh, you know. And the, but the funny thing is, is you have all this to just lead to Batman. Like, I think I know what Magic. it is. What? Magic. OK, there you go. You had a hallucination. Now, Alfred does kind of go a little more with that later and saying, you sure there wasn't something in the air? No, no, I didn't detect anything. This is magic. Uh, again, we now we go back. Uh, to learn about old King McCool yeah, the and Nog, the fairy and, yeah. folk have you know closed themselves off from the like from the earth centuries ago, and how we decided that was for the greater good. And even if we wanted to get back, which all you Floridians seem to want to do, yeah. we don't have the power of yeah, the we people can't do to get it us right back now. anymore. They used to yeah. give us our power by worshiping us and believing yes. us. We don't have that anymore. So yeah, we, we don't have. You're it. a fool. We have yeah. all the power. We we can get back whatever we wanted. And then Wonder Woman, you guys stop. Calm down. Look, you don't want to go back because people there. 
They're not used to your shit. Yeah, no more. They're, they're not like, ready if, for you right now. They're he, afraid he of what they don't understand. And believe me, they're not going to understand you. They're going to try no. to kill you. So yeah. just kind of, who Calm the down. fuck are you, woman? Yeah, that's what it me. is. Oh, it's so crazy. Who the hell? At one point, it's it's like, you know why? You know why we can't do that? Because they're lazy. Yeah, they're jerks. And then she just steps. Come on, guys. You know, both of you are right. You're lazy. You're a jerk. And we can't get a hell dare you, you woman. Know. And then that's where my man McCool is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, she, she knows what she's talking about. This is what I was saying. It's like, all of a sudden now they, they pretty much threw shade at the biggest thing that she can do with that lasso. And yeah, they, 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 she steps up and they're like, oh, listen to her. And that's where we're going to get where you have the fairy, uh, land open up. But then you also have the idea in Wayne Manor that we're going to talk five pages about this, about the magic. And you said you liked it. I was like, boy, this is so over you, the top. Everything else was like so over the top in my mind, which is not just over the top. It was just so heavy with exposition with characters and concepts and all of the freaking, you know, the Celtic talk and stuff like that and the mythology that when we finally do get back to Batman discussing the idea of magic and how you're never prepared for magic and how like the things he would like to do to maybe, you know, have a gauge to determine when magic is going to take place and then a cage Ugh. to capture said magic I'm when it does you, happen. I'm telling you, that so right there, over the it comes on a me. little bit too long, but at least those concepts and Batman talking to Alfred about these things, I can wrap my head around that. I'm telling you, he's there, though, and he's like, they're there, you, you have the skull there, the werewolf deal, and with that, though, he's like, Alfred, little piece. Alfred, yeah, when you think of magic, do you, do you think of illusions? Delusions? Something to, I'm like, what, what is he getting at? Like, and he's like, I don't know, Master Bruce. I don't really know if I've ever experienced magic. I'm like, come on now. You are Batman's butler. You have certainly uh, been somewhere where there's been magic. But even so, I'm just like, what? why? And the, you know what? When magic, real magic happens, because, you know, Alfred, I, I've been places. I, I've been around I've this died, universe. Alfred. I've been in the multiverse. I've died and come back. I've seen shit that you can never imagine. Listen to me, old man. I've seen shit. And he's like, and, and the hair on the back of my neck, it goes up. And I wanted Alfred to go, okay, so are you saying that that is your meter to find it? Because it seems like that's what you're saying. Because I was like, huh. That is very interesting, and you know what's weird? The hairs on the back of my neck, they are standing up. So are mine. And I'm like, okay, because and this, this is where... Addison and Diana show yeah. up with a gateway. Yeah. Hey, Bruce, we need your help over yeah, here. Yeah, this Some is where, because Wonder Woman had said, uh, you know what, we need to figure out what's going on. I'll get us somebody who can help, and it is Batman, which we would, you know, we're assuming it would always be. I know that Matches Balone did the review on the site, and he really wanted her to go get Flash, but I, it's Batman and yeah, Wonder he, Woman here, so you know. Batman. And uh, you're going. It would be cool though if Flash went along or everybody, but no, they're they're not going to. And he's going to go off. Yes, and he's going to go off then. And now we'll get the you know the midway point next issue, and finally we'll have Batman and Wonder Woman together. And you're not just you would assume they are going to look into what's going on. I don't know why anybody in the land you know would would trust Batman and Wonder Woman just to show up and and figure out what's going on. But that's fine. They they don't trust Wonder Woman. No. Oh, what, what is this? No, it's because Batman's Bat- a man. man I'm do. telling you, they're like a man? Okay, I'm down with this because they, they throw in shade at Wonder Woman for being a woman. But with that, they're going to go off. And, yeah, I think they're going to travel the land, Eric, and look in there. And we'll get some detective work and things like that. So I, I'm hoping that it's that so continues. Weird to be the, I know that's what we're going to get because, obviously, that's why we're getting Batman. Yeah. But we're going to go do detective work in the fairy realm. Yeah, in the fairy realm. 
and maybe get more detective <laughs> more detective work than we have in the regular realm in a long yeah. time, hopefully. But I do like the art. I I actually think it's a little less than the last issue. I thought the last issue, the first issue, I think was a little bit better, though this is still great. And yeah, it's Batman, awesome. I love Batman it so much. Stacked. Yeah, holy moly, but yeah, it's like, like good. we're talking about you like before we got on about how you have those Celtic knots around some panels yeah. and stuff like that, how you thought it was a little bit less of this like yeah. maybe because if you go to that one page where they go to the freaking like the uh Wayne Manor and the back cave and shit like that where he's about to talk about the world, just look at all the individual detail oh, and I all see. the things so I'm like, I know. damn, that must have taken forever. Yeah, I'm just there's some panels that it just didn't seem and, and also it may be a color thing as well maybe. as I'm going through. Uh, I just thought so I, I had a bit of issue with the color last time too, where crazy. we got to the fairy realm. Everything yeah. seemed kind of like uh, washed out a bit yeah, compared it, to the normal did. realm. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give it a six point five. Though I'm still on board. I still want to go. You know, get excited for this. But yeah, I just think that it was very heavy with the wordage that didn't exactly push the story forward it did set what if you're into that sort of thing i guess it would be you know setting the flavor of it uh but a lot of times i just wanted to see what was going on so yeah what would you give it i'd give this issue probably a six out of ten mostly because like we described beforehand this issue could be summed up just like all these all this page play that we had you Wonder have, Woman was yeah. told no, and she just said, okay, I need to go get this guy, and then we got that guy with a lot of filler in between. Yeah, there was. And yeah, you had to get but Batman I, I, I just magic. So. Yeah, I, it's, yeah. yeah, but still, it, I need a little more story, and hopefully this will lead to more story as they go. But now we're going to go off uh, to talk a little mail, Eric. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim and Eric. Uh, That's we right. are here for the first mail section of the night. If you want to email us and be part of it and let the light shine on you and you alone, uh, email uh-huh. us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. That's the only way you're, you're going to get the light to shine on you, Eric, is to email in, but you will I've not tried. do you won't that. Do it. You will never do that. I don't remember you trying. That seems like a lot of work for one Eric Shea <laughs> to do. Uh, but the first mail is Luke Hollywood. He's not lazy like you are. His, uh, and I do want to put that his, uh, his subject line is wrong turn, Earth One. What's up, oh Jim, Eric, Reggie, Chris, Brandon, Trevitt, Josh, Jeremy, Andy, Abby, and everyone else in the Get Fresh crew? Boop, boop. I don't know. That's what he wanted, Eric. I'm currently enjoying my college midterm break right now. Lots of time to procrastinate on assignments and read comics. Seems yeah. like only yesterday we had college off due to the beast from the east, but now we have more time off and no bread shortages this time either. So that's good. He gets to relax with some Make a bread. sandwich. I wonder if when you have that bread shortage, because people lose their minds all the time anyway, if afterwards people are like really like everybody is just making stupid shit with bread. Like, like there, that, and really to me, that only means sandwiches and bread pudding. 
That's all I was you can say. Make. We need to make some bread pudding. No other time does anybody ever want to make bread pudding except for when <laughs> yeah. we don't have bread. I really could love some bread pudding right now, said no one, Eric. Exactly. Actually, I don't mind bread pudding. I like bread pudding. I'm, I'm more of a fan of rice pudding, though. I don't know what that says about me, <laughs> but I like me some I don't know rice what pudding. It could. My mom used to make some uh, okay bread pudding, though uh, what has come to light to me, she probably bought it somewhere. But where here do you buy bread pudding? I, I would not know. Quakertown, not known for their bread pudding. Right. I can't even get any goddamn Christmas crackers. No, you can't. And you won't because I do not talk to my mother anymore. That, that uh. line has gone to fucking dead. I have not talked to my mom now in a long time. Since she courted you. No, she actually showed up at your house. Yeah, she showed up at the house. She showed up at the house, and then everybody was yelling upstairs for me, and I didn't want to come downstairs. And I said, this is my castle. Listen, don't listen to people telling me what to do here, though I do every single minute. I said, well, what's that hiding bitch doing down there? They said, it's not Anne Frank. There you go. Eric, now I'm offending people because they don't know the setup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is not a good setup, Eric. After a huge amount of books last week, it was nice to get a lighter pull this week. And I think overall it was a good week for the books, too. I'm not counting Batman, though, LOL. I particularly enjoyed Soups and Super Sons this week. Tomas oh, yeah. Gleason seems to be firing on all cylinders, and I'm glad he's going to be ending his run on the Super Family books on a high note for me anyway. Is it true? Somebody – uh. I think it used to be Sean that we work with. Really so hated. I saw today. Well, did you see Sean today? Did, yeah. did, he, did he happen to mention that he hates the term firing on all cylinders because he told me that that's nonsense, but I, I don't know any better, so I like it? No, he no. Said he, that he, to me he didn't time. say any of that to me because he completely snubbed me. Yeah, did he? Yeah. Oh, just like everyone else there. Just like everyone else. Didn't he know you were America's sweetheart? Was I know, he covered I'm, I'm in soot? Standing there. No, no, because he had off today, I imagine, but where um, he was getting cigarettes and coffee, and I'm standing outside of Wawa waiting for Jess to come out with my coffee, and he comes around the corner because I had seen him inside at the register. I'm like, well, I'm getting out of here. I'm going outside, and I realize his car is parked right next to mine. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I can't stop him. So I'm just waiting there. He walks past. Hey, what's up, Sean? Hey, Eric. And doesn't even look at me. And really? then walks to his car where another car is pulling out and pulls up behind his. Hey, Sean, what's up? And then he goes and talks to that person. I'm like, who yeah. the fuck is that person? Yeah, it's Why funny, are they though. better than me? It would have been a better wraparound if you saw him inside the Wawa and somehow it's like, hey, you know, remember when you had that old shit kicking car? What you driving now? And then you go out and it's that one, kind of like in Beverly Hills Cop. But uh, <laughs> I'll just mention, since you are America's sweetheart and, and you – Seem to claim that everybody treats you as such. The last yeah. two times I saw, saw Sean at Wawa, he actually bought my coffee for me, Eric. So there, boom. I've been a fan of them since their new 52 run. He's back to Tomasi Gleason. Right. We're talking about Sean, Sean, who nobody knows. And yeah. I know you love that, too. And we do love that new 52 Batman and Robin run. In fact, I was suggesting some people read that this week because they were bad-mouthing Super Sons uh, before and reading Damien this issue yeah. because they said that they hate Damien. And I said, no, this issue gets you back on board with that about a great Damien and also go back and read the Batman and Robin Tomasi Gleason run because it's really good. I also think Tomasi had a run on the Green Lantern Corps book, which I'm really looking forward to getting into, but I'm not even close to finishing Kyle's run on Green Lantern yet, so it'll probably take me a while. I hope Tomasi Gleason sticks around at DC. I always have a good time with their books. Me and Chris on Twitter were talking about what we would like to see them on next. 
And we thought it would be pretty cool to see them do a new Young Justice book. Yeah. Now, we're having a lot of announcements that I do not remember seeing Tomasi Gleason on those. Me either. Uh, that would also solve the problem of the Teen Titans book being so lame. You can make a pretty good roster to imagine Robin, Superboy, Nobody, Beacon, Emiko, and Bart Allen Impulse. That'd be Did so he cool. already listen to the Superman bit before he sent this in? I, mean, I don't know. Because now, now he couldn't have because we were talking a lot of that as well. And we would have just been done that. So there yeah. you go. It's going to sound like he did. So he's in the know. Anyway, a man can dream. Is he watching me as I record he right now? He is. He's like Rockwell. He's oh, always God. watching you. This week I picked up Green Lantern Earth 1 Volume 1. I'm not usually too big on the Earth 1 line, but I always need to get my Green's light fix. Makes I sense. haven't heard much about this book. I think you guys enjoyed the Wonder Woman Earth 1. Don't say guys. Eric nope. will never read that uh, nope. volume that came out a while back, so I'd be interested to hear what you guys thought of this one if you have read it yet. I have not. Uh, we actually got a really, really advanced copy of it. I never got around to reading it. I, I am ashamed, but I did love the uh, Wonder Woman Earth One. I did review it on the site. Loved it because it was Grant Morrison, but it was one of the least Grant Morrison-esque things I'd ever read. I really was impressed by it. Uh, and I did it when I, uh, wink, wink, Eric, had a lot of free time on my hands <laughs> when I could go and read a lot of Earth One stuff. That free time disappeared about three months after that. But I'll be checking it out this weekend, so stay tuned to hear the Hollywood Kids do sense. I can only imagine what people are, what is he doing? Was he in jail? Did yeah. they allow Earth One Wonder Woman books in jail? They don't allow anything but Earth One oh, books in goodness. jail. Oh, my goodness. I'm also going to check out something that isn't a Marvel or DC book, too. I think the voice of an angel, Josh from Millions Visions, Billionaire's Visions, and Jim's other book review podcast might be rubbing off on me. At least Boys Toys isn't rubbing off on me, too. Some of those figures sound very pricey. So, yeah, yeah. he might go off and read some other things, but he's not going to be playing with Aliens Toys, Eric. And that is your boy and leak slip, the Hollywood Kid, XOXO, XO. And we're going to go on to Hussein. Uh, subject line is it's been a while <laughs> oh. we were talking about we, i'm not gonna sing i'm not gonna no. sing there been a while there you go i i can't help myself we were we were singing that to each other in the car on the way home on on friday i believe yesterday it was. yeah yeah we were doing a little medley with a lot of songs like that including eric i hate to say some nickelback yeah. i said to you like what's that nickelback song and you went through more nickelback songs than anybody <laughs> should know and yet didn't name the one that i wanted until the very end and i said yeah, that that no not that one <laughs> i'm a rock star i'm like no not these ones the, you know the one that i can kind of think is okay isn't that this is how you remember that one there you go yes that this is, the is one. more i said to you while we were saying this it was because we were listening to another podcast and the guy started singing and i said i hate when people sing here i go we do it all the time ah, there you go i thought we didn't i i don't know i don't listen i'm like you now i we're not allowed to listen to shit at work though i see eric shea walking around with his goddamn earphones all the time I never know. I just haven't taken them off. Yeah, Yeah, but I don't know if you're – I don't know that. So I go to talk to you, and then you just fucking give me this point to your ear and walk away, and I'm like, what a dick. (laughs) A fucking dick. (laughs) Hussein says, hey, Jim, Eric, and the incredible people over at the Get Fresh Crew. Poop, poop. It's been a long time since I last sent in some mail, Eric. It's been a while. In fact, it's been a bit over a month, if I'm right. How are you guys doing? It's shitty as always, really. Uh, Living the life, living the dream. (laughs) I think things are picking up here now. Uh, Sort of chemically enhanced Jim Werner is coming to play uh, right now, always for the mail. The books have been pretty bad. 
But we have some exciting news about Superman and the Justice League, so I'm just holding out until DC picks up. And I did see in the Slack chat, and right now I'll just give a throw-out deal. We are recording right now on Mixler as well. And uh, you have Dancing Mike in there who does not like all of this news hitting for Justice League stuff because of Scott Snyder and his involvement. But I'll tell you, even if I didn't like Scott Snyder's books, I need something to change. And I, and I well. said in the slacks, so I'll say it here as well, uh, that maybe this will be something where, yeah, maybe Dancing Mike won't like these Justice League books or pick them up because I don't think he will. But maybe this will reinvigorate, say, uh, James Tynan or Joshua Williamson, and now they'll get fired up to do some really fun things in their other books as well. I can only see it helping. Uh, What happens is is this line of books, this DCYOU, uh, because of the scheduling, because of what's going on, DC really seems to want to keep a very, very – uh, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, everybody on the same books. You know, you're not right. getting a lot of changes. They they want to have all that going down, and because of that, you do kind of have like a flash book that it, it has peaks and valleys. But to me, overall, it's been kind of boring yeah. and yeah, stale. So I I do hope this is the way. Instead of having wholesale changes in all the books, uh, you will now have you know maybe these other Fire books. Under be, people's asses. Yeah, because if if you look at it, yeah, you've had like a Sam Humphreys and Tim Seeley switch books. You've had some changes, but in the in the line in general, we're almost to the same amount of issues of the whole new 52, and yet we're getting the same guys with the same vision and same stories. And, and to me, it's getting a little stale, like you said. So I hope that that ends up doing some, uh, you know, some fun. It gives us something to look forward to because yeah. then I even said then that uh, it's funny because as it goes on, I think that that's another reason why I like like a damage. Or a silencer. Maybe it's not exactly that these books are great, which I do think they're good, but it's something new and different, and I'm excited about it. So I hope that these books do that as well. I didn't have any DC books this past Wednesday. I just picked up Mighty Thor number 705. Now that book is incredible, he says, Eric, and Marvel. I'm sure listeners who are reading that book are just getting the chills right now. Brilliant storytelling over there at Marvel, and I think that that kind of ended some things over at that Thor book. And, Eric, I'm aware of that for a very special reason that only you know. Boom, Eric. I'd like to share my DC pull list. It may not be the patented Weird Science DC Comics $25 pull list, uh, but here it is nonetheless. So this is just the stuff he's getting. Number one, Action Comics. Number two, Batman Creature of the Night. Number three, Batman White Knight. Number four, Deathstroke. Number five, Doomsday Clock. Number six, Dark Knight's Metal. And then the last one, the Terrifics. Now, that's a pretty good pull list, actually. Yeah, it's not bad. I know he has you know, the big event books there. He has some good things. And he says, I know people are apprehensive about Brian Michael Bendis taking over the Superman titles. Some people seem to forget that he's written so many incredible stories. He's talking to Brandon right now. That's all. He's, he's not some people. He means Brandon. That I recommend you guys check out. Daredevil. Ultimate Spider-Man are really brilliant books. We're actually doing Ultimate Spider-Man uh, tomorrow as we record as our Back Issues podcast on the Patreon account. We're going to talk about the first issue of that. So we'll see how that is. Sure, Which I have sold you, have for you, beer money years ago. Yeah, Have you read it yet for tomorrow? I have not. <laughs> of course not. Neither have I. I, I page through. But uh, sure, he's written I, a lot of I crap. I read it, whatever, 15, 20 years ago. Whatever, I'm good. Yeah, he says, sure, he's written a lot of crap, but who hasn't? I know Eric has that time he claims he emailed in. That's the only reason it wasn't allowed in there, because it was crap. Yeah. There are clear points. You're like, I really hate that gym. No, I'm not Eric. And that's what he said, Eric. <laughs> Love Eric. I mean John. 
It didn't work. There are clear points in Bendis' comics history where he's simply more excited to take on certain characters than those are the times where it works out, and that would be hopefully now because he's getting to do a huge character at DC and Superman. Maybe this will be, like we said earlier about those other writers, this will be something that uh, you know reinvigorates his love of, of this stuff. It's obvious that he's extremely excited. He's visiting newspaper offices to be able to write a better Daily Planet. What is what is he, the James Woods of comic writing? He's there, oh, by the way, I wanted you to throw me off this fucking building so I can see what it's like for a man to fly. All right, there you go. Brandon's right there. He's first in line to chuck him the fuck out. Then he gets this fucking blowtorch. Like, what are you doing? And he puts it up to his eye so he can pretend he has heat vision. Ah. Ivan Rice and, and it burns everyone down. Ivan Rice and Patrick Gleason are the artists, so I, for one, am stoked for this run. I hope everything works out. Just please, if you're listening, Brian Michael Bennis, you're not faster than a, a flying fucking train and a bullet. There you go. I don't know what a I'm flying saying. Train flying train and a bullet. Train. Aren't we at the point in this future that I, I heard of as a kid that we had flying trains, Eric? <laughs> I just woke up from my coma, remember, from last rails? weekend. Where don't we're going, we, have, we don't need don't, rails. Don't we have flying trains now? Isn't that all that really planes are? Flying trains? There you go. Come summer, both Justice League and Superman will be on my pull list, as well as the Man of Steel and Justice League No Justice Weekly series. Well, actually, by summer, Eric, they'll be over. So that is a that is a mistake. Out of those seven books, just three of them are gone going stories. That actually today we got home from the movies. I saw Pacific Rim two with my kids. We had the movie pass. So we get home and Logan has been bitching and moaning about getting a bike. Now the bike shop is closed uh, for the for the winter, and it right. said on the the thing will be opening in the spring with no date. Well, Eric, technically it's spring. Sure so we is. get home. Logan starts bitching and moaning. Can we go to the bike shop? I'm like, you really think they're going to be open today? There's snow on the ground. It's 37 degrees. We had a goddamn nor'easter this week. And I'm like, and he goes, yeah, well, and it's supposed to snow again tomorrow from what I hear. And he says, it is spring. And he kept going with it. I'm like, I don't, I'm not, like, what is this? A a government mandate that this mom and pop, you know, bike store has to be open because he said spring? I got so angry, and then I'm I. I'm saying I the bike shop's not that far. Go walk your ass down that's there, see if it's open. That uh, yeah, he wanted me to go. He, that's the thing. He's not going to go and peruse. He wants to go and buy. He doesn't have any money, so he needs me. He needs the money man to walk down with him. That's all I am, the money man in this house. I, I just get these things. My kids went on this goddamn trip, this choir trip down south. I said I was talking on the news podcast. I don't, really? I don't know if they're in Arkansas. I don't know if they're in Alabama. I have no idea because nobody told me. Uh, they're all, you know, all smiles and fucking giggles when they want money for food. And then I say last night to Ethan and Zach who are going, hey, guys, make sure you wake me up when you leave. I just, you know, you know, I want to pretend I'm a nice guy and I want to yeah. say goodbye. And all Tanya's up there, hug you, freaking, kiss you. Tanya's up there crying right now. She thinks that the, you know, the world's gonna end because they're on this trip. And uh, so I'm like, yeah, wake me up. And I woke up when they slammed the door, leaving. And then I ran out to the door. And they're gone. So there you go. It's like go, right. go, go fuck yourself. They, they ended up, you know, it was all to do. And Ethan's like, I'm not gonna need money for. Uh, for food because I'm getting my check because he works at Giant, the grocery yeah. store. And I said, I, I don't know, Ethan, if you've been paying attention, but uh, I kind of see days in the past two weeks. I kind of see things going on here. And you've worked once. Your check? No, no, my check's going to be hundred and eighty dollars. In what world? Uh, really? Is this bizarro world here? Because there's no way. He goes. He calls me up. Then 
Oh, can we get money out of the bank because my check was only $32? This is what I knew. I knew this was going to happen. We had to get money because he has to eat, right? You got to eat. Meat's meat. A man's got to eat, Eric. This may sound weird, but I love to be in the position where there are too many good ongoings, and I can't even fit a miniseries or event in my pull list. But things are what they are. That's true. We all want 10 out of 10, so Eric can give it up. Hang it up. You guys mentioned talking about $25 pull list, and I was wondering if you'd want to mention it here. I'm pretty curious. P.S. Jim, that thing I wanted to send you, I haven't sent it yet. I'm a lazy ass, but I will soon. Wink, wink, Eric. Uh, That's it for me. Guys, keep it weird and sciencey, and I'll talk to you soon. What would be your $25 pull list? We, we actually – I don't send you the mail, and I actually don't read it before. So just give me like your your top three books since we're never going to be able to just rattle off something that will end up being you know under $25. What Archie are the three Comics, books? Superman, Red Hood, and the Outlaws. I would say mine would be – See, that's the problem. Mine are going to be like White Knight, Creature of the Night, and Action Comics, actually. Action Comics is one of those where out of nowhere it's become the bell of the ball in my mind. <laughs> but we'll see how that changes or, or doesn't or gets better with Brian Michael Bendis. So we'll see going on. Uh, the Thank you. Saying the next mail is All New Dave. And All New Dave says, hi, Jim, Eric, and the entire Get Fresh crew. What up, Fresh Cup crew? Well, I've been a bit of an easily distracted Dave the past couple of weeks. I've been getting new comics pretty much daily. There's too many to mention, so I'll just highlight my standouts, which were Deathbed, Eric. The silent Deathbed. Uh, the Silencer, and that's that Vertigo book that you know right. nothing about. Uh, I know Silencer. Yeah, Sideways, Hungry Ghosts, that's that Anthony Bourdain book, I believe, that uh, he's doing. And oh, he's got to be asking with that guy, doesn't I think it? It's, I think that's that. I might be completely wrong, but I do think it is. I picked up <laughs> – Andrew you, Zimmer. Uh, no, I don't think it's him. Uh, no, actually, you don't realize that Andrew Zimmer is actually Brian Michael Bendis in disguise. Oh, there. They look very similar. I picked up Usagi Ojimbo up for today so I can read that and check out Jim's other comic book review podcast tomorrow and hear if we agree on the comic. I was reading on the Slack that some other sites, and I did like that, uh, were throwing shade at the Weird Science DC reviews. Don't let it get you down, guys. I'll just say quickly that if I hadn't, if it hadn't been for this podcast, I would have probably given up on comics. I love the honest reviews from the Weird Science DC team, and we don't always have to agree. That's yeah. why when Luis asked in the email on the podcast last week which comics you would keep, change, and cancel, I knew that that bastard Jim would cancel Hellblazer just when I'm getting into it, and that's just fine. <laughs> I added the bastard, but I can tell that's what he wanted to say. To finish, can I just say how much I've enjoyed Dan Jerkins' time on Action Comics? This has been the only comic that I've collected fully since I jumped back on at Rebirth. I'm sad it's ending, but it has been a good run. Hopefully Dan Jerkins will be on to something new soon, and I could check that out. Thanks, Jim, Eric. Hope everyone in the Get Fresh crew has a good week. Poop, poop, poop. Yeah, and I I think that maybe... He'll be on a booster book or something coming forward Maybe. because he you know, that spent was a lot of time in there. So. Reminding people who booster code yeah, was. So Maybe we'll get that. People, people like that. But yeah, I, I have enjoyed Action Comics, Bell of the Ball. And now I think this is the last email of this section. It's Swanee. And, and there are more emails per section here because we only have a couple of emails this, or sections this week because we don't have a lot of books. So yeah. Swanee is the last of section one. He says, hey, Jim and Eric and Reggie, it's finally spring 
spring break, and it couldn't That's have right. come at a better time. I've been keeping up with the books pretty spring. well, but will always be behind because I order them online. It takes about a week to get here. I just finished the books for the week of episode 167 and currently listening to the podcast. i got to say, it's a weird time at DC right now because a bunch of our heroes are being assholes. Barry Allen and Flash, Roy Harper and Titans, Beast Boy and Teen Titans. He's been a douchebag in the whole run, though. Superman just got done being an asshole in the Seahorse Planet arc and Tim Drake in Detective <laughs> Comics. I'm probably forgetting a couple, too. Batman is shit. I was hoping Ivy killed him with the Superman punch so we could find real Batman somewhere. Maybe the magic, the science... And the medicine, Eric, brought back the real Batman. I do have to say with all the books, that, that's the funniest thing. I said to Eric, like, hey, it'd be funny if they, like, had Batman go to heaven and stuff like that. And Eric just had to bring up, like, yeah, he'll go again and, and forget about his fucking son. Yeah, I said, we saw that a freaking other, during the Trinity, but they're having to find Dr. Light. And he had his own personal heaven. Like, why wasn't Damien in your perfect yeah. little world there, yeah, because Bruce? He was What's dead. wrong with you? I do have to say with all the books you guys review and hate – Cough, bang, conquest, cough, cough, cough. You guys should still really check out Gotham City Garage. It's so much better than most of the books coming out. I'm going to keep pushing this book. Have a great week, guys, and thanks for everything you do. There's a couple more uh, of these digital books coming out. There's a Suicide Squad book that's a sequel to yeah. an animated movie that hasn't come out yet and stuff like that. It's weird. But I'm telling you, we, he told me it's, like, it's a sequel to this book. I don't even know what the hell that yeah, is. Yeah, it hasn't come out. I actually found out it comes out next week. It's that uh, Suicide Squad Hell to Pay. It's a digital first even know it sequel to a movie that comes out next next week digitally but doesn't come out on Blu-ray and stuff for like three weeks. So Weird. there you go. But, yeah, uh, we have to make a line somewhere. Uh, and, again, I love Injustice. But pretty much except for when me and Reggie tried to do that uh, digital spotlight deal, we wouldn't have talked about that either. And that was one of my favorite books. In fact, it was a weird deal where we'd have the podcast and and my book of the year was Injustice and we didn't even talk about it. So there you go. But that is the end of mail section number one. Thank you all for emailing in and we're going to go back to the books. Brightest day and brightest night. No evil escape my sight. No war threats, evil mites. Beware of my power, Green's Light. Green's Light, indeed, and yes, indeed, Eric, we are here to obviously talk about a Green Lantern book, being the Green Lanterns, that is plural, Eric, because there's two of them. Uh, Thanks for explaining that to me. When have we ever seen them use that double battery? Oh my goodness. Twice in 43 issues? Oh my lord. 44 issues including the rebirth? Including the fact that you have Jessica on the variant cover sitting on the battery. I can't even tell if that's a double battery, so I don't even know what's going on with that. Since, the double battery is just one battery now. That's yeah, all it well, is. Well, but it had that double side that they can go by each side. It was the same kind of deal, but it yeah. seemed like it was a little bit different. But who would know? We'll I, never I haven't seen see that thing in years. Why would you need it? You you can spike your willpower. That that seemed to be going away as well. Thank but these God. rings, these rings are like energizer bunnies. They they never lose a charge, Eric. And no, again, Jim, they keep it, going and going and they going. Do. And, oh, do the joke. Well, with that, I'm not going to do that joke. So how dare you? How, how dare, dare you? you? Now, one <laughs> of the things, though, is so funny. It's one of those where you complain about something for so long that you don't know what you got till it's gone, but in an opposite kind of way, like a, a reverse Benjamin Button that you do, Eric, that, that you age normally. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. 
where I didn't like the idea that they were always using the ring charge as a false tension, like a force right. tension. Uh, but now that it's gone, I just keep thinking like Jessica at this point is doing what assume, I would assume is one of the craziest things that uh, Lantern has done in a long time. And yet there is nothing with a charge. They they just keep going. But well, it's we're like one get of those things like, like back in the day, like when Kyle Rayner took over his Green Lantern. And he had a special ring. He was given a battery, yes, but for the most part, it seemed didn't have an impurity to yellow, and he didn't need to recharge his fucking yeah. ring. So we took all of the tension that we had before away for when Kyle Rayner took over, and it was cool at first because it was something different. Eventually, they got back to like you know the normal stuff with the charging. But yeah, it's like you know here, these lanterns are the most powerful lanterns in the universe because oh they goodness. can do anything. Even being rookies as they are, like you know they're not technically rookies. They have their lantern symbol. They've yeah. gone through basic training, but. The stuff they're doing for how much they don't know that they're like, you know, they're always talking about how they don't know if they're good yeah. enough for a certain thing. They're doing some weird, wacky shit. Oh, yeah. They're really doing some weird, wacky shit. But give us your blurb and then we can get into this. Green Liners number 43, written by Tim Seeley with art by V. Ken Marion, Sandu Foria, Danae Ribeiro, and Dave Sharp. Our superhuman trafficking story comes to a close with this issue. And while it initially seems like it was going to be fun... What we get here is a straight-up battle while Jessica performs construct brain surgery and all the heroes kidnapped. In the end, the steed are shut down and everyone is returned home, where Simon and Night Pilot's romance immediately ends. Yes, it does. It immediately ends indeed. And yeah, you start indeed. out and, I, and and as we always say, and I'll say it, you know, throughout this probably, is that V. Ken Marion's indeed. art's great. I love it. Sure I, I love his art. Uh, I just wish, like you said, that we could finally get an issue where we were really, really excited, full out, that we yeah. could give it a high score because this really starts out. It has Jessica performing brain surgery with uh, on multiple people with her ring. As this is going on, it, it's just okay. I, I get it. It's just not that interesting to me, and it's really played out. And like you said, with this, not a lot to talk about fully in this issue, except the fact that we really thought it was going to push the whole idea of religion. Uh, even cults and things like that. It's, but it's it, gone out of its way to push the whole idea of what religion is and like what it means to our characters. And not only that, but with the Capers dating app, the whole yeah. idea of romance as well, which is really just pushed aside the religious aspect and the romance aspect just to get to this battle, just so yeah. that art can close. Yeah, and with that, you do have a multi-front battle going on. You know, you have Jessica doing her deal. You have Simon going. You have Scraps. You have all this stuff going on. And again, I love the art. There's a lot of varied things going on, but with it, it's just, it's, there's not really that much to go on except the fact that they end up stopping this whole deal, bringing down this religion. And then you have at the end where Scraps, you know, volunteers to basically go on and, and take these pilgrims because unfortunately they thought they were going into something. It would be good. Uh, she's going to lead them. You have Simon and Jessica being congratulated by the Green Lanterns. You have Simon then, uh, you know, freeing Night Pilot. Really, but at the end, I'm like, okay, what, what, the, the I, one I, thing. It, it goes on. On and on for like like so much, and it's ridiculous for what we get because we have Jessica just sitting there, Indian style, concentrating on getting all of these freaking little things into each yeah. of the individual's ears, so she can take the little nanode out of their brain yeah. that the steed is using to control them to use them as avatars. And while this is going on, that's all she's doing. And yeah. you know, thinking to herself, "Man, this is really hard. I don't know if I can do this." And then finally, the thing that actually gets you know 
the no, her thought through that she can is the ring talks to her in Simon's herself. voice yes, in to Simon's freaking, voice. you know, to, uh, to, to like uh, bring her up and say, you can do it. Just breathe, yeah. calm down. You got this. And while this is going on, Simon is just fighting that main Durlin priest the Durlin. who is the equal Brian. Equal Brian. Equal Brian. But with that, though, I want to say right now, if I could do anything, uh, if I win the lottery, uh, can I give DC all of the money? So that I can tell them, please get rid of the Durlins. I am so sick and tired of Durlins. Uh, it, it ends up doing nothing for me anymore. And all this is, is, you know, you get that whole shape shifting throughout and then you find out hey, you can't separate us because we could be as one. You got a big fucking kaiju monster deal. And, and really it looks great, but it, it's nothing. It really is nothing. And then Scraps brings down the thing and, and well, there you the go. Thing. Scraps I, is fighting Night Pilot. Yeah. And the whole thing is like, you know, She's just holding her own. She doesn't want to have, ca- like, you know, casualties of this war by yeah. killing Night Pilot. So she's trying to hold her own and, like, just keep the, like, you know, herself alive. And then when Jessica just gets done with the brain surgery, she sends a pulse throughout all the nanos that yeah. makes the, the steed, the, the high rider the steed, himself, yeah. a lose connection to Night Pilot. And then it's all over. I'm like, yeah, night pilot falls and then, yeah. over. and then they go point some guns at people and say, you know what? It's done. We're done. And that's like I said, then you get. The Green Lanterns show up, which is kind of cool. You get John yeah. Stewart's there. He's telling them that they did a great job. Yeah, exactly. You got a now, Kyle now, Rayner. Now that Simon and Jessica have gathered enough evidence, they can enter this yeah, system yeah. of this nebula and bring this freaking cult down. I'm like, yeah, I think we have plenty of evidence. Check out my ring recording where they almost killed me 17 times. Yeah, yeah, really. We we just fought a huge battle. All this was going on. This Durlin was just talking shit constantly and trying to kill me. And yeah, then I said, you have scraps there, which was a very odd addition to the story from the Omega Men. And she's and there. And it just seemed and like we, it only was there because we had Barnaby Behenda on art to begin yeah. with. Yeah, and, and that seems to be just, the only reason. Yeah, it's so weird. And with that, you have John Stewart like, you know what? We could use you, uh, you know, on Mogo. You could help out the Green Lanterns. And she's like, no, no, no. You yeah. know what? I'd rather escort these. Rep. Yeah, I'd rather escort these pilgrims back to their home planet because, you know what? It, they really, I feel bad for them. They actually thought that this was something that would change their lives and they were behind it. It was all a ruse. And I'm upset about that. Let me take them back. Okay. I, I and can then only- it's all like this. And then she's all like, actually, wait. Hire me as security to yeah. help the escort the pilgrims. So weird because, because she wants to be she paid. She wants to get paid. Exactly. And it's funny too and because I'm sitting there and like I know I like Scraps uh, in the Omega Men. It was the character that I really did like. Oh, uh, it's a Space Harley Quinn. Yeah, Space Harley Quinn. I'm just thinking like. Is she going to sell them the slavery? I kept thinking like – and then when she's like, hey, wait a minute. I really think that maybe no, Tim Seeley – I think maybe Tim Seeley though was like, I better show that she's getting paid just so people are reminded that she wouldn't do because that is one of the things that she's against. But it just seemed weird that she was like really pushing that. And then well, you, you have – You better the, hope not, Jim, because as you know, they're loading them, the pilgrims on the spaceship. You have Kyle Rayner and Guy Gardner like leading them yeah, in the way. Yeah. There's you with your futuristic ball cap yep, on. I got my futuristic ball cap. And I want to be a slave. Just don't take me to Durla. Uh, I don't want to be in the Durlin steel. But yeah, I'm in it again, Eric. I I was going through, and I did not see you the second time. But I'd have to go through again. But yeah, there I go. I was unless a that's me next to you, and shit's going bad for me. Where I do have an eye patch and a bunch of that might be you me. with the eye patch. Uh, actually, I see a guy in the very back. That might be you as well. I'd have to show you. 
Well, that's uh, definitely you and your futuristic ball cap. Yeah, that's it. And Eric, I am a pilgrim. Howdy, Kilgrim. Kilgrim. I, I'm surprised I don't give, you know, Kyle Rayner a little high five. Say that, you know what? Uh, there's a guy in Leak Slip who thinks you're all the rage. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I go especially on that there. That costume you're wearing right there. Yes, especially. And yeah, and then they're like, okay, well, what you guys are going to do, you, you really did good there, Earth Lanterns. Uh, now get these superheroes, the kind of D list superheroes, Z list of your planet and you escort those home and then like you said you have night pilot come out of nowhere hey give me a hug there simon uh that's about the all the loving that it seems is gonna and go on because thing, it falls apart nowhere, quick that's the thing it's out of nowhere like you know simon knows that like i'm gonna go i had a connection with this woman we had a couple days yeah. she left me high and dry thought i was a yeah. loser but i'm gonna go out of my way do this whole green lantern investigation fight a goddamn war to save yeah. this girl to prove my worthiness to her she comes out all hugs and kisses, like, oh, you can call me Veronica. That's great. You know, yeah. I'm so, I'm so sorry. We should hang out and have a great time together. We get back to Earth where Jessica's just hanging out, having some popcorn, watching movies. Yeah, I broke up with Night Pilot. What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> and it's so good, too. It's like, there you go. It's like, hey, Night Pilot, it's okay. You can call me Veronica. You have scraps. Lame. And goes <laughs> off. I'm like, well, why are you so upset at this? But yeah, Jessica's a little upset there. Like, uh, I guess the connection will not be made. Uh, but yeah, Simon, one week later, what, what all is hell is, you know, it, it's what is gone this down. Bit, though, where Jessica does seem like she's jealous because, yeah. you know, he is, you know, with Night Pilot at the end Such of the uh, deal. Where, you know, she's been trying to hide the fact that she was matched with Simon yeah. because obviously the, 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 the connection is that they're Green Liners and they work together and shit like yeah, that. They're so friends. Exactly. So this whole jealousy thing that we play with at it's the weird. end. It goes nowhere because yeah, again, weird. you know, I broke up with Night Pilot. Um, I realized I need to be okay with being alone, like you are, Jessica. Which yeah, like you. She's, well, she's not. She kind t- yeah. of takes offense to this. There was a bit of a joke out there about because he has to bring up the thing. Oh, by the way, now that we're all said and done, all the craziness. Who were you matched up with? Oh, me. No, well, I got Nightwing. Yeah, yeah I got and like, Nightwing. You know, but he's like, oh, that's weird because on my dating app, I got paired with you. And yeah. that's all we do with it, where it seems like we're never going to deal with the idea that nope. these two could be lovers or in a relationship Yeah, I'm glad. Or I didn't want that anyway, but it was just weird to even push it and then it just was. have it end like that. Uh, but then Jessica, like, goes. And through this, you did have that thing where she was saying, like, you had a ring that it was becoming buddy-buddy with her. And, and I'm telling you, I, think, I actually think get people have forgotten about that because yeah. you have the whole idea where she was talking to the ring. Now it's talking in slang. It's actually yeah. more – Human like you know, when it was saying Jaybird, it had exactly. nicknames for it. But a while ago, many, many issues now, we had many, the many moons. She right. took the ring off to go to bed. <laughs> yes. And then you saw the ring actually make a construct itself to watch her sleep, which yep. was very creepy. Yeah. And then we never dealt with it. Now here nope. we finally are where she's sitting there alone by herself, but they're like, you always have me, Jessica, you know, and then create some constructs of the movie, like, you know, figures of the movie she's watching and talks yeah. to her yeah. from that. I'm like, all right, are we finally getting back to this creepy-ass aspect? Because I, I hope so, because this is the only thing going on. Every aspect of this story that you push in the religion and the relationship, you just toss aside at the end for a battle. Yeah, yeah, and with that, like you said, it looks like we're getting back to the idea of her ring, and I, I've heard that that's where we're going to go with the storyline of that ring becoming a little too sentient, uh, you know, having maybe disagreeing with her or doing which, stuff which like that. Which kind of makes sense. It doesn't have all the – like, I don't know how it works anymore, honestly, with all the time trouble, but yeah. it does not have the safeguards that the other no. rings do because it's one of the original seven rings that no, we found yeah. out. And I, I can only think that it's going to be one of those things where 
Like somebody goes to do something to her and the ring actually reacts like make again, we saw constructs. We see it at the end here and actually like goes on the attack without her wanting it to. Maybe it's yeah. like, you know, you, you see Guy Gardner come down. And like, hey, Jessica, you know, you remember this and punches her in the face. Remember that punch? And then the thing goes Jesus nuts. So I'm telling you right in the face. And then the yeah, you remember Guy that? Gardner? You remember how that was because they trained. You remember they beating the crap out of each other. But no, I think that something's going to go where the ring goes a little bit over the top for the situation and then they're gonna have to go with the idea maybe you'll have like jessica like huh yeah sorry about that and like ring you better stab it no jay bird and protect me we'll see how it goes but yeah we'll see look at her apartment now i think she's the real messy jesse well she is because she said even like it looks like a panty explosion happened in here and i was like i don't know that sounds pretty (laughs) exciting to me i mean i'm I'm down i I, i'm down with that explosion to me when i was in high school holy shit i'm telling you yeah panty explosion that is my kind of explosion world war me Eric is what I want in that panty explosion. I'm there. I'd have shit on my head. You're dancing around. But yeah, that that is the end of that. I love the art. Uh, what so did you good. give? What did you give this? Uh, I'm telling you, issue? most of my score is for the art because this was a very disappointing end to this arc. That was overall just very disappointing. But I, I still gave it a 5.5 out of 10 because I like even though it doesn't go anywhere. I did really like the interactions, like in yeah. the last issue where whenever we had a chance for our characters to slow down and just talk. Those are the interactions I like. Yeah, I and like the last couple of pages, I really dug the interaction that Simon I like just that had. as well. I like but, seeing uh, John and Kyle there. It yeah, actually was like, oh, that's cool. We don't get that in this book. So that was cool. But go on. But I give it a 5.5 out of 10. Yeah, I think I'm going to go 5.8. And it is almost all uh, art, or at least a lot of it, because this really was a lot of filler to get to the end here. Uh, and to what, like you said, the best part was that little and interactions at the e- end. Even the progression of this arc where, you know, we had a bunch of superheroes kidnapped. It seemed to be just for slavery to yeah. fucking mine ore in asteroid fields. And then all of a sudden we're fucking religious avatars. Like, what well, happened? And then even with that, we didn't mention it, but really the plan seemed to be then, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to get each of these things. And like a superhero will be there to kind of push the the deal. And they'll, they'll be all impressed with this superhero. Yeah, and each like, fa- now it now just like came God will push our religion. Yeah, yeah, it just, it just seemed But nonsense. I just don't know where we went from I wanted slavery the fun. in a goddamn asteroid I know. field I just to fucking the fun. God avatars. Yeah, I, I, and you even have – you have a slight bit of fun at the end where I'm like, you know what? You're, bad news? Yeah, you're pointing, you're, you're throwing it in my face now where he's like, hey, John Stewart, big fan. I'm the bearer of bad news, but you oh, know, no. that's just a name. And I uh, really like that. I really thought like, oh man, you really missed out on the idea of, okay, you have these Z-list characters yeah, the, the Green that, Lantern that the Green Lanterns can now gather to fight and they're better as a team and like, oh man, you know, everybody made fun of us, but we just kicked ass, but you never got that. It, it kind of was pushed aside then for uh, Green Lantern and brain surgery but we're going to go on to the next book which is another one of your books and this section is just going to be two books so this will be the last book of this section and yeah this this is the one book that before we started tonight it's the one that really got me down i'll admit it it really really got me down reading this book because i love christopher priest and it's going to be justice league and i really love christopher priest but I don't know what's going on with this book. It's really upsetting me. But it ain't uh, no Deathstroke, I'll tell you that. No, it is not. Uh, give it to us, Eric. Justice League number 41, written by Christopher Priest, with art by Felipe Briones, Jeremy Cox, and Willie Shoe. Sweet Willie Shoe. Sweet Willie. Now that the watch 
Stellar's fallen in Africa. It's time to see how the people of this continent hate the Just League as well. While our heroes wait for Simon and Jessica to return from their space mission, the Just League must keep warring factions at bay and also defend against Red Lion and his troops who want the Watchtower technology for themselves. All that and Batman and Aquaman are on the hunt for the fan. Yeah, yeah. I I don't get it. Uh, this <laughs> book is just it, it's you're gonna get a whole issue here of we see that they crash the watchtower into Africa and with that in East Africa and uh, with that though you're gonna get a lot of talk about you know rights and who should be able to take control of it and why and what you know, justice means the to justice different people yeah and, and the justice laws. yeah how can you demilitarize an area that you don't have control of where Superman there and I know that Christopher Priest is really stressing the idea with that that it's not Batman there it's not Batman saying like shut the hell up this is the greatest of the great being Wonder Woman and Superman and these people don't want any parts of it they don't want to hear Superman or Wonder Woman mainly Superman say like hey guys you know we'll get this out of here just let us go no you you have all these different warring factions heading towards the this thing to claim it then you also have refugees who have heard that Superman's there claiming that it's a demilitarized uh, demilitarized zone so that they right. can go and get sanction and, and freedom and, and not be killed by people and then in the middle of all that, you have Red Lion, who is, if you were reading Deathstroke, is a very familiar character. I like him, uh, but in this book, I like it's him just over the top. It's you know, just a little a over the top. character that does not fight the Justice League. Yeah, and uh, with that, he's there to claim the, you know, the Watchtower for his own the because salvages. of where it yeah, went. He, and these he, are his salvage he rights. He has salvage rights. So you get all this stuff in there, and to me, it's just not giving us a fun comic uh, and he is continuously wanting to explain things in a real world way and it, i know some people must like this i there's some people who like if i said to you it's like he's turning this book into the christopher nolan batman that anything in this has to make sense in a real world situation but you just have a watchtower that crashed in africa i'm sorry you're not going to explain shit uh, fully so why go and it starts well, off you actually like you. it I'm telling you, the whole thing here where we have this whole idea where, you know, the Watchtower – actually, I'm sorry. We, we'll start right at the beginning. I was yeah, going we start with because, the Lanterns. Yes, with the Lanterns actually coming back from their mission with Martian Manhunter from space. Martian Manhunter is nowhere to be found, but no. the Green Lanterns are making their way back. We never get to find out what their mission no, was. No, and this is what way threw back. me off here because we don't know what the mission was. So obviously well, it didn't matter. They no. just needed to get them out because they would have been able to help out. And it's just to and me even again. Now, the, the Justice League is hanging around waiting for the waiting Lanterns for to them. show up. Yeah, waiting for them. And, and to me me this is such a cut and dry weird deal that christopher priest doesn't usually do to me this is so obvious that he got the green lanterns out of the story because it wouldn't make sense but usually he's not like that he's not like he'd have a reason for them to go that would make sense besides for some mysterious mission where martian man and we don't even know what it is yeah Yeah, and when they're going back before you get into the thing that you liked and i hate it because it again points out the fact that they're trying to make this a real world story you have simon who really go to that damn lunch and and call it a day Simon Holy is the crap. worst character in this i want to show up and just say about this lunch I, I just want to say like you're going to lunch that that's it, it this, there's nothing to it go and eat your lunch and have it done with because he's oh, uh, martian manhunter certainly wasn't any help about the lunch uh, i'm telling you this whole lunch. lunch idea i wouldn't even like if i'm simon 
I'm such a paranoid fellow and work my entire uh, yeah. life to not do anything embarrassing. Like, I go out of my way to make you sure nothing You wouldn't go to the lunch. You would I make up an excuse. Because I would because me going to this lunch, if I make it through, everything is okay. Yeah, I had lunch with Superman. That's okay. The the upside of that does not outweigh the downside, where if I have something on my face the entire time, and Superman's just looking at me fucking thinking, look at this piece of shit, can't yeah, even use a yeah. napkin, I'm yep. done, right there, I can't stand that, I well, can't have that on uh, my mind. I'm telling you, it's just nonsense, and as this is going on though, Jessica now is Mr. Wizard, who has to explain to and- us, what through Simon, who Simon should just be like, why are you talking about? Why, why are you saying this? Like, there's a lot better chitter chatter that we can do on the way back to Earth where she's like, listen, you know, we have to go light speed here. And normally it'd be thousands of years ahead of time because the light speed is faster than light travel. But our rings compensate for that. Oh, isn't that great? What? Why are you telling me this? I don't need you, this. The only reason I think she's telling this is because, for one thing, every issue it seems that, you know, Christopher Priest needs to have this – Big scientific explanation yeah. for how our heroes this do whatever is to me, they do. It's a continuation of Flash talking about the friction exactly. when he goes, and, and it's nonsense. I and don't the thing care. Is, I, I don't mind that out of all the bullshit explanations that we've gotten that were just over the top and friggin', you know, this ridiculous. Yeah. This is the least offensive in my mind because yeah. as a Green Lantern fan, I can see Green Lanterns actually discussing this. Well, how oh, does this you work? Can, you know? huh? And, and Tony, which which issue quick. did you read it's, first it's, this week? It's one panel. Did you read the Green Lanterns before you read Justice League or vice versa? Because I know that if you did read Green Lanterns first, you didn't sit there and go, huh, John Stewart showed up there. I wonder why isn't it? it's not a thousand years ahead of time. No, you don't think about, things, about it. You do sometimes when you're a no, fan of things like that. No, you don't. You, nobody's sitting there thinking, I wonder how the Green Lanterns fly through space and it doesn't go a thousand years ahead of time. There's nobody who thinks that. And the problem with me is, is that when you bring this up, now I'm thinking about it, and it's irritating me because now I go back to the stupid shit that we heard from Flash and all this. And, yeah, I say stupid shit. It's probably re- realistic. I don't need that. I don't but need a lesson. this is done in one panel, and it's not bad in my mind compared uh, to everything else we've been we, given. I, I disagree because that's all we get from them. We get yes, Simon is, talking yeah. about lunch and Jessica giving us a lesson of why they can fly faster than light. And not travel ahead in time. And I just, to me, again, it's just, uh, what are you getting at? Why do we need to know this in a Justice League book? And now you go from there to pretty much have a whole thing about salvage rights and what is justice and what is just us. And I just, I, I don't know why this book is even doing this. And I know that some people, Dancing Mike, does not like uh, Scott Snyder per se. I'm telling you, I don't care what comes down the line from that because it's got to be better than a book where I'm getting lessons about how the Justice League would function in the real world. I just watched CNN and looked out the window. There's no Justice League in the real world. Give me the Justice League in this comic book universe that we've had and don't have to explain the shit and make it so that you have these nitpicks that you always wanted to get out. I, I don't care. I really don't care why – the Green Lanterns don't go ahead in time. 
when they when they go faster than light. I don't care to hear these wonky explanations how the Flash can't move this way and that because of non-friction and, and no gravity and things like that because I just want to see him do it. I, right. I just want to have fun and have them do it because most of the things that come up, again, maybe there's going to be people who say, Jim, I've thought of this before. I never cared about how the, the Green Lanterns – I'm telling you, I'm watching Jessica and Simon fly back to Earth. I didn't even know that you would consider it going faster than light speed. I just think they're cruising along and going. I don't care. A lot of times they're it opens get up there. a wormhole and it travels through uh, like and a And they're a just going to get there. Stuff. They're just going to go back. That's all we need. We don't need an explanation because the explanation does not give us anything better in this book. They're still not back on Earth where they're needed. And Simon's talking about a lunch, and we don't know what Martian Manhunter's mission was. So no. there, there you go. You, you get nothing but an explanation where we go then, and the rest of the issue are these different warlords of Africa and different, you know, governments and, th- and this different whole tribes. thing where this one warlord is talking to Superman about, you know, what they're doing and stuff like that. You know, you know, we need to keep everybody back. This is our, you know, proprietary yeah. technology shit like this. And the one warlord is all like, you know, like uh, your your partner LexCorp. You know, they they come in here, they do all this terrible shit to fucking mine yeah. and do all this stuff to get the technology, and they would kill all of my people to, you know, get this your yes. your doomed citadel. But uh, Citadel, yes. I, I just don't understand this whole partnering with LexCorp because we have seen we know that LexCorp has a lot of technology in the Watchtower because yeah. you know the fan was a part of LexCorp when they went in to build it. We know yep. that there was a LexCorp shuttle that like tried to land at the Watchtower when the Flash had to save that that astronaut. Yeah. yeah. So we have this whole thing that LexCorp seems to be go, uh, coming and going from the Watchtower, but when they actually show up. It seems that they're working with Red Lion with, here with to Red recover Lion. the stuff. So I don't know the progression of what they're doing with LexCorp here. Yeah, and with this, you have this Kamala who is, I guess, against Red Lion because she's saying basically LexCorp comes in there and mines their diamonds and, mm-hmm. you know, gets their gold and then takes off and doesn't care about it. And, you know, is it justice or just us or no? LexCorp would kill every one of my people to recover the advanced technology within your do-med a Citadel you have where she's like basically like you better watch it because this this LexCorp, they're assholes and they're going to show up and they're going to rip through people to get to you. You just being here is is the trouble. Like, you know, you're a superman. I hear what you're saying and what you're doing. You don't understand. You, you're fucking us up. You are really screwing us up and it's your guy's fault that this happened. And you also turn a blind eye to the crap that goes on here. And all of a sudden you show up because your goddamn Citadel, Citadel crashes. And now you're going to talk all this big talk, but you know, it's bullshit. In you've gone meantime, through, you've disarmed all my people. Yeah, now while they these can't freaking, fight back. Yeah. And while these criminals show up as well, it's like, well, you're calling these criminals, they're actually refugees. No, you're not from around here. Yeah. We've been warring with these people. I you don't have left mind my men this, defenseless. I don't mind this stuff with Kamala where it's true. And I, I don't mind that idea of, like you said, he's like, no, these are refugees. She's like, you have, you have no idea. Like, these people are bad people. They see what you're doing. They're just coming here to get out of being in trouble. It's bullshit. But then it's just it continues on then though where and the whole idea all of a now sudden LexCorp you know, shows up because the Justice League is here now they've issued a ceasefire it's like yeah. now you've you've done this but we've been fighting forever so now that you're here and you have something going on your interests are here yeah. now you'll yeah, do where a ceasefire were you before? Exactly. and through this whole Johnny thing though lately over and here. they are but through this whole thing you do get that whole deal where Wonder Woman's like you know what you know this is what you know I want to fight we're gonna do yeah, this and we'll do it. and Superman's like we can't. We cannot do this. We can't fight. 
That's not our place. And yeah, that's where Kamala's like, you know what? This is bullshit. Like you didn't care about anything that people dying. It didn't matter until it did to you. This is bullcrap. You do see it also on the news where you get that whole deal with all the stuff with Congress and things like that. You get that thrown in deal of I wonder how this is going to go because of reelections and how the, you know, how the cookie's going to bounce this way or that. I don't you know, know really boring saying. stuff. Very boring. Uh, then this is where I get upset about this because the fan could be really fun. Like yeah. I'm telling you where they're trying to do an Aquaman and Batman are going – they're trying to figure out who the fan is. And then when you finally see – you get to uh, meet this uh, D's that we heard about before. That was the guy who almost got killed and the fan was talking about him before yeah, when he was Joshua young. Yeah, Joshua A. Christian. Yeah, yeah. and uh, – with that, when you see the fan, then he's got an amalgam costume and things like that. I'm like, this is really fun. Like, this could be fun. It's not even as fun as it should be because of all the nonsense going around. But I would like to have fun. But then you have LexCorp show up with Red Lion to pretty much wreck house. And now Open I'm confused. Fire everybody to get them yeah, away I'm from confused. the Watchtower because, like, you know, now that the Watchtower is in Africa, Red Lion's taking claim of it. But for some reason, LexCorp is working with them, yeah. even though they, they want the technology too, I guess, even though they yeah. partnered with the Justice League to assemble this technology. But, but they're I shooting don't know what's going everyone on. in front of the Justice League. And I know that you're going with this whole deal where, well, the Sovereign is Red Lion and they're yeah. working with him and they can do this. But it's really odd to me that, that, that Lex – would even have anything like he would see this and go nuts. Like you can't do or this in front of Superman. Or, 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 I don't we know. Don't even know what's going on. Yeah, with but the even if he's Alexa. even if he's full out evil, this is not a Lex thing. They're just going open fire in front of the Justice League. He's a little more subtle than that. Even in him being a you know villain, he would be a guy who I'm surprised they didn't go with the idea of him showing up hand in hand with Red Lion to basically throw shade at Superman. Like you know what, Superman, you you better go. I own this now. Some of this technology. Mind, but also you're in it's salvage rights, so get the hell out. That's the Lex that I expect. I don't expect these guys to just come in and, and open fire, though maybe he's not, you know, it, it's beyond his control. They're doing this. It just seemed really odd that it was Lex Corp showing up and, and just Corp. going to town. Yeah, yeah, Corp. And uh, with that, they do have where they do find uh, Batman does goes and finds the uh, the fan. The fan, and yeah. Like you said, he's in this whole amalgam uh, outfit, and it's all about, you know, the Watchtower's transporter and things and how he has a fail-safe other tra- – I'm like, I, I've lost interest in any of this really. I really have. And he explains to Batman how he's been doing some things like well, that. Even, and then- even this, we get to see the fan in this amalgam costume, which is a really cool amalgam yeah, costume is. of every uh, character in the Justice League. But when we have Batman, you know, we have the fan using all like, you know, his faux speed technology, his faux ring technology, and Batman takes him down. And ultimately, even though we have a cool looking fight, what we get is what we had before the last time we had the fan where, all right, you got me. What are you going to do with me now? And that's what are you going to do with me? This is what we keep going like. You can't put me on trial. Because if you do, I'll just say all your identities. You can't do that. I'll spill all the beans, and I'll I'll show all these people what's wrong and all this. So what are you going to do? Are you going to kill me? Are you going to mind wipe me? We had that whole thing where we thought it was even going towards, say, an identity crisis type deal where they were going to have to struggle of what to do and what kind of justice are they allowed to to divvy out because he really should be – tried Uh, normally he's a guy yeah he's done some bad things to them but they are not say you know they're not judge jury and executioner that's interesting to me but this where now we have red lion just fight 
Cyborg. Cyborg. And, and the thing is, it seems that when Cyborg went through the teleportation system where the fan altered his costume, his look, and stuff yeah. like that, it also gave him a system failure that now yeah. Red Lion can actually damage him, and there's no, like, replicating or yeah. healing going on in Cyborg's, you know, body. So Red Lion is just tearing Cyborg apart. And he is, but with that, Red Lion then gives us an explanation about things. It doesn't sound like something Red Lion would do because he's like – he says – uh, focus, my man, because he's there. He's fighting somebody. He's ripping shit off of him and stuff. And he's like, you know, otherwise some less than ethical opponent might uh, attack some innocuous area of your flesh, which might trigger a vasovagal reaction, momentarily paralyzing you with indescribable. I'm like, what? Like, what? just say, you know what? You better focus or I'm going to kill you. And then he throws him off this fucking thing. And basically it leads to, uh, at the end, Wonder Woman being shot by a kid. And well, then, that's the thing. It's so, like, you know, Superman flies down because they've been taking yeah. – they're trying to handle the LexCorp who are just yeah. opening fire on all the refugees. And Superman flies down where Wonder Woman's telling him, like, we got to help people and shit like that. Yeah. Superman flies down. One of the refugees just opens fire on yeah. Superman. The bullet deflects and it looks like and it goes, goes right yeah. into fucking Wonder Woman's neck. And the Wonder Woman, yeah, it looks like she's dead. And then with that then – uh, you have the whole idea then that uh, Red Lions throws Cyborg off, and Cyborg's like, "Listen, buddy, uh, this isn't our war. Like, why?" And he's like, "No, it is now." And you go from that. Now, do you think that Wonder Woman is dead, or no. do you think that possibly that's Regina disguised as Wonder Woman this whole time, and I she's that, dead? I think this is Wonder Woman because, as we saw in Greg Rucka's, you know, uh, the Truth Run and stuff like that. Wonder Woman can be shot. I think she has been shot, but she it, heals really good. Remember when she got I that know, sniper I'm shot right you, through her back? She and has her, her eyes open, and it looks yeah. dead. It's not like she's about she, to blink. I'm telling you, it doesn't look like blinking. And it's weird that at the point where it's really spelled out by the fan when the teleportation comes in, and he's like, Regina, and it's Batman. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe that's uh, a maybe thing you're where right. we I, find I was just out going that with Wonder the idea Woman. That, you know, he's like, okay, Wonder Woman is not bulletproof. She can be shot, but it doesn't keep her down very long. It is a weird deal, too, that uh, through this, Wonder Woman kind of is going against Superman the whole time. Like, you know what? I'm a warrior. I got to fight. You know, I'm gonna. I'm looking to see if she does anything crazy, uh, like fly smoke. or anything. But I don't see – yeah, I don't see that. At one point, no, she is deflecting shit with her bracers, a right. bunch of uh, bullets. So maybe that is not possible. It's just weird that uh, hey, it would be kind of a tie-in. This feels like a cliffhanger. Yeah, and then it goes on. (laughs) It goes on. Then I because we were talking about it beforehand, and in my mind, this was the cliffhanger. And then you're talking about other stuff. What? Because I thought my review copy didn't have that. When I went went back to look real fast, but oh no, I saw this. It was just more bullshit with Cyborg and Red Lion. (laughs) Basically, it's Cyborg saying Red Lion, we're not your enemy, and he's like, no, 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 you, you aren't. But you know what? Every the world's watching, and now war is happening, and things like that. And then you have next a strange place of dying. Welcome to Potter. Barn, oh, whatever, okay. whatever, because I am not enjoying this. I'm not having no. any fun with it. I think that it's just too focused on trying to convince us that the Justice League uh, would have problems in a real world situation. I don't need that. I, I don't need that in my comics. I really don't. I know that we had, you know, a civil war at Marvel and things like that where you do have this government. And it's not just government. It's not just that. It's the explanations of how these powers and things work that just seem to be a Christopher Priest nitpick. And just and the whole political side of everything, yeah. too, that we have to focus yeah, on even every a, goddamn yeah. issue. So what did you give it? I gave this issue a 5.8 out of 10, mostly for the art, like with Green Lanterns, but like, 
I actually went up a little bit just because of the, I didn't mind the scientific like explanation. I'm telling yeah, you, one panel in I and am. out, I'm like, it's something I have actually thought of as a Green Lantern fan. I don't need it here, but as quick as it was for what he wants to do, I'm like, all right, that's not too bad. Let's move on. And, uh, you know, I like the Aquaman and Batman going after the fan stuff and the Amalgam fan suit, even though it didn't take us any further than we've had before with I, every time we've encountered the fan. I could just imagine we're there at work and we're talking and they're like, you know what I've always thought about? How do the Green Lanterns fly at faster than light speed, but don't go ahead in time by 3,000? Uh, I'd be like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I That's because you care. weren't a Planet of the Apes fan. I'm telling you, though, it's just, yeah, but even so, y- you have have that you know what i would think if you legitimately i wish you read this and then thought huh i'm gonna ask jim and see what he says hey by the way uh hundreds of years that the green lanterns fly at fast and light speed why doesn't it go a hundred years ahead of time because that and i would say it's probably something the ring does there it is that's all the explanation (laughs) was that's all it is i mean what else would it be they're they're fucking boots they're goddamn, they wink at time and it sends them back in a reverse well, the, the, Benjamin the, Button. The way I, they have been explaining the stuff, though, is that, like, you know, they open up wormholes to travel and yeah, shit like that. But even with this, it's, uh, yeah, the ring. Oh, voila. That, that's what, uh, oh my God. Something that happens with the Green Lanterns, it, it's the ring. God darn it. it. It just, and then I just thought of Flash. <laughs> that's so, basically, Flash going, you know, I'm no science titian. And then and then was and then yeah. explained everything about stuff. But yeah, I'm giving it. Did I give my score? Because I'm Not giving yet. it. A, I'm giving it a four point nine. I do like the art too much to give it a uh, a fuck you five. Fuck but you five, I yeah. I almost did because it just. I just don't like it. I'm not having any fun, like I said a hundred times. But we'll move on now again to go to some mail. Yo, it's mail call. It is the best podcast a week, even though Shay is such a freak. I've got to hear all the reviews and the mail with Jim. And I've got such a long way to go. All right, we're back with mail section number two, and we're going to start off with Jeremy. And Jeremy says, hello, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the wonderful, thoughtful, erudite, and magnificent members of the GFC, Eric. Boop, boop. Get fresh crew. Boop, boop. I love when I hear Frenny say that. I really do hope you're well. I've just broken up for Easter. I've never he's, been well. He's just broken up for Easter, Eric. <laughs> oh, no. You're going to be okay, buddy. I actually was reading you don't that. Need I, thought, her. I thought he broke up with Easter. I'm like, eh, whatever. You know, uh, all I get for Easter, I used to get that white chocolate bunny that I just throw yeah. away. I hate it. I've just broken up for Easter, so I thought I'd celebrate with a long-winded rant to my favorite podcast ever. I'm sorry I've not been as regular with emails. Teaching is a wonderful profession. 
in many ways, Brandon didn't say that. And it is uh-huh. true that the long summer break is a great perk to the job. I, I would probably agree with that. But there are downsides. And for me, I'm waiting for him to say the students, the classes. Yep. He says uh-huh. it's the parents. Uh, parents' evenings, definitely number among them. It's not that the parents aren't pleasant and supportive, although it's you do just, get the odd not. I've heard Jeremy talk. He seems like a very you like he could calm the savage beast, Eric, with that voice of his. It's just that you end up speaking. Then again, I think that of most people with British accents, except that Cockney bitch of a mom I have, Eric, fresh in the drink, governor. That's her. It's not very exciting. But when Jeremy's there, I imagine everybody's talking, you know, the same way, and everybody's just getting along. Everybody seems to be saying the most important things that have ever been said, because that's every time. Yeah. Jeremy, and I hear Jeremy. So some shit's going down now. This guy knows what's going down. It's He's just that you end up. I'm telling you, he is. He could just be saying like, "Hey, Jim's an asshole." I'm like, you know what? I, I agree. And then again, my mom can say that, and I'd agree with that cockneyed yeah. ass accent. Or it's just that you end up speaking nonstop for two and a half hours, saying essentially the same thing over and over again with no yeah, let up. Podcast. Yeah, I'm t- is he talking about our podcast <laughs> or are these parents' nights now? <laughs> At some point in the process, your head becomes as my older son would say cabbaged eric cabbage i just told eric this is the craziest thing i talked i told eric this week that when i went to england there was a story where there was the question uh are there cabbages in in america is there cabbages in the states uh, what, what do you mean? Yeah, the, yeah, what do you mean? You know, spastics. Like, what the <laughs> hell are you talking about? And so that is weird, Cabbages. the cabbage. Cabbage. And enter a weird mental state that is probably similar to having an out-of-body experience, except you're still talking. Now, I like talking probably more than most, but there are limits even for me. And the temptation to interrupt myself and announce to whichever unfortunate parent I'm waffling to. Parent class uh, dismissed. Look, this is all utter bullocks is extremely strong. On Thursday night, I did remember the mortgage just in time. Phew, safe for another year. Uh, <laughs> I've not had much time for comics. The comics I've been reading have tended to be collected back issues from the 70s and 80s. Comicsology has determined to bankrupt me, and last month I damn well near succeeded. I'm a sucker for Marvel <laughs> epic collections and Comicsology's recent Marvel graphic novel sale as well, as their curious decision to put newly released Marvel GNs and collected editions out for 99 cents, or Eric 69p in the UK oh. proved too much to resist throw in some dark horse Conan and Aspen on the buses and financial ruination looked rather likely thankfully I remembered the mortgage just in time I think that <laughs> what he's telling me is we need to send him money for the mortgage Eric yeah I did read Liam Sharp's Brave and the Bold issue one, though. I'm not sure if I've ever been quite so disappointed in a comic book before. I really like Sharp both as an artist and judging by his Twitter exchange as a human being. And he's he's very nice. But, Lord, yeah. this is terribly written. This might be one of those things where the creator is just so personally involved with this project that he can't see the flaws in his work. And I'm sure he's going to mention this in the next couple sentences, but this is why you need an editor, especially for somebody who is more of an artist than a writer. He really should have had somebody, you know, watching and and kind of giving him a little deal, which is fair enough, not for the first time. I find myself wondering what the editor was doing when the script for this passed his desk. While the central concept for the series is interesting, I'm a sucker for mythology of all kinds, and Celtic myth has interested me for a long while. And the pairing of Batman and Wonder Woman has tons of potential. This opening installment, despite some truly lovely artwork, utterly failed to grab me. Part of the problem is pacing. I know it's an opening issue, but even so, the decision to have... 
have Cernanos approach Diana, Cernanos to approach Diana to somehow bring peace in Tirnanog, and then reveal the dead king when she finally gets there means that the main plot doesn't really start till the last couple of pages of the issue. And I'm telling you, Jeremy, you, you would have just heard us or earlier heard us. The pacing's the problem again. There's there's yeah. more names being thrown out and more kind of hinting to me at the mythology than actually telling the story at hand. The obvious and more effective thing to do is start with the murder. More is at stake right from the start. There's a greater sense of urgency. The reader is more likely to be hooked much more earlier. Uh, Sharp could explore the underlying tensions in Tir Nanag as the investigation proceeded. Again, that's likely to be much more interesting for the reader. I think he's playing a little script doctor. Fancy script doctor, but he's right. Then there's the dialogue. It's more Orlando than, say, Warren Ellis. Grand uh, dialogue is not as easy to get right as some people seem to think, and Sharp makes some easily avoidable mistakes here. As for Orlando's dialogue, there are a lot of stuff here that needed a second or possible third pass. There's one right on the first page, so disdaining were we of the vain blood games of man. Disdaining is being used as an adjective here. <laughs> well, it can be used as an adjective. Its primary function is as a verb. Uh, coupled with the proximity to were we makes it sound very awkward, Eric. Contemptuous. You don't tell Sir Nunnis how to talk. Contemptuous no would be that. way better in terms of both fluency and meaning. Then there's out. This is uh, this He's really reminds me God. of what I was saying to you at work, Eric. Uh, uh, this is here is my uh, explanation of this. Uh, in my uh, way, hey Eric, that that dialogue was kind of dumb, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm these are just Jeremy writes in, uh, and he says he hasn't written. <laughs> he's writing in to just remind both me and you that he is way smarter than us, and I'll tell him he does not need to remind me of that. Firstly, Alfred is well aware that Batman knows who Jonathan Crane is. There's simply no need for the explanation of the Scarecrow. Secondly, the possessive apostrophe just makes that pointless even more obvious. Uh, pointlessness even more obvious, given that Bruce goes but on to say... But what about the explanation point, Jim? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, there we go. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're from America, Eric. We're not supposed to be smart. Given that Bruce goes on to say that what is happening in Gotham City's Irish Quarter is not the Scarecrow M.O. It makes much more sense to have Alfred mention Crane and Bruce mention Scarecrow. This is such a little simple thing, but it would have made a bit of dialogue flow so much better. And then there are the other examples I can mention, too. Speaking of Batman, what the hell is he doing going around threatening innocent, homeless, Irish drunkards? Anyway, don't be a dick, Batman. Perhaps unsurprisingly, Sharp's characterization of Wonder Woman is better, but... Okay, I don't think I'm a prude, but am I the only one that found the Steve Diana pillow talk a bit off? I'm trying to think of that. Now, it did seem a little weird. I don't weird. even remember now. The statue. Oh, I remember. It was also when there almost was uh, the hint of possibly a three-way going on or a cuckold <laughs> situation. The status of Steve and Diana's relationship is one of those things that has been a bit of a mystery and rebirth, and I'd rather have them together than not. Uh, I'm with you. I like them together, actually, but I'm not overly Superhero happy pillow about talk the, is the idea worst. Of them having sex before getting married. Oh my goodness! Oh. This is Eric feels the same way with him and Jess. That's why he never does it with Jess. <laughs> that's that the that's end. Why I'm never getting it's married. It's so great. She's like, "Why are we not doing this? Because we're not married, baby. Let's get married." No, no, no. I'm not ready for that commitment. This is probably a holdover from my strict Protestant upbringing. But with characters who are strong and virtuous, I think the notion of waiting for marriage is still relevant. And Diana in Greek mythology is, amongst other things, the goddess of chastity. Uh, that. That is true. Uh, I just think that they're just, you know, we don't actually see it, right? Guy, if we do, I'm going back to that. Anyway, issue, they're doing but... butt stuff, so it's okay. 
Oh, is that what you say? I actually heard uh, this one girl uh, in college once told me that she would not do anal because she was saving that for the wedding night. And <laughs> she told me this. I'm like, that's going to be a really interesting wedding night there you got there. It really <laughs> threw me off. I had a similar reaction to Clark getting it on with Lois. And no, this was nobody I was betting down either. This actually just came up. In a conversation. I'm like, well, that's great. Maybe, hey, what's maybe, your name? I'm saving butt stuff Maybe marriage, it's, this buddy. is Hold one on. of those things that throughout my life I've really been bad at, at getting the cues that people mm. are giving me. I, I'm not good at, at the those sort of things there. Maybe I could have been on to something there. But then again, uh, I didn't want to marry her, and I was into the butt stuff, Aaron. I had huh. a similar reaction to Clark getting it on with Lois in the bath in Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. It just felt a little wrong. Well, you know, those Kryptonians, who the hell knows? Knows what they do, but not to be, but not to be fair. As wrong as the dialogue and the slow-moving plot that didn't seem to be going anywhere until suddenly it was. I was going to write at length about Sharp's mangling of the Beast with two backsline too, but I feel like I've gone on long enough about this issue, and it would probably have been better, uh, rather pretentious. So I will not. Speaking of pretentiousness, though, Eric. Aren't Tom King fans a hoot? My comic shop guy shop, or my comic shop guy in Wales has decided. I really that deserves a ding, Eric, because you always yeah. get it. There you go. My comic shop guy in Wales has decided that I need to be reading Tom King's Batman, and has been including oh. some issues in with my regular order, which is Where nice. Does he of get him. off? It's nice of him, but I'm I'm not inclined to correct him because ever since the cribbing off Action Comics issue, I've been curious to see what former CIA man, all around Family Guy and comics genius Mr. King has been up to. And he's talking about the uh, issue with Diana when they were in the uh, the Horde deal. That was a kind right. of a ripoff of Action Comics. Thanks to the efforts of the GFC, beep boom. I've also become much more aware of his Twitter presence and the fact that he's managed to inspire an almost cult like following on the platform is interesting too, particularly because some of his more ardent disciples seem to be purveyors of third-rate post-structuralist criticism. It took me a long time to say that. I, I ran a uh, purveyors of so third-rate post-structuralist criticism. And what he is doing here, Eric, is poking fun at a guy that was yelling about to me and Brandon and trying to use a lot of big words oh, uh, to confuse big me. Big words, gotcha. And they do confuse me. But <laughs> this guy mentioned like, I think that you have to realize that when you talk about the films of Angrokov and Chop of that, I said to him, are you, are you talking about the third line of the Detroit Red Wings? I don't know what's going on. I'm a dummy. <laughs> Which, as someone who has flirted with purveying some third-rate post-structuralist criticism in the past, irritates and amuses me more or less equally. One of the more famous post-structuralist critics is Michael Fosal. Fosal. I, I, who will theorize, amongst other things, that professions with the authority to speak some kind of truth about other people, particularly medical professionals, e- economics, or economists, and polit- politicians – I'm having problems here – have developed a specialized language who's uh, deliberately designed to prevent people outside of those groups from understanding what's being talked about. That's what's going on there, which is true and also kind of ironic because that's exactly what the vast majority of his followers tend to do when discussing or writing about their favorite cultural construct. That would be film books tv shows or comics to you and to me uh-huh. and yeah that that's the thing is you're gonna t- you're gonna argue with me about 
a book that I say is pretentious and then triple the pretentiousness with what you're talking about, you're not proving a point to me. Uh, and that's what he did. We ended up – that's when we ended up talking about Mr. Miracle and then all hell broke loose. This literally is the emperor's new clothes stuff. Opinions are justified in a flurry of long-winded verbiage, self-referencing and largely packed with made-up words and that are unnecessarily and often uh, refer to the cloth otherwise threadbare arguments with grand-sounding but largely empty ideas. You can't call this stuff pretentious because to do so would be fundamentally unserious and reveal both your lack of thoughtfulness and your overly sentimental attachment to outmoded ideas, Eric. Like, I don't know, telling it, you have no idea what's going on, dude. I, I, well, I, I really don't. I'm just kind of looking around. I, do I, I not say, speak I'm, the uh, language? Jer- Jer- no, Jeremy's he's right with what happened. But yeah, Jeremy, you have lost Eric completely. Like, I don't know telling a story that makes sense or portraying characters in an enjoyable, consistent way. You know things that make reading comic books actually fun and worthwhile. Things that have worked pretty well for the last 70 years or so. And this whole thing was, me and this guy were arguing about Batman. And, you know, the idea that Tom King leaves plot holes. He doesn't see that. He doesn't see this as a story that even needs story. I'm a he blind man there for see. this. He says that. And then it got to Mr. Miracle. And when I just asked him, like, what is this really about? You tell me what Mr. Miracle is about. Because he really didn't have anything to say because nobody really knows. And that's not everybody's fault either. It's not anybody's fault if they don't know what's going on. Hopefully by issue 12 we will. But don't give me your, you know, you got to realize that esoterically this is a, a conundrum of juxtaposition that yeah, it's just words. And I'm sitting uh, there and I thought that if, if there was a way that Twitter could have slapped him in the face, it would have because he, he just – this stuff does not make you – because you know these words does not make you smarter when you don't know how to use them or, or have a regular conversation. So and uh, again, this was the guy on Twitter. Jim's Twitter conversation with Dan. I can't remember the guy's where he's from. Is typical of the kind of thing I'm talking about. But then, as I mentioned on the Slack chat a couple of days ago, the two of you want very different things. You, Jim, want an enjoyable story that is set in a broadly consistent shared universe that has a sense of its own history and is people with consistently portrayed characters. Dan wants to feel clever. With Tom King's writing, those two uh, appear to be becoming ever more mutually exclusive. Oh well. For the record, I'd rather be Jim than Dan. Feeling clever is nice, but it's not at all it's cracked up to be. I'm reading poorly told stories while having to fool yourself into thinking they're actually reading something groundbreaking or radically fresh. It is incredibly profound. Eventually becomes bad for the soul. Uh, the soul. That much self-deception eventually has consequences. Thanks again for everything you guys do. You put a hell of a lot of time and effort in, and it is very much appreciated. I don't think you quite understand how much a part of my daily routine the podcast is. I do understand that, Jeremy, you you can you know a lot more than I do. That's what I understand well. and how often I find myself laughing like a deranged man as I make my way to and from work on that bloody bypass. And he says all the best. Uh-huh. And yes, thank you, Jeremy. I, I understand. Thank you, Jeremy. He's right. And this is the thing is when these things are going down. And uh, now that he wrote that, I'm like, oh, where, Jeremy, you got to jump in with me. You got to come in. You got to bail me out of these conversations because I don't know. I just go back to listen. I'm a dummy. And I likes what I likes, and this is just something I don't like, but you're not going to fool me into it by trying to confuse me so that I bail and then just say, oh, I guess I like it just so that I don't look dumb. I don't mind looking dumb. That's why we have the podcast and the site. It has been our goal since day one, uh, and we succeed every single moment of it. I don't think enough people in this world just know how exactly dumb I am 
we got to do yeah. something about that. Yes, yes, uh, that is true. And it is the fact that I did say, Eric, we need to have a podcast. I begged Eric for a year and a half. Uh, and luckily, actually, Eric's reason to not have a podcast was not the reason why we ever, you know, did things or had people listen. But I do say that the time uh, that we didn't have it was well spent kind of yeah. learning what was going on. We may have come off as, as idiots, but uh, basically the whole argument at first was people will not like us. If we have a podcast, they will now realize that we're awful people. And I said, <laughs> well, you know, you could go on. It's funny, too, because uh, just a, a little weird science history or whatever. Uh, if you go back and listen, even to this day, we, me and Eric have never, ever had like this talk of like, okay, we're going to talk about this or not about that or whatever. But when we started the podcast, we never even before we started recording said like, <laughs> okay, I'll talk. I'll do most of the talking. You kind of jump in. I'll do – There was the, I, we started it up and it just it went and uh, yeah. it's very odd. It's really odd that we never really said like, hey, Eric, I'll do the mail and I'll do like some of the main stuff and then you you know no. it just ended up that way and in fact the first couple episodes i think that you really shined there you you could show it showed that you were ready you were more ready for this game than i was but you know eventually i caught up to i, 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 I caught don't up remember those episodes yeah you talked a lot more than me and i just kind of sat there and and as ben that we work with said talked in a very monotone voice and and didn't have any emotion or passion eric so there everybody can blame ben at work, because then I got mad. Passion. I said to shut down the studio. Then Reggie threw shade at us, and then I really wanted to shut down the studio. Then my wife got in a fight with Reggie on Twitter. Then I really wanted to shut down the studio. <laughs> oh, we, we kept going. Uh, and thanks, Jeremy. And uh, please Thank don't you, think that we were making fun of you. You are a smart fella, and we aren't. So uh, Ian is next, and Ian's uh, subject line is, hey. Eric, hey. hey. Hey's for her horses, Eric. Hey uh. is for horses. Hello, Jim and Eric. Been a while since I wrote to the podcast, but I've been listening to your shows nonetheless and wanted to hear your thoughts on a few questions and comments I have on your Yo. shows. Here we go. Eric. I was born in 1985, and I'm a bit of a man-child myself. Being in my 30s, I still collect figures, especially ones from my childhood. Teenage uh, Mutant Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joes, and Transformers were some of my favorites. The Boys Toys podcast kind of grew on me. (laughs) Do you – now, (laughs) does that – right there, I just said that sentence. Are you angry right now, or are you happy? No, no, I'm kind of dead inside. I'm happy. I'm telling you. you If if he goes on and says, you know what, Jim, your other review podcast grew on me, that would it, it'll upset me for three weeks. I will be a wreck. I will be sitting there thinking, why it wasn't good at first? Why did it grow on you? What was wrong? Oh, it would drive me insane. I'm t- people say like, hey, I listened to your podcast. It was pretty good. I'm done, man. I'm done for two weeks sitting there, fucking, you know, sitting to you yelling and screaming. And what are we going to, we're going to have to change things. Remember that basically tapping that earphone and walking away. The Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You bastard. It's true, though. People would write in, uh, especially at the beginning. They're like, you know what? I don't like this part. And I one mail and I would change the entire format of the podcast entire format uh but he says the boys toys kind of grew on me being informative and all i might be wrong on this but i heard you might be a fan of he-man my first introduction to he-man was space he-man what are your thoughts on new adventures of he-man toy line any chance of doing an episode on it 
there might be a chance. Actually, I think the first thing of the Master Universe I would do is the 2002 toy line, but the the new Adventures of He-Man is something that I hated as a kid. It came out, and by the time it actually came out, I was kind of over He-Man and onto other things, but the figures are garbage. The anime style of the like the look of the he- it just it was so different than anything that we had before that it's it was not enjoyable. Man. It was never anything that I could even gravitate towards. And even as an adult, like last year, I think I tried to start watching some, and it was just bad to watch. Really? I couldn't do it. I will tell you right now. Uh, that out of, uh, you know, I like Ian. I, I was going to hit the crickets there, but Ian wanted, Ian wanted I to was know waiting the answer. The entire no, time. no, no. Ian wants the answer, so I, I didn't hit them. But there you go. Uh, you are all excited for that space He-Man is what I got out of that because I was not paying attention. Unfortunately uh, for me. The new adventures of He-Man. The, I know. The space He-Man. New adventures and of He-Man. And a laser sword and a ponytail. Did it? He-Man did? Yeah. A laser sword? A, a laser sword? Yeah, that's nonsense. And well, I'm saying, it, wasn't, it wasn't exactly a laser sword, but it was the way the figure had it. But it was not He-Man is what it was. Did he have my least favorite? The ponytail with receding hairline was at least that. No, he didn't have that. Thankfully, <laughs> uh, Man, He-Man's getting a little what, old. Any chance of doing a, a, a episode yeah. on that? I'm sorry, there's a chance of anything going down. There's still a lot of toys out there to do. I just don't have any for it at the moment. Isn't the real question of where the hell that cellar dweller got to? Isn't that what's on everybody's mind? Uh, he goes on, Jim, I've been reading, you don't have an answer, so you can't, you haven't <laughs> talked to him I'm trying to find where I can hit the crickets. Uh, Jim, I've been reading a lot more manga than comics lately, but some of your solo reviews on the other comics podcast got me into comics I didn't think I would like. I picked up Punk's Not Dead, which I really liked, and Hit Girl, which Eric, I loved. I loved it, based on your suggestion. During your Usagi Yojimbo review, you also mentioned you picked up Blade of the Immortal a few years back, and I think it's more than a few. It was a long time ago, but what did you think of it? I enjoy manga from time to time, but Blade of the Immortal is definitely up there as one of my favorite books, and I really liked it. I actually really, really was into that for a while, and it's funny that when Eric Shea would go on and say he had read comics most of his life, and when we would talk about things, I always would tell people that I really didn't read anything until the new 52. Yeah. I forgot about all this manga that I did actually read. You got on the manga trade the in the early 2000s? Yeah, because I was, I was watching a lot of anime. So I ended up, yeah, around there is when I was picking it up. And for some reason, completely forgot about it until I started talking well, about Usagi Yojimbo. That's manga. I know it is, but it's still, I never mentioned <laughs> I it because uh, it was like one of those things that I didn't block it out. I just kind of forgot. And uh, I would get that, and I did get a trade of Usagi Yojimbo. I got what I told you, the book Bone. I was yeah. into at one point and uh, then just stopped. I ended up just stopping that and watching anime. Like it was like one day I was just like, yeah, I'm done with that. I'm like, a, I was like a Reading freaking for Forrest jerks. Gump. I'm going to no, watch something. Forrest Gump running. I just uh, decided to stop at one point. Yeah, I'm going to go home now. And I went home. I stopped. I'm going to stop running now. And that's what I did. Uh, but yeah, I, I did like Blade of the Immortal. That was my favorite manga that I had read. I always enjoy listening to your shows. Thanks, guys. Cheers. And that is Ian. And Thank we're going to go on. Thanks, Ian. We're going to go on to Brandon's mail. And Brandon's uh, subject line, March Madness and Milkshakes. Eric, sup, fellas? I'll start this email yeah. off with some fast food talk. Shamrock mm. Shake at McDonald's, yay or nay, Eric? Shamrock Shake. Nay. I like it. I, I'm not as big as I was at one point when I work with my buddies uh, Pete and Jay. The minute that we found out that they had the Shamrock Shake, we'd run over and get one. That was kind of a thing each year. Uh, and then since then, I, I've kind of grown away from that. Though I do like the flavor. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm not in general. I'm not really big on the McDonald's shakes anyway. I'm all in 
on this bad boy, but I know it's a lot of people's hate list. It's not a hate list. I just it's there. It's, Based it's on actually the something I, I don't care for. I don't care for the flavor, and it's yeah. like you know. I think I've had it three times since it was introduced, and I'm just well, like. I want a vanilla milkshake. That's what I want. Yeah. Uh, when I used to go to McDonald's, I I always think that they don't have really great shakes. Now they're a little fancy for me. Oh, yeah. You, you go yeah. in and they're in these fancy cups with their little you know whipped cream on top. How the fuck am I like, supposed to get that cherry? What the hell is going on here? Uh, but yeah, I I haven't bought a milkshake in a while from McDonald's. So, but now that you talk about it, I may go after this to get a shamrock shake. Yeah. I've had to settle on McDonald's coffee in the mornings at times when I don't have enough time to hit up my usual spot the shamrock shake advertisement banner taunts me at 6 30 in the morning waiting uh making me want uh, to start my day like a fat pig or you know like eric uh i uh i hate mcdonald's coffee i would never go there for coffee plus it's it's kind of out of the way and stuff like that. i don't know if i've ever had mcdonald's coffee i don't like it i'm not a big fan actually uh taco bell nacho fries yeah your nail knows there I've had one, like I, I took it off of just Jessica. one fry. It was okay, or one fry, just one okay. fry. I had and, some uh, last night. <laughs> that's the thing is, I'd rather have everything else there but that. But it wasn't bad, is what it is. I'm like, it's not something I'm interested in. It wasn't bad from what I had. It could be good, but I want other things that I know so I'm going to like. Everything on the menu you'd rather have before the Taco Bell nacho fries. Well, Every everything single on, thing on the everything menu. Everything on huh? the menu that I always oh. get. You know, yeah, everything. I actually, uh, me and Logan last night after we got done recording, we went and got the fries box, the $5 fries box, and I liked it. I like the fries. They're good. And it's the only way now to get that box and get the, uh, the cheese sauce that we always right. like. So I, I kind of get it for that as well. Tried these while running errands the other day. Uh, that's his exercise, Eric, running errands. Not bad for a snack, but I recommend getting extra lava cheese for them. They're not too great on their own without that little extra. By the way, to make any car makers out there listening a very tiny cup holder for nacho cheese and the next round of cars wouldn't be frowned upon in my book. <laughs> I just like a tray. Today we ended up going to see a movie and then afterwards we went to a KFC that was close to because I had seen in the Slack chat that KFC had this, uh, you know, the double down, waffle, but double now down. with a waffle type of deal in the middle. And I went and they didn't have it. So I didn't really look into anything. I just saw the picture. And when we went there, we ended up getting it to go and we're eating. And Rafe decided, you know, I wasn't really paying attention, decides to make the dashboard his goddamn dinner table. And then I backed up and then when we went, shit went all over. And he had mashed potatoes and gravy and fucking oh, grease Christ. all over his pants. And uh, then uh, proceeded to move shit just by shoving it away and then took off his pants and sat in his underwear the rest of the way home. Uh, there's the story there. Yeah, fucking Eric. Wild West with the Moiners, isn't it? It is. It is. It really is. Uh, Chick-fil-A, he says. This is a throwback from when I've lived in Maryland since I haven't had it forever. But I do go spicy or regular chicken. Uh, but do you go spicy or regular chicken at Chick-fil-A? I roll with spicy every time despite the terror it rains in my innards. And I will tell you that the spicy chicken at Chick-fil-A is one of the spiciest goddamn fast food things you'll ever eat. Sometimes. It, it all depends because they do make it. And sometimes you get hit. You you take a bite, holy moly. It is hot. What I do is go both, Eric. I eat it regular and <laughs> spicy like a big fat cell. Eric, it's how I go. Fatty. But uh, I said earlier, one of the things that I do like 
is the milkshakes at Chick-fil-A. So, yeah, you always say that. I think yeah. I've only gotten a milkshake there, and uh, I don't think I've eaten there in the past 10 years, but the yeah. last thing I think I got was a regular chicken sandwich. Yeah, yeah I, I do like that. I don't really like a lot of spicy things, but I do like that spicy chicken sandwich. But boy, sometimes you, you eat it, and believe me, you're, you're yelling about six hours later uh, to the heavens. That's how I was you know, with the Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich years I'm ago. I'm telling you, this is so much more. It, it's unbelievable sometimes. But my idiot moment of the week revolves around this new position at work. I have to basically help people answer questions and assign the work throughout the day now. And as I said last week, he got a promotion. So yeah. congratulations, congratulations again. again. So I can't totally just put headphones on and zone out for nine hours a day anymore. So I go to Best Buy and get some new earbuds so I can kind of sneak one in at a time and be cordial to coworkers while getting my fill of nonsense, mostly you guys at the same time. So he's hearing nonsense while listening to nonsense. Eric. Anyway, these things were killing my ears, and I was on the verge of bringing them back when I realized I've had them in back for four goddamn days before I figured out what the hell is actually going on. So that's been the kind of week I had. Uh, I've had problems with earbuds, but it seems that those problems are gone. But I've had I had problems before where they would fall out all the time and things like that. It was nonsense. But yeah, he is having problems, Eric. His books, Brave and the Bold. I love to tell you I loved or hated this book, but frankly, I almost have no goddamn idea what is going on for the most part. I mean, I get there is a different realm involved, but there are so many names thrown out at me in this book. I just roll with it, keeping reading and hope that it makes sense by the end. Shout out to Andrew Belfast for throwing that wiki at me, giving me some background on the lore involved that did help and can be found nice. in the Slack chat if interested. Send it to me as well. I'm rolling yeah. with the Eric Shea tried and true three issue try on this one and hope for the best next issue. Superman, goddammit, for as beautiful as the John Boy Myers covers are and how great this book looks inside. Remember, I told you John Boy Myers is still yeah. doing covers. It's, it's equally as frustrating to read and understand. However, I have more fun than I should for a book that I can barely get what's up in, and I can't really explain why other than I guess I just love the zaniness done right here. If Danny's exactly, talking about fun. Bizarro Talk, if the DC was cool when they eventually come out with their app like Marvel, they should also attach a Bizarro Talk translator to it to help dumb He's like me out. Also, have a Zatanna translator as well. That'd be nice. Batman. And a part where the Etrigan stuff is just not rhymes, and he's actually just telling you what he wants to do. No, make them better rhymes. Make them rhyming and stealing. That's the funny thing is, for the most part, I like the backwards talk bizarro, and I love the rhyming and stealing Etrigan. Two of the three things you hate. I'm with you with Zatanna backwards talk, though. Uh, Batman. Welp, this book broke me this week, and I joined Jim. I was sicking uh, me like a trained dog on random people as I argued with clowns on the internet about it. <laughs> I was just out there by myself. I needed somebody to join in. I now Understand and as, and why. as far as I understand, it seems like Brandon's always sending you this stuff. So that I'm is true, too. You. Yeah, he does trigger me a lot. Jim is uh, – I can understand why Jim is so frustrated all the time as uh, – I what does he have? Uh, cameras in my bedroom, Eric? <laughs> as we watch well, this idiot – as we watch this idiot ramble on long enough to prove himself wrong, yet still not give up. Long story short, I have now made an appointment with the doctor for pills to calm my blood pressure down as a result. 60 <laughs> issues to go, fellow non-Batten Cat fans. Damage. Well, I reviewed the book, so not much more to add other than I liked it the best of the new heroes' books until Terrific shows me something besides cool characters and awesome. Silencer gets the hell rid of Jar Jar. I think there's more coming out except Jim Lee's, which we all know we'll never see. That's the Immortals, and I said that right away. Uh, yeah. They'll eventually move it to some other artist, and then we'll go from now, there. Now, is it Hopefully the Immortals Pop or Man. the Immortal Man? 
I don't even remember. I thought it was actually just called The Immortals. I, I don't okay. even remember now. But the longer they wait, the more I lose interest in trying the ones I was on the fence about to begin with. The only reason I can think they're stalling is they tie heavily into the metal finale, but I'm also fairly sure that's not the case at the same time. Ike Fellas, one of the many personalities of Dancing Mike, I mean Brandon. P.S. Actually, I'm definitely real because who would ever create a fake persona in Buffalo, New York? Seriously. That's true. I don't like to go that far up into Canada where Buffalo is, Eric. Uh, Marvel Minute is Weapon H number one, and he says everyone is really secretly hating him <laughs> is what his thing is. He, he definitely thinks that people are pay- – he's like one of those crazy people. He doesn't think the TV's talking to him. He thinks people are voting for things that he doesn't like, and I, actually, he's right, Eric. He's he is very definitely right. right. You got to keep quiet. That's the thing. You got to keep quiet. When Eric pretty much said that he would never talk – Talk about Dead Man, unless it's a Patreon spotlight. That guaranteed that it will always be a Patreon spotlight. That's what you God, get damn. when you open your mouth. But that is it for the mail. We're gonna. And go I know he off. voted for Dead Man, so that's why I'm going yeah, after so him. Yeah, so there now. you go. The hell with him. I voted Weapon H number one because it's a number one. I told you, I have one rule and I stick with it, and it's a number one. The number one rule. Number ones are for Jim, Eric. You don't know that phrase, but that is a phrase. I heard number uh, two. And we're gonna go off. Yeah, that that is well. No, number twos are for the world, Eric. Quite Quite frankly, the way I do them. Uh, but we're going to go off now to the Marvel Minute and hear about Weapon H number one. Yes, it's the saddest experience you ever know. Because one is the loneliest number. All right. Welcome, everybody. This is the Marvel Minute. I am Brandon, as always, joined by Trevitt. Uh, Trevitt, how we doing, man? Not bad, not bad at all. And I think everyone tried to play a prank on us this week by choosing Weapon H number one uh, <laughs> over Thanos, especially. And um, <laughs> what was the other one? It was up against number three. Uh, oh. I can't recall right now. So we'll move on. Uh, but yeah, Weapon H won uh, in what appears to have been a prank pulled by members of the Get Fresh crew. Uh, I was spearheaded. Yeah, Tales of Suspense. Yeah, so you guys chose uh, Weapon H over, you know, the backstory of Black Widow dying and uh, Thanos <laughs> fighting the future Silver Surfer. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's epic. Goes, yeah, I don't know what goes into the decision-making of this voting, of, uh, but, yeah. It led to Weapon H number one this week, uh, written by Greg Pak. Uh, our team of Corey Smith, Maury Howell, and Marcus Two, who's on some backup duties uh, for the backup story that Maury Hollowell also uh, contributes to. Um, Marvel Comics production obviously comes out this week. I think by the looks of the size of this book, I didn't look it up or, or fact check or anything, but probably a four ninety nine title. I'm not sure, though. I, don't quote me on that. I think it's up 35 pages. Yeah, it was long. It was so. a long book. Uh, so, so that's what gives me that intuition. But anyway, uh, the the title I have to this uh, <laughs> to this book here is "H is the Loneliest Letter." Um, and yes, <laughs> it did lead in. If you heard the the song, "One is the Loneliest Number," and I, I would have changed it and you know created a song on my own for that, but uh, I cannot sing. And it would be uh, worse than any rendition Reggie or Jim or, or Dancing Mike could put out. So uh, 
you know, poor <laughs> planning on my part because I didn't really read it to this morning to to get somebody to make a song for us. But that's what happened. That that's the connection there. Um. So yeah, th- this is coming out of the Weapon X book, basically. Uh, the the first I don't know. I would say what ten issues or so dealt with this whole. Weapon H fiasco and the efforts going down to create it and get the different blood of the different people they needed and, and this and yep. that. Maybe uh, more than 10. Yeah, Maybe I mean, I, I, I really <laughs> want to say at least two trades. It could have been a little more. Um, I, I don't even yeah. know what number the series is at now, but it's not really dealing with this anymore, and it's spitting out into its own book with Weapon H being the title character. Um so that's where this all comes from, if you're the least bit curious. But they do a, you know, a more than substantial job of, you know, connecting those dots for you and, and not really making it necessary to read all of that 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 it spun out of. Uh, so if you want to just pick this up, you can. And we start the events here in Butte or Butt. I don't know what it's called, Montana. Uh, that's a real place. Yeah, I, I remember <laughs> laughing at it when I was a kid and I heard it existed. So, uh, <laughs> Butte, Montana at 5 a.m. in the morning, our issue begins with the title character who, who goes by the name of Clay, uh, who is also Weapon H. Uh, he's a former soldier turned Weapon X facility patient after really kind of, you know, screwing people over he shouldn't have screwed over. Uh, he's on the run because that's what you do when Weapon X creates you. You you listen to them momentarily, and then you break out of that place, and you keep running, and you don't look back. Uh, Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. If if you're, um, I don't know, have you listened to any of that Wolverine Long Night podcast at all? Not yet. I put it in my queue, but I haven't listened to it yet. Yeah, that, that's kind of what's going down there a little bit, too, I think. I've only listened to two episodes, but that's that's the hints I kind of pull out of what I've gotten so far. Uh, and yeah, sh- shout out to that podcast. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, you're interested. It, it is worth the listen to. I've I've enjoyed the first two episodes. It's not corny or anything. It's kind of in the vein of a Superman radio play, but more modern and up to date. So, um, you know, it lacks that uh, Silver Age quality, but but it's fun at the same time. Anyway, back to Weapon H. Uh, he's standing just outside, uh, kind of, I don't know, like a Home Depot scene you'd see going down <laughs> in Florida with a group of characters looking for work for the day. Uh, you know, it, not trying to be racist, but uh, just from my daily observations when I've been to Florida, uh, just trying to keep himself out of trouble and, and get a that little That happens cash. up here, too. Yeah, does it? <laughs> not, yeah, not really it at the Home Depots in Buffalo. I haven't noticed that. I've been there a lot lately, but uh, nobody's willing to help me. I would have hired him. uh he's just trying to keep on keeping on and get a little cash to survive um ends up going through the day of construction work you know shoveling and whatnot uh the crew is dropped uh dropped off um by the person who hired him and, and he jumps out of the truck and they are quickly jumped by just a group of bandanaed faced thugs demanding the money that they've hardly earned throughout the day um this obviously does what? Go ahead. Sorry, I'm cutting you off. They look like skinheads, don't they? Yeah, yeah. And, but but they got like the colors of the bloods on, so I'm not really <laughs> yeah. sure what's going on here. Um, this obviously does not sit well with Clay. You know, he he's kind of put off all day talking to anybody and saying he doesn't understand any language they try to talk to him in, uh, but speaks English here and, and tries to stick up for everybody who's getting robbed and takes a baseball bat to the gut for his efforts. 
which obviously gets him angry enough to turn him into Weapon H, uh, and he ends up getting the final word as, as we flash to our our title page. Um, cuts the gun, cuts the dude's arm off, and you can just imagine what happened to the rest of the assholes trying to jump those dudes. <laughs> you know uh, what? His hand, his like when he turns into that Hulk Marine, like his hand and claws are so big to chop that gun, and like the whole forearm must have came right off. Yeah, I'm it sure. Did. Only it, it only took one claw to hit the gun, and then the rest of the claws like just went through the rest of his arm. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. just with one swipe. So. Because he does end up turning huge. Uh, he's got, like, I don't know if it's metal coming out of him or if those are bones protruding from him. It looks different depending on uh, what panel you're looking at sometimes. But uh, yeah. uh, 13 hours later, we flash to him ending up in Alaska from Montana. Uh, he's still kind of seeking some peace and quiet. He's just trying to stay on the down low, uh, hanging out by this stream, trying to cut off his fingertips and remove remain anonymous so nobody can track him down really but because of the combination of wolverine and hulk powers he has he just heals right up so that's not working uh despite his best efforts to keep from running into people uh he he ends up doing so anyway and obviously they're in various states of peril and non-peril um and he can't seem to stay alone for too long even in alaska so he runs first into this family, just kind of walking along the, this trail he's on, and he just goes walking up into the mountain. Uh, and then at, on his path up through the mountain, a little later on, comes into contact with this team of Roxon, um, scientific research in quotes uh, people, uh, <laughs> who are here to, I don't know, investigate so- something that went down in a previous mission, I guess, uh, that they can't really pinpoint. Uh, this the one girl feels like she's been here a couple times. Other people seem kind of newer, newer to the area. And when they land and start getting set up, they're like bunch of dummies. Uh, they go full hard R's and they forget all their food supplies. Um, <laughs> and then trying to get in contact with their helicopter can't. Uh, so they're really kind of screwed. Clay overhears all this nonsense going down and ends up killing a nearby deer, uh, gutting the thing and just leaving it at at the shelter, like this cabin they've set up uh, kind of out of nowhere. I had a thought that maybe like the, forgetting the food wasn't an accident because of what happens later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's all set up for this scumbag that's about to be revealed here shortly in the story. Um, but clay ends up helping him out anyway. Uh, the, the guys are kind of like hesitant to eat the food that's just left there strangely for them. So, so that also sets up what's about to happen a little further. Um, but the girl's like, yeah, fuck you guys. I'm about to chow into this venison and, and pig out. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so f- four hours later, Clay ends up down at this ranger station. So he puts in a call. Uh, let's, you know, the authorities know this Roxxon group is stranded at the top of the mountain. Uh, but as he hangs up the phone and kind of gives off uh, a last glance, he also senses something else is just off up there. So he goes back to check it out. Um, meanwhile, we peek in on the scientists in the story as they go off on their mission. Uh, the chick's all, you know, full belly. She's like, well, I might as well get some work done while we're waiting for the pickup. I don't think they they really need a full deer for three days. You know what I'm saying? Like, they thought they were going to starve no. to death. And they only had, like, uh, I don't know what they had, some granola bars and hard candy. Candy. <laughs> yeah. 
that would suck for three days, but I think you would make it. You're not dying, but uh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, th- that was a little off, but but you know, kind of a nitpicky thing. But um, they go off on the hunt, and they find this you know pile of bones that they were they were apparently looking for. So they start investigating. To celebrate, this is where it starts connecting all together and getting a little, <laughs> little crazy, kind of goofy, but uh, you know, all makes sense. Uh, this this scummy scientist of the three, he pulls out some beef jerky he was apparently hoarding, uh, and he's like, "Yeah, let's celebrate with some of this this good stuff." So so the chicks all pissed at him, and refuses to take part. But the other guy, you know, since he wouldn't eat the deer either, he's like, "All right, you know, toss me some of that." As he's chowing down on it and mentioning mentioning it's specifically great, you know that's always <laughs> the 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 setup for the next line of oh yeah, it's just human flesh. Um, <laughs> he's like, stop fucking with me, and he's like, oh, I'm not fucking with you. That's really human flesh. So uh, obviously he starts reacting because if if you've ever read a Marvel book and you take a bite of human flesh above the Canadian border, shit starts going wrong. And that bad shit means you're going to turn into a Wendingo. Um, so this dude, Wendingo's out. He's he's kind of like a mangy-looking Wendingo. I don't know. There's something. I read the letter uh, thing the author wrote in the back of the book, and, and he, he mentions about something being different about this Wendingo. So I think that has to do with the look. Um, but, yeah, he's huge. He's pissed. He, he's a little wolf man looking. Um and that's just when he starts attacking the scummy scientist. And we get our first reveal here that uh, he is Bishop from the aliens. <laughs> he, is an, he is an android. And this is exactly what he wanted to happen all along. Uh, so this is part of Roxanne's plan, too. They wanted this one dingo to come out. Um, so, yeah, the Ro- Roxanne being Roxanne, the scummy-ass company. Are they just, like, scientific research, or are they, like... What do they specifically do? They have their their hands in every scientific research, oil, like everything. They're like the Marvel Universe Google, but extra scummy. Kind of like that. (laughs) Um, So yeah, he he turns uh, the Wendingo after um, this thing's revealed to be a robot, then turns his attention to the uh, flesh, the real flesh, the chick scientist, and starts chasing her. Uh, that's when Weapon H pops into the picture, and the first thing he does is cut the damn head off the the android, who's who's uh, now of no service to anybody, and he starts <laughs> fighting with the Wendingo. Um, so we get a, a few panels of a fight scene, um, and yeah, he, he basically saves the girl's life, and, and we'll continue that next issue. But we get a interesting cliffhanger where, meanwhile, in Greenwich Village. Uh, New York, we got Doctor Strange in the Sanctum Sanctorum noticing, peeking in on the Alaskan wilderness that this fight is going down, so it grabs his attention, Um, and uh, possibly he's going to guest star our next issue, I would guess. Uh, Put put an end to this, probably stop that Wendigo curse from going any further. Um, He even says uh, Wendigo, but bigger and stronger, so... yeah. Yeah, so he knows it's a little fucked up and different. He needs to put a stop to that. Uh, and then we get a, a backup story, which mainly also revisits the Wendigo-Weapon H fight. Uh, you know, it doesn't really expand on it at all. It doesn't make any progress as far as that goes. It mainly just highlights Clay's, um, what's left of the family, 
that he left behind. Um, he's trying to just stay away from, so nothing bad happens to them. Uh, it's basically his wife trying to apply for benefits and running into all these bullshit government roadblocks because Clay's quote unquote, not really dead. So they don't have a death certificate. They won't pay her. Um, meanwhile, she does this, uh, kind of swiping of this paperwork thing while, while she goes to this office to get some answers and investigates it with a Google search. And it ends very Spider-Man esque with like a surprise look on her face after she hit that enter key. Um, and that's really all we really know about it. So she's digging into what's going on with her husband. Um, yeah, and that's how the issue ends. I, I'll be honest with you. I really expected I was being trolled and I would have hated this book from uh, start to, to end. I wasn't a huge fan of the story coming out of Weapon X to begin with. Uh, maybe it's like just the goodwill of the damage book I'm enjoying, right? Riding high on these type of stories. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I really, I did like it. Uh, I don't think it's for everybody. You got to be down for a little bit of ridiculousness and, and, and nonsense, but uh, it's just a fun, fun book. I wish it was $3.99. So if it's $4.99, that's another kind of hurdle. Uh, but I, I'm going to give it overall a borrow. I like the art enough. I like the story enough. I think I might definitely peek back for issue two. I I have a soft spot for Wendigo stories. Um, <laughs> I really kind of like them. I don't know. I know they always just end eventually, uh, but but they're fun. A lot of fighting when that when they happen and they pop up. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean X Men um, and Wendigo stories usually get me, and, and this is kind of like a amalgam X Men Hulk versus the Wendigo. So you can't hate it uh, if you know you're me and that's what you like. So I'm gonna stick with a borrow. I don't think it's definitely everyone go buy it and read it. But I, I think if you, you know, like the crazy comics and, and, you know, just some fun, this, this is a decent book uh, to find that stuff there for. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with a borrow. What about you? Um, I really liked it. I was surprised I had, this was like the comic that came out this week that I had the, the least amount of interest in. And I didn't really, maybe it's because my expectations were so low because, you know, the whole, the, um, the weapon X, Hulk crossover WMD thing. Yeah, it was okay, but it was went on too long. It, it went was on for boring. so long. Yeah, it, it I like probably between that crossover and everything, like a total of sixteen issues because I f forgot about the WMD yeah. stuff. Yeah, and after, like, yeah, it, it, it was like the beginning of Weapon X before it even started, but it yeah, was still that story. Yeah, yeah, that was all the setup. Then it happened, and it was like a bunch of issues of Weapon X and Totally Awesome Hulk, and then after that ended that's like two trades right there yep. and then it ended and they were still hunting him just weapon x was hunting him and i found that more interesting than i did the story that introduced him um and this was better than every every all of that and it's written by the same guy which i just find hilarious uh i like cory smith art he did i, I like him from x-men blue uh, um the clone conspiracy o omega issue and he did recently did spider-man annual uh i like the backup i love marcus too i like because this got explored a little in you know about his family in the in the wmd story or i think it was after actually when the doctor was hunting him and um and weapon x was hunting him and i like uh, i love the dario agar tie-in from roxon like he sees the hulk and he's like oh, i gotta figure out how to get me one of these you know what i mean yeah. and this is like this is a bad guy that we see a lot in Mighty Thor. 
um, because he's involved heavily. He's the Minotaur from Mighty Thor, and he runs Roxxon, and uh, he plays a big part in the War of the Realms because Malaketh lets him go all over the realms and fucking steal their resources. Like, he goes to, like, these far-off, like, fantasy worlds and steals oil like he's got his hands in everything why not have his hands and trying to get his own hulk marine and it was just like a nice tie-in that she ends up working for this company they take an interest in him so she just happens to have that database at her disposable at disposable disposal to like you know she runs that search on her computer and she's shocked because you know they're gathering information on him her husband's right there um but yeah, I really, really liked it. I, I liked it a lot. Um, but I'm going to give it a borrow uh, because, you know, I read it once. I, I'm sure if I read it a couple more times, I'll like it a little bit more. But I'm going to wait three issues. You know, I give it like the three issue rule. I have three issues. If all three issues are like decent enough, I'll start giving it buys. But right now, it, it's just a borrow. But I really did yeah. enjoy it. I had a good time. I think it. I think this would be a good like thing to end after a miniseries. Like, you know, solve yeah. the whole family thing and, and a few fun adventures versus random monsters and, and then kind of wrap it up and then have them be a, just a character that appears here and there. Um, but yeah, like, I, I, I really expected to hate it. I didn't hate it. Uh, like, like I said, it, it was... I had more fun reading this than like my first issue of Spectacular Spider-Man or anything like oh, that yeah. for, for some comparison sake for a more mainstream Marvel book. But um, this is a yeah, lot better. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna, it really was. We're going to wrap this up. Uh, so, yeah, check out Weapon H. If you neglected it, it wasn't really bad at all. It was rather good. So, uh, you know, you guys know where to find us. Um I will have the poll up on Monday for you. Uh, we, we got a better selection of books this week. It was a tough week last week. Uh, and I think we're going to throw a Miss Marvel uh, next time it appears up there for John Wayne. So shout out to you. Shout out to Canada for the Wendingos. We thank you, uh, Hassan and G-Man. Uh, but yeah, we're signing out here. Anything to add there? Uh, no, no, I'm good. All right, you guys know where to find us, and we'll be back next week. Peace out. I can't believe that it's Freaky Friday. It's Freaky Friday. I'm in Chris Brown's body. Jim rings the bell. This means Shay's reviews are going well. Jim rings the bell, Jim rings the bell, Eric Shea's reviews are all the bomb, Eric's the bomb, and if Shea's recaps are read without a single misstep, ring the bell. We are back to ring the bell with Reggie. Reggie's here. How you doing, Reggie? Uh, uh, Reggie couldn't make it tonight, fellas. You got Big Tony from Downey Island Tony. over here. You know, big I don't know what Tony's the fuck here. he's up to. Uh, something with the family? He's, but, uh, oh, he's doing something uh, with his family. I read all the DZ comics, so I'm ready to talk about you whatever you're going to talk about over there. Uh, will you have different scores than Reggie? Will you reveal that? Will there be different scores for the books here? Then what? Because Big Tony to me sounds like a guy who would have uh, uh, lower scores than maybe Reggie. Maybe he has well, a I'm different gonna you, sensibility. I'm gonna tell you like this, all right. 
I'm a kind of guy I doll like it is. You know, I'm talking yeah, about, you know, I don't, like I don't mince words. You know, Reggie likes to get a little fancy and maybe a little, uh, what do they call it, uh, esoteric over there with his I, he uh, is a fancy language fella. and whatever. He's talking about the old uh, marriage of, uh, you know, beautiful <laughs> pictures and words and whatever, all yes. that over there. I'm not into that. You know what I mean? What I want to know is, did the comic make me pop a boner? That's or what you care about. did it, you know, was there a lot of blood? Okay, so that's, it. Well, that's basically the factors that I'm going to score. I'm going to give you Reggie's score too, but I'm going to have my own uh, well, score on the we're, side. We're going to start with a, a book that I don't know which of those it will do because if it's the uh, pop the bar, I'll be worried about you, and I don't know that there's a lot of blood. So we're going to see how that is, and it is Aquaman. Give it to me. It's Aquaman number thirty-four, written by Dan Abnett, art by Gelly Jones and Michelle Madsen. You make me feel so young. You make me feel so spring as sprung. And every time I see you kneel, I'm such a happy king individual. Now that you're an ugly freak, you make them want to play hide and seek. I want to go and trounce the waves with my new power to make slaves. You make me feel so young. You make me feel there's a world to be won. Make me dung, put poisonous cells in their lungs. You make me feel so young. Boom. There you go. A little bit of Frankie for you. Classic Operani. I'm talking about. Uh, Classic indeed. Uh, This book to me wasn't classic. Uh, I think Uh it's a bunch of nonsense. And uh, pretty much I hated it because... Well, what uh, I want to ask you is, you know, this is an Aquaman book. Where the fuck where's is Aquaman? Aquaman? Well, that, that's number one. Number two where, is where, that where, where we, we is haven't Aquaman gotten shit. We haven't gotten anything uh, that progresses this story at all. And now we're going to stop at this point to give us a convoluted and diluted uh, backstory of Corn uh, Wrath. You that said we it's don't watered need. down? It is watered down. We don't need it. Uh, it oh, is more cool of guy. just basically uh, treading water again, if you want to keep with nice, the, nice. the uh, right. trend. But it, that's all it is. And I know that if Reggie was here, he he would tell me that he is a fan of Kelly Jones's art, and I would say that I agree. Uh, not on this book. This book. Well, uh, I don't know. This looks like what is this Elf Quest? Over it, there? It's it crazy. Like it's worse. You know the problem about? is, is like at the end. At the end, plus they, uh, plus they had uh, these other these other guys on there, Stephen Cedric, and then what's his name? The other guy was on. You know, you I can't don't know the other guy's name. So yes, which really looked different it's all and good. Feel, yeah, yeah. With this though, uh, basically any character that is in the shadows ends up to me looking like Swamp Thing. And yeah. uh, by the end, I would even say that I, I believe it was. Uh, the uh what's his name who ended up being a friend of Cornrath. Now I can't even remember the worst name ever. Uh Cadaver. Oh Cadaver. Cadaver. Cadaver ends up looking like so I mean basically to me, he ends up being sea thing because he's swamp thing of the sea. It's well, nonsense. Basically and they gotta give Gelly Jones his opportunity to draw a lumpy guy, you know. That's all he does. That's really and, all he can draw. Yes. That's his thing, and then they had to give him that chance. And there's there's obviously I mean, this is clearly a kind of departure from the usual narrative, a little bit of the yeah. old the horror story. You it know what I'm talking weird. about? They uh, end, yeah, uh, it is. You know, there's some, great col- there's some great coloring work to that end, I think. That's but okay. <laughs> the it's art, okay. I think, you know, after, you know, having some of the best art in, in, yeah. on the DC in line, DC, really, yes. uh, for many months now, this really is a strong departure from the line. And plus, 
Can we get this fucking revolution? You know, this story no, should have been told fucking yeah. five months ago. No, the Reggie, uh, Reggie, uh, Eric said, but when we looked at the solicits coming up, you, you go into June and July. It looks like they're announcing that the final battle may start then. And yeah, this is the it's problem. Unbelievable. It, it's it's ridiculous. And what's really ridiculous is it's almost as if Dan Abnett had a year's worth of stories written already, and then this went from twice a month to monthly, and he did not adjust them. And we're getting a twice a month. It's just I don't even understand. The thing it. is, you're, you're his, going his, nowhere. His, here's how I would have did it. You know, what I'm saying along the way, you know, you would have had an issue for Gorham Red. You would have had an issue with nah. Dolphin. You would have had a couple issues showing Aquaman as the, uh, what then do you boom. call it, the uh, underwater Batman the underwater, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, you would have done a little bit of like a day in the life and a ninth try. Yep. You could have built something to see what this, you know, uh, the society is like under the spot of Cormorant. We never see that. All we've ever seen is planning for this revolution. And then, the and then, yeah. And then with this, you have, you have Cornrath there who we get an idea that his dad was a piece of shit and beat him up. Uh, yeah. Then he talks about how Cadaver was his best friend as a kid and how much he loved them and how out much they promised. And then out of nowhere, but then out of nowhere says that he doesn't trust him now and he's weird. And so that kind of – the whole deal with that, but really all this is is I hear this Aquaman's alive. This is bullshit. I'm going to the silent school. Well, I'm, well, I'm even, upping the even ante. that aspect where we – like Cornrath finds out that the Aquaman and the Rebels have taken out the silent yeah. school. He's like, so the Aquaman is real, not a myth, not a phantom. And I'm saying, right there, that's fine. But then the next panel, Merc, you said you killed the old yeah, kid. Yeah, I Why did. are we now calling the <laughs> Aquaman – the old king, like how did how can yeah. you know, Corin Rath make this connection? Why up to this point it was believed that this Aquaman was just a phantom or a yeah, guy. Well, now I get the idea. Be, you know, now he realizes, you know, he is alive, and he's like, "What the fuck?" But you know, now they're saying that? this. I don't know. Just because you keep hearing about it, and he said that they actually got attacked, and with magic, I can only think that he's saying that if this magic was used, the only person who could be able to do it would be a, a former king of Atlanta. I don't know because it's nonsense. I, I, I gotta stand up with Eric on that one. It could have been Mera. You know what I mean? Whatever. Well, you know, she could also wield the magic. Anybody could have been Tommy. Thompson. It could have been anybody, his, but I'm been, telling you. his name on the Titans that they brought to break yeah. the ground of thorns in the first place? Garth. Right? That could have been him. Like uh, even though, yeah. like even when we have the you know Corn Wrath use the magic to see the Aquaman, and we see the you know the the long haired bearded yeah. Arthur that we've known, people have seen this and not made the connection. Yeah. Oh my God, this hey, is our old knows. king Arthur Curry. But yeah. somehow it's like now he just makes the connection completely, and it just seems out of nowhere that we um, just say, "Oh yeah, the yeah, Aquaman." You think that that's not? I, I mean, king. I'm telling you, this has so much nonsense in it that I, I don't even care about that nonsense. Because then we go. And you have him pretty much, you know, oh, Leah, that guy, he, he's an idiot and blah, blah, blah. And then he goes off and they're going to start like almost like there's a revolution going on that should be, you know, the main deal. Now we have other people like, you know what? Maybe we should have a coup here. A coup. Yeah. A coup? We, we already have that. Just stop coup, with coup, your nonsense coup. and get going with this because I yeah, need one, something one to happen. At a time, yeah, you know, and, and just do you know, it. Let's get one done and just get Just do one it. And with that, then it basically he starts talking about cadaver and they go to the silent school and basically go to the silent school and say, hey, by the way, uh, you were supposed to stop all this fucking nonsense and you didn't. I want the well. No, no, we can't do that. That's tainted magic. Fuck off. You're out. 
Cadaver, you're my best friend. You know, me and you, were we were going to rule the world together. Well, now we were. You're now the head of the school. Now let's walk down there and and summon this old uh, god nonsense thing to make myself all powerful, this demon. And you go down, it's like, almost like, hey, are you really sure you want to summon me? Yeah, I, I think I am. All right. Here you go. Oh, no. Cadaver. What happened? But that's even at the point where he's like, yeah, never never trusted that freak. What's going well, on? We just was, had this was, setup. It was so weird, though, when they opened up this big fort- like fortified door that supposedly is the thing that's keeping the well of magic at bay and stuff like yeah. that. And we opened the door, and we just see the shadowy outline of this creature yeah. that's inside. And at first – I really thought it was like the way we saw that Poseidon was drawn. That's what it looked like. That's what I like thought. Hey, if the big no, frog and things the big like that. Frog yeah. Thing, yeah. yeah. That's no, what I thought. Like, I, I thought know, it was. I thought it was what they turned Jed do in the weird science movie. It actually, might have been. Know, I, know, I didn't know what. Yeah. And, yeah. and with that, you have this. And yeah, I guess maybe they were like, okay, we're going to show this this deal with Cornrath, and we're going to show this dark magic. So that was why they got Kelly Jones, or. Maybe they got Kelly Jones and then Dan Abbott decided to write this specifically for him to, to kind of go the style, but it, it's out of nowhere. And now we have this demon where, you know, hey, let's shake on it there, cadaver. And then he goes into this swamp thing looking thing that's going to be fully subservient to Corn Rath, even though he already was. And was his best friend. It just nothing happens in this That's book. This is too. complete like, nonsense. Even that demon is like this when they when um, Corden Rath shakes Cadaver's hand and he becomes this goddamn horrified monster. Yeah. The demons are like, "See how your oldest friend at your mirror's touch becomes totally obedient, all yeah. willpower washed away." Like, why the hell does he have to become a goddamn That's, zombie I monster? I don't know. Because then he's like. Corin Rath, you are the best. <laughs> what is going on in this a, book? A number one. And through this whole thing, like Big Tony said, the only thing you get of Aquaman through this is mention of Aquaman, and that's it. Yeah, and we don't dream. get it. A little, yeah, and, and with that, dream in there. we have set here this whole – I mean we have been waiting and waiting for this whole – this is, seems like a year since it this Corin Rath nonsense. It's almost a year. I believe this kicked off in in May yeah, or June. Yeah, so we're almost of there. Last year. And, and then out of nowhere, we got to learn something. that, you know, Corin Rath's daddy was mean to him and was a fool because he believed that the people in the lower tiers should make Atlantis strong. And he was a yeah. fool for this. And he's not going to be a fool. He's not going to be now, weak like he was. Yeah, he's so going to show show him. It's, it's really a weak backstory. And then on top of that, you just say, hey, remember that character Cadaver? Oh, yeah, him and Corin Rath. Best friend. Yeah, and the, the best thing to me, the best, the, the, the jokiest part or like the part I left at the most was we had Cadaver and, and you know, he had that cool look kind of and yeah. he has a, he has that coral power. He has like mm. a domino type mask and yeah. it, it, what it basically, and so then you have the big moment. <laughs> I'm telling you, it made me laugh so much. The big moment was Corn Wrath. Take off that mask, cadaver. We don't need to hide anymore. I'm like, he was not hiding. That no. is a that's a Nightwing mask. I mean, that there is nothing hiding. Yeah, that's that really face. more of a style thing. That's you know, all it was. Like, and and you know what? He looked cooler with it. Hi- yeah. Hiding himself with this mask. You know, this guy with the pink eyes who has coral yeah. powers. And, and with that, knows who you no, are. No, that's what I was going to say it's throughout like this. At the post office during the day. You know, yeah, the well, here's the promise. Throughout this, every time he showed up, hey there, cadaver. We've seen people call him the name. There, there's no secret identity. His, He's not hiding. When he was a boy. Fucking nonsense. That's his name. It's nonsense. And yeah, you have that and just the whole idea of, 
you know, we're going to use this dark magic, which is what we would have expected anyway. There is nothing. Now, I will tell you two things that I did think, though, is that – and I, I am a Kelly Jones fan as well, not in this book. Not uh, here, no. I can tell – why Cornrest's dad didn't like him because I, he looks like I don't even know what he looks like. That one, he looks like uh, I, I don't know him, Mungle. He looks crazy when he drops that that stone. I'm like, look at that guy. Ew. Sorry, dear Papa. Like, what yeah. is going on? <laughs> look at him. He looks like Anatomy he looks like a little fluid in this one. Oh my goodness! Mean? Yeah, it is. Funny. I, looks like Igor. You you rang my father. And then he goes off, and then at another time, he's there with Cadaver. Looks even worse. This art is awful. This story does nothing. And this book is one that people were really high on. And I will tell you, a lot of times I think that people were really going gaga for the art. I mean, really. Stepan Sedgwick, when he's on it, was incredible. The other guy that you guys like a little more than me. But it's still, it's been one of the higher quality art books. You realize that when the art isn't so good, there is nothing going on here. There is nothing. And this issue is more of nothing than the usual nothing we get and it's almost infuriating except to me it was a quick read i got a couple chuckles yeah. uh with that mask thing and then they, they go down demons i'm like i don't know uh, what's going uh, on what's here. your takeaway from this issue well corin rath he wanted power he got that yeah power. i mean and it's almost like okay he used the school to do that crown of thorns which was nonsense that's gone so now he needs something else and now he's got demon powers all right let's go right. and now they're gonna have a zombie coup. monster maker they're powers. gonna have a coup with a rebellion with a civil war all tied up into one and it's just this book is doing where nothing. Merc is the wild card. Yeah, and yeah, Merc just walks off and That's like, oh, of, I better I investigate. You, you killed the old kid. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Bye. Why is he letting him walk off? He's just like, oh yeah, I better investigate this. Yeah, and as he walks up, Corn's wrath. I don't trust him. You know, far as far as I can throw him, we'll, we'll grab him and kill him or something. Do something here, and he just walks around and talks nonsense. But it's garbage. It, it really is. And uh, a lot of again, the, the whole entire run has had an issue with us. You know, the story not going forward enough. And I, I said to Eric when we were talking this week about this book, just the concept of hey, you know what? Nothing's really. I said we have not. Going forward since before the DCYOU and things like that, you still, I mean, even the halfway through the New 52, this is the same story. It just It really is the same end. goddamn story. It doesn't you know what end. I mean? Like, can I just see this guy fight a fucking supervillain? I just want him to get, I, I, I really, all we're wondering is when he defeats Cornrath, is Mara going to be queen now? Is this the problem? Is is we have Mara, Queen of Atlantis book going on the the six issue mini, and now we have to wait six issues for that to end so that she can come and be queen, so Aquaman can go off. And I mean, it's so, not. You know, this will happen in six more months. You yeah. know, we'll have a fucking Aquaman finally defeat Corn Rath, so Mara can take over when yeah, her book no, is finished. What, what will happen is then the book will shift, and you know what. We thought this was nonsense that we had a surf, a half surface dweller leading us. Now we have a rebellion. You get out of town, and then we'll start all. Watch. It'll start all over again. It, yeah, it's rinse repeat. Another fucking rebellion. You yeah, know? it's then like it'll oh be my a god. Cup whatever you know. It's nonsense. What, what did you give it there, Big Tony? Well, you know, uh, Reggie, he liked it a lot more than I did. I think he's a real big fan of uh, Gally Jones and Michelle Madsen. Yes, he you know, is. And, uh, I did like the coloring for what it was to make it look like horror. Kind of reminded me of uh, old horror comics, but the art was garbage. And really, 
out yeah. of place with the rest of the series. It really was. This story might have might have been in place, might have been something uh, about Cormrath's past, you know, five six months ago. But yeah. now was this we're, we're at the peak now. of the action. It's we don't need to hear. It was it. I don't just give a to shit. get. It was just to get cadaver back into the mix when then he becomes a son. I, I don't understand. What the hell's a damn difference? You know, just have him hire the fucking guy know. and that's all you gotta do. So, but, you know, for me personally, though, I got no erection. There's barely any blood. I don't see no, no blood. In the no blood. So no I'm giving blood. this book a 1 out of 10. Reggie <laughs> there gave it a 7.5 Reggie out of 10. gave it a 7.5. I'm giving it a 4 uh, because it's just – it's it's nonsense. And the art's not great, though. I do think that the colors are probably the best that uh, Michelle Madsen's done since uh, the work in Reservoir Dogs. Uh, that's the that's the actor in Reservoir Dogs, My, right, Eric? Michael Madsen. <laughs> I uh, very, but yeah, good, I, very good. I uh, I just didn't like it. Well, what about you, Eric? I give it four out of ten as well. Yeah, I really hated the bad. art in this issue, and everything that we had to try to progress Corn Wrath was really just forced in because so that's forced. what they needed. It was so forced. Yeah. That's all. It was so weird that the the reason Corn Wrath was there to me is because for some reason, I mean, Cadaver was just that Corn needed somebody to proclaim as the leader of the Silent School just so he could go down below to get the deal. That's yeah. all there was, and it's nonsense. But we're going to move on to the next book and the last one uh, of Big Tony's deal here because we're going to be talking about Harley Quinn number forty. Let us hear about it, Big That's Tony. That's right. Written by Frank Dieri, art by John Dims, more of that, Alex and Glare, and Jeremiah Zagipa. I'm gonna quin before I freeze. I'm gonna win when I make you bleed. I'm gonna save the doc when I side with Croc. I'm gonna quin, quin, quin before I freeze. Not gonna shrink, not gonna hide. I'm gonna fix all of Cody Island's rides. And by my style and grace, I'll just ignore Scarface. I'm gonna quin, quin, quin before I freeze. Yes. Uh, I know that Eric doesn't like this one as much. Uh, well, you don't like Frank Sinatra? Hey, no, just this book, uh, this issue. You got a problem with I all like blue it. eyes? Got I a actually have blue Eric? eyes. Hey. I have a problem with him. He's one of the greatest singers ever to touch the microphone. He was okay till about sixty-one, and then since he was he was mailing it in since then. I'm more of a Dean Martin fan. I'm sorry, I have to say. Uh, But no, with this uh, issue, I don't mind it. I actually like it more than Eric because it's kind of there was some jokes. I got some laughs. You had Frank Thierry introduce uh, making himself a real piece of shit, even though we found out that it wasn't him being the bad guy, but he's still kind of a piece of shit behind the I scenes. I did like that. You know, the self-deprecating, uh, you know, yeah, stuff about himself. You got to plays himself out to be a little bit of a, a, a joker. I had a good yeah, time with that. A little bit of a kind sexed of a up dude scene. there. But uh, uh, the, the one thing that I thought was a little odd, though, is that the story really lost a, a little direction here where you yeah. have Freeze doing his thing. You have Hugo Strings. Like, there is a lot. Uh, there's too much going on, though, at least – Unlike a lot of the times in this book in the past with Pamiani and Connor where they would just have one issue or two issues of one thing, then we'd go back. At least it's all in this issue. But because of that, to me, it really feels scattered throughout this. And we well, have fellas, really enjoyed it. I, I, I understand why I felt the exact same way, but I actually think this is the second to last of the okay. arc. Oh, I don't and care it, if it's – I'm not it saying feels, that it doesn't it end. It like the last one. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I saying – I was yeah. like, there's all these loose, there's all these loose things hanging, you know. They got all these weird, like 
down the coach and, and Frank Thierry, they're uptown yeah, yeah. and whatever. They got at that place and they got the Cody Islands a wreck. And what about all the supervillains running around? What about yeah, the penguin? Yeah. Yeah, I, not, I'm not saying that. More issue to and yeah, this. I'm not saying that I thought that they let. I'm just saying like you go from freeze, then off to Hugo Strange, then for some reason you got to go to Tweedledee and, like and try to find story. the dumb. Then there's, there's you keep the going all over. Freeze, and then yeah. there's the other one. Okay. Yeah, and then but with that, I do like the parts with Harley. I like when she comes back. Everybody's excited. I like Red Tool a lot. I think he has a couple good jokes, especially the the whole deal like, hey, Harley's back, and so is Red Tool. <laughs> I, I like that. I really I like that part. Tempo. I like the idea that you have Harley give the headbutt to Hugo Strange. Says like, listen, I, uh, you know, you can inject all the shit in me, however you want. I'm kind of immune to this stuff, which makes enough sense. Uh, but then like, you go off them for the little joke with Egg and with the with Eggman, and again, it's just you're all over the place with this. And then you go to the gang of Harleys. Then you go back to to Harley, who now is with Killer Croc, and it's just you don't really get to settle down with anything going on because you're just jumping all around. And some of the things I think were not as important as you know that they got the the timing for uh, the egg stuff. Just is there to me. As, as a joke, and it's okay. Uh, it doesn't go as far as I want it to be, the joke there. Uh, was that full mo, or a stop motion that they were doing there? It might have been. Just filming stuff. I don't know that. I wanted it to be stop motion and things like that. A little bit of egg fetish thing. You know, I get the impression that Frank Dieri came up with the story, had a list of things he wanted to get in there. That's what I think. And he wanted to get in before the end. Mark is concluding. He's got to jam them in real good. You know what I mean? He's got to film Egg Capone. Yeah, well, you know, with that, with that, who is filming it? Because that should be the film freak, and I don't know that that is. I know we saw him last issue, and yeah, Eggman is doing the actual, you know, direction, Egghead. and I, or Egghead, I mean, and I wish that, uh, I wish film freak was the one definitely filming, but you know, you don't really, get that much here and it's basically now, what in, you're in, getting in the last issue when harley quinn was fighting off with zaz did she just pass out like was there gas involved why would the uh dr dr hugo strange think that she should be i thought out they injected the her i thought they injected her with something right then as well I thought and that then was he just was gonna coach, again because hugo strange was his false face and coach yeah, I, th- I actually thought that uh, something had happened with her that she had been knocked out or she fell out of window. There was something crazy. Because I thought she, she was just fighting up. Victor Zaz in the in the Yankee Stadium. I, yeah, I, can't, I think I, she actually fainted away because of blood loss. Cause yeah, yes. maybe there was something I, going on. Yeah. It was just weird because when she's brought into the hospital and Hugo Strange there thinking that he's going to inject her with this dose that's going to make her completely subservient, he's like, "How can you be awake? Like, you know, and like, oh, uh, I, from years of exposure to various gases, I, I can overcome this stuff." I'm like. Well, what the hell does that have to do with where we were, though? I, I don't. Yeah, get I don't what know. I'd have to here. go look. Uh, but yeah. yeah, with that, you, and I don't know if they're saying like as he got her, he ended up in. I don't know, giving her. I she don't just know. has a strong constitution, you know. Well, what I mean? she gives she him a headbutt right in the face. Well. Yeah. And even and the beginning, it. the beginning explains because we had Frank Thierry who was giving, you know, ended up, and also I don't know, was this uh, also kind of alluding to the shit that was on the doll is he saying like maybe it's not just that she was knocked yeah. out but that doll stuff that, that doll had on drug too that she played yeah with that maybe he's saying stuff. like yeah. you're supposed to be kind of uh you know not acting like this because of that but she was able to i, fight it. I don't thought know. that was supposed to make her not act like herself well that's what i'm saying well not acting like herself might have been that she wouldn't have woken up and headbutted him she would have been like hey man what's going on let's do some bad shit i don't know uh but they, they did like allude to that again 
But uh, yeah, she ends up kind of getting away. Uh, Red Tool comes in and grabs her, and now this will lead to her not being and we, a, a jerk and, make, and joining up. The, I'm saying we the make people. a deal with a Scarface and the Van Truck yeah, to help. Yeah, get they're going to go in Coney Island from the Penguin. Yeah, and so as this goes on, you have the gang of Harleys that, you know, shoot a bazooka. They're ripping, and basically it leads to Harley showing up with Killer Croc, and Killer Croc basically saying, I want to burn everything down because they treated me like shit. Uh, And Harley goes, well, it's already burned down. How about we just get rid of the penguin together, and you can help me, and we'll we'll get this all done. Are the gang of Harleys for hire, which is weird for them just to say for hire now out of nowhere, because that was Harley for hire before. I don't know why it's a gang of Harleys for hire. I actually think that they were playing that Harley left them. They have nothing else to do, and that's why – they, they you talked know, about this a couple issues yeah, and ago. Yeah, Harvey Quinn start doing the same thing yeah. she did. They and Harvey, and I they, like Harvey there when he's like, nobody's gonna hire us. And no, I'm saying, did they want to kill freaking Eggfu Young though? Because why would you come in here to save your, you know, egg friend and shoot a bazooka right in the goddamn yeah, room? Yeah, no, that's what, <laughs> that's how they work. <laughs> I guess that's why even like I Harvey's like, you know, nobody's gonna do yoke. this. And they even say a bazooka. Like, what the hell is going on? But really, the gang of Harleys—they like to do bazooka first, ask questions yeah, later. You well, know, that's, that's what they do. Uh, but yeah, hey. yeah oh goodness gracious! You know what? If you're gonna do something like this, you're gonna have to break some shells first. But with that, uh, it's okay. This is basically a setup issue for the finale of the arc. That, yeah. uh, you know, you kind of get your things into place. You get Harley. Now, the the kind of the funny thing in the background of this to me is that you have this gang of Harleys for hire. They're a little over the top, which we saw with the bazooka, and they're not sh- – they, they don't know yet that Harley's back you know, for them. So right. I'm, I'm thinking that that's going to lead to some miscommunication and things like that. In the meanwhile, Coach is there with the real Frank Thierry who ended up getting captured because he was an oversexed guy in the Penguin Sex Club that Which we happens. saw before. So, yeah, it does. But really, I like the art as much as it always is. Uh, I it's John really Tim. don't like the art in this really, I always, It's the same as always, uh, that John Tim. No, no, he doesn't have a actually, nose actually, half John the time. John Tim hasn't, hasn't been on for a I'm while. I'm saying it's the standard John Tim's art. Uh, I like yeah. it. I always do. So, yeah. I don't mind it. But, uh, yeah, with that, it's just uh, – it's back to almost the, you know, standard issue Harley, uh, not the good Harley that we've gotten recently. I, I'm not as hyped for this issue as I was, though I, I mean, still I think it's okay. Uh, what did you give it, Big Tony? Well, There's you know, blood here. And you might there have There is a lot of blood. I did yeah. like that. And uh, there's definitely a little bit of TNA going on, you know, just like John Dims and uh, even more of that yes. knows how to do. Uh, you know, this one really, I, I, like I said, I feel like Frank Thierry had a bunch of loose ends and he saw himself at issue five of his six issue arc and he was like, oh, I better, uh, tie some of these up real quick over there, get Scarface yeah. positioned to do his thing. Uh, you know, I did think there were a lot of funny moments. I thought, I thought the scenes with Harley and especially Red Duel and, yeah, uh, I you know, uh, I really enjoyed uh, the best in this. a good yeah. amount of it. I, I know Reggie laughed at it and he, he appreciated the but... fact that he did tie up some loose ends. So he gave it an 8 out of 10, but I got to tell you, there's a scene in there, they show you Coney Island covered in snow and destroyed, looking like crap, nah. and cyclone ball ripped down. That really hurt my heart. That really broke me. I, I lived here in Coney Island for almost 50 years, and then to see that really uh, really disturbed me. So I'm giving this a 1 out of 10. 1 out of 10. That seems yeah. to be a trend. Uh, I'm going to give it – he gave it an 8. I'm, okay. I'm going to go s- – 
I'm going to go six. I actually do like John Tim's art, and I do like some of the humor, and I realize it's set up for the next deal, and we do set some things up, and I got a couple laughs, so I'm going to go a little more positive uh, than, say, an Eric Shea or a Big Tony, so I'm going to go six. What are you giving it, Eric? I'm giving a 5.5 out of 10. And Chris, well, I, I didn't really care. For, uh, cut oh, I'm sorry. A 5.5 out of 10. Oh, 5.5. And uh, I really didn't care for the arms. I'm you, half the times you see Harley, she doesn't have a goddamn nose or it's like smashed against her face and just looks weird. And a lot of these things from like, you know, the progression from last issue just seemed out of nowhere for like what's going on with Harley. And I, I could be wrong, but I thought the Harley, uh, the gang of Harleys was going to go up against Mr. Freeze and all of a sudden they're going after Eggie. It just. I could be wrong with this. That's just how I remembered it. But a lot of things just felt scattered in this issue and not up to par with what we've had recently. Yeah. Yeah. So that, you know, I got to say, I felt, I felt comforted by seeing John Dims back. I missed his artwork, but I think it really is. It really is a, you you, either got it, you like it or you don't. Yeah. I like uh, this art. I I think Eric ever really liked it on this. No, he he was never a big fan. You know what I mean? That's his his world. That is true. But we're going to go off now because we're done with our books here. And we're going to go off now to Reggie and Chris. Uh, oh, yeah? Unless Big Tony, unless you're doing it with Chris, but holiday, it's going to be Cave Carson now doesn't have a cybernetic eye. That he, like that. Interstellar eye Cave Carson oh, has God's now. Sake. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to go off to that right now. Once in every lifetime, comes a like this. To the Young Animals segment on the Weird Science DC Comics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we have for you one count them one book to read this week, as we have for the last few weeks. Yes. And uh, this week it is Cave Carson Has an Interstellar Eye, number one, written by John Rivera, art by Michael Avon Oming, Nick Filardi, and Paul Maybury, who does the backup. Uh, so now we're back to meet Cave Carson again. Uh, in a well-appointed and grandiose mansion, a golden butler robot scurries around anxiously. He looks sort of like the character from the video game Katamari Damacy. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the prince. Yeah, the, the, exactly. It kind of has like a uh, pill for a head or whatever, because it's like an oblong head. Uh, some guests are expected, and the butler robot wants everything ship-shaped. So he swings open, uh, swings open the door to receive his guests, and they come zooming in the Mighty Mole, like zooming, smashing into the uh, front lawn or whatever. <clears throat> destroying a statue, and it's Cave Carson, Chloe, and Dr. Mark Barstow. No uh, wild dog this time. If you mm. remember, this is uh, Dr. Mark Barstow was Cave Carson's mentor on in a, in our in his reality, and they picked up an alternate Mark Barstow from <laughs> another reality in the in the previous. You just got to read the previous volume for more information. He's the one who wrote like the 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 rocks are cool textbook or something, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, he he <laughs> he was. They had backups by Mark Barstow for a while, but this isn't that Mark Barstow. This is one from another dimension. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect sense. Yeah, you got to read that previous volume, and then uh, maybe you figure it out. Uh, Cave apologizes for smashing the statue. The butler bot says it's okay. The master changes the fountain every month. He uses his cybernetic eye to open a portal somewhere. He can park the mighty mole, which shows us that the 
Cybernetic Eye has that power now to open interdimensional uh, portals thanks to the pink shards. Again, a lot of this was covered in the last volume, so uh, you're going to have to check that out. Now, inside the mansion, Chloe gushes over getting to meet pop star and celebrity Star Adam. Now, this is an old friend of Caves that she didn't want to hear about when she was a teenager. Because, you know, she was a teenager. She didn't want to hear anything about no. uh, the old man's friends. And to be fair, the sign on her door did say no dads. So That is true. Very that clear. is true. <laughs> <laughs> now, we meet Star Adam, and he's a giant dude that looks kind of like Prince wearing a shimmering golden robe. Except, you know, we said he's giant. He is gigantic. We're talking like 30 feet tall here. Yeah. He's a big dude. Uh, and it also looks like he's not wearing anything under that robe. Though, yeah. In fairness, it's probably hard to find things in that size. That's probably true. And that's <laughs> Thank you to Michael Avon Oming. We don't actually have to find out. So, no, no, it's it's nicely shadowed. Yeah, man. Uh, now, since Cave last saw Star, he's been expanding. He's you know an actual star, you see, you know like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, Star right. Out of Space, Star, Star, <laughs> Star. Then it's time for supper. Yeah, it looks like for dinner it's uh, pink feathers on commemorative plates of Star Adam and his band. Uh, Star apologizes, says he gave up food in the 90s, and now meals for them have become largely conceptual. But uh, Chloe wolfs it down with, uh, you know, glee, so it must not be too bad. Star tells Chloe she's the spitting image of her mother, Mazra, and uh, also knows Dr. Mark Barstow, although that would be the other, the the universe we're in now. real version. version. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to to put such a thing. Yeah. Though this version did meet the star Adam of his universe, and he says that he and Cave have calculated their realities are like 87% similar. He says it's like we've seen different cuts of the same film, which I thought... That's a good way to put it. Makes for some interesting conversations. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Chloe lights up a weird-looking pipe and asks to to hear how Cave and Star met, and seems that Cave, Mazra, and Mark held a star Adam concert in the underground city of Muldrug back in the younger days. They called themselves... The Underground Underground. Very, very good. This is all has the tincture of the late 60s. Right? Yeah, for sure. But in theory, it really couldn't be, if you think about no. it, because <laughs> Chloe, you know, uh, you know, they would be 60, 70 years yeah, old. Chloe's anyway, not 50. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, this is the idea. It's, it's definitely taken from a late 60s look. Uh, they partake of some night pudding. That's the Muldrugan LSD they took, again, in the previous volume. And Star Adam has a bad trip. He freaks out and reveals that he's an actual star. Since then, Cave kept his secret and they've remained friends, but Cave wants to know why Star wants to see him now. You see, Star is dying. His body will continue to expand until he goes supernova. And he'd rather do this implosion out in space, and Cave is glad to help him out. Uh, Star has a spaceship for them to use, since he's way too big for the Mighty Mole. So they load him in and they take off. Chloe and Star have a heart-to-heart in the hold of the spaceship. He's hoping to take root and start over elsewhere, which uh, we guess is a thing that stars sure. can do. Right? Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> Suddenly, he is struck by a sharp pain. The trip is more taxing on him than it's, than it was expected. He sings his song, Chloe, which is where Chloe got her name, despite it actually being about Star Adam's dog. Uh, so Chloe was named after a dog. Uh, then he dies. Uh, elsewhere on the ship, Cave is crying, and Chloe comes over to console him. Cave's thinking about all the people he's lost through the years. and Bad, bad timing to think about that, because Chloe says she's sorry that Star Adam is gone. 
and Cave freaks out. He, he was supposed to, you know, know when Star Adam passed on. There's only a short time to eject him from the ship before he implodes right in their faces. So they do that, and this implosion causes all a kind of backdraft that sucks all the space junk around Earth into it. With some split-second timing, Cave opens a portal to Mighty Mole Garage with his cybernetic eye and essentially shoves everyone into it, uh, and uh, they escape, and they've survived. And it's cool because you see it's like a garage. You're right. Yeah. Like the mighty mall's there, and there's just like some oil on the ground and like tools around. Yeah, it. Nice wooden floor. It's like yeah. it's like the the uh, garage dimension that they've created. But when we leave the book, the Earth may not survive. It looks like uh, mm. the implosion is a little too close to the Earth. In the backup, which both of us actually read, or at least I read, you yes, like, you looked at it, I which is more it. than you usually do. Uh, <laughs> It was cool, and, and and they referenced it earlier in the book, uh, a podcast that apparently Chloe and Cave have. Well, that's how it, the last volume ended, too, because Cave was wondering what he's going to do. He's like, eh, maybe I'll start a podcast. Oh, so there you go. So th- this is it. They've started a podcast where they, essentially mm-hmm. he's talking about his Silver Age uh, adventures and elaborating on them. It's not like a, it's not like what we do on Cosmic Treadmill, just yeah. reading an old comic, but, you know, it's uh, it was cool. I'm not going to go deeply into it unless I feel like as we go along it becomes... Uh, you know, affecting yeah. the main story, but it it's cool to see. I liked it, and uh, yeah, I really don't have much more to say about that. The art was good on that too. Everything looked pretty good in this book to me. What do you think, Chris? I liked it, and and I'm actually flipping through it now. And I uh, when uh, when Star Adam gets ejected, he is wearing a rather sizable banana banana hammock. Oh so right, well that's he, good. <laughs> he, he wasn't going commando, which but I guess is a good thing. Probably has uh, a little bit of uh, shame there. That's nice. Yes. No, this was uh, this was a lot of fun. This uh, gave me a bit of a uh, a bit of hope for the imprint again. I really enjoyed this. Uh, it felt. It felt like it could have been um, Cave Carson number 13. It was yeah. a nice continuation from what we got. Uh, wasn't a dramatic shift art-wise or narrative-wise. It was just a, a fun romp. Uh, it, it was great to see uh, Michael yeah. Ivanoving and, oh, and Nick sure. Filardi back. I think, actually, uh, they even went a little harder on this issue than a lot of them. They, you know, I don't know whether they had more time or they wanted to make a bang, but Nick Filardi's colors especially were just oh, beautiful. popping out of there on some of these pages. Mm-hmm. And not just the psychedelic ones where it's always crazy, but even the regular pages. Just so, the standard. Yeah, it, it's looks a, it looks great. If you, you know, and I'll tell you, this is the kind of book, very stylized. Look at the preview pages if you're curious about it or flip through it at the store. You'll know at a glance if it's something that you want to look at, but yeah. uh, if it resonates with you, this stuff looks really good. It's uh I, just, I I like it a lot. Uh, I I liked it. I, I liked it upon first read, but upon other successive reads to do reviews and do this uh, segment, I liked it even better. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just a good time. This is just a cool little story. And and what I wrote in my review is it's a cool one-off story. But then I remembered uh, the last volume, <laughs> Chris, <laughs> and I said at least I hope it's a one-off story. If we're dealing yeah. with the ramifications of this one event for twelve more issues. I could see it dragging up. Yeah. yeah. But we don't know if that's going to happen. And I and I hope it doesn't. I hope it's more like the sequential adventures of, of Cave Carson and friends, you know, like. Sure. Maybe. Just reality hopping, picking up people, dropping people. So that, yeah, exactly. It'd be a lot of fun. Fight some aliens, you know, get a get a sick fungal sickness, whatever the hell it is. But uh, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I, I gave me, like you say, it gave me not just a lot of hope for the line, but a lot of hope for this book. Uh, going forward, that it's going to be a, a good time. I think that uh, John Rivera. Also, did you notice that it wasn't 
Uh, that this was happening in the last volume too. It wasn't John Rivera with Gerard Way anymore. Yeah, he, Gerard, uh, Gerard was booted. He is not. I mean, he's still the curator of the imprint on the uh, title page, but yeah. the first, at least I think the first six issues, right? It was at the, least the first six. The, yeah, the two of them, you know, but were were, were listed as co-writers. As yeah. co-writers, or it was like. Gerard Way's story, John Rivera's script, script, something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's not on this at all. So uh, that explains uh, why it came out. That's why we're reading it for one thing, <laughs> but also, but also, uh, you know, it, he's got a hundred percent hold on the on this character and what what he wants to do. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him do it, hopefully mm-hmm. on a regular basis. What do you think you'd give this if you were pressed to do so, Chris? Well, one one more bit about the art. Uh, okay. Folks, folks who know me know that I hate reading things digital. Yeah. Reading things digitally really takes me out of it, but these pages look phenomenal yeah, digital. Yeah, they really do. I mean, even on the screen they pop out, it's really, really nice. So uh, print, digital, whatever you want, th- this is good stuff. Um, I know what you gave it, and I would give it a similar score. Okay. I, uh, I, you gave it an 8. I'd give it an 8 as well. Um, it's a... Uh, it's it, it rises up from my average seven for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, we still have our reservations, which it's not fair to judge this based on reservations that may or may not come out. But uh, I hate giving this something higher than an eight uh, because it just seems I don't know. It seems kind of cheap to do that. Yeah, you know I've I've stuck my foot in it plenty of times doing it that way too. So uh, I know what you mean. You don't want to give it a nine or an eight, you know, an eight point. I I definitely felt like this when I did the score. That I was okay. Usually we vacillate a half a half a point, you know. Yeah, uh, for sure. And I went. I was more reserved instead of more positive. I did an eight out of ten. Also, uh, could have gone eight point five if, if I knew what the future and everything held for this book. But uh, you know, eight is a lovely score. That tells me that that's a buy. Whatever you want to call it, a buy. Five stars. What do you? What, <laughs> well, what are they, whatever the other podcasts do, you know, with, it's a not a void. It's a it's a thumbs up, you know. We're giving it the old nod and the wink, and uh, definitely, I mean, I'll say if you like Cape Carson before, I'd imagine you'll go right to this and you'll have no problem with it. It's uh, yeah. great for the fans. But if you avoided Cape Carson before, despite me despite me talking about the things that happened in the previous volume, I, I'd give it a shot. You know, you might like it. Uh, it's full of weird adventure. It's a very weird book, and. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's it's got action, good good stuff going on. So I left with a positive feeling, and now we all even have another book. We're coming back next week, Chris. Mm-hmm. We are. We are going to uh, we're wrapping up the the season two foursome here with uh, Mother Panic A.D. Number one. We've got Mother Panic zapped into the future Gotham from uh, Milk Wars, and uh, we're going to pick up her adventures next week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. That's also was a uh, linchpin of the previous uh, run mm-hmm. of uh, Young Animals, so can't wait to see what that holds, but I do have some more Young Animal news, Chris. Uh, hey! This is really almost comical why I even bother talking about it. Doom Patrol 11 is delayed another week. Now it's, no. it's going to be on 418. I mean, they should just bag it at this point. You know, really. I, it, what is, Put a bullet in it. Not, not, not only have we gone to the event that was supposed to spin out of it, now we're looking at the books that spin out of that event. I think it yeah, we're going to be in books. the second month of the spin out. Uh, we, 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 might, we might be in the fourth volume of uh, of Young Animal by this by the time this thing comes out. I mean, it's 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 really getting stupid. And I got to say, 
again, we don't really know what the delays are about. We, we speculate that it's Gerard Way because he's got so many things going on, and Nick Darrington, uh, the artist, looks uh, like he's looks doing like covers. Looks like he's keeping busy on, on other I, things. I did see him penciling what was definitely a Doom Patrol panel, a Crazy Jane panel on some, <laughs> some social media. Uh, so, could that possibly be this comic? It almost defies belief that yeah. he could be drawing the comic coming out in four weeks or less now, three weeks. <laughs> but it's coming out the same day as Super as Action Comics 1000. Oh, that'll be a great. That's a great day to be on the shelves for comics. I'm sure. Yes. You know, sheesh. <laughs> Everyone would be like, oh, I want to. I want to dole out nine to whatever thirty bucks for this, or right. Well, here, why don't I drop four or five bucks on this uh, Doom Patrol that is is now. Pointless. Uh, you know, if you're reading an animal, mm-hmm. you don't need it. You're done. You know what it's I mean? Done. We, we know what happened, it's... more or less. I I feel so disinterested in it. You know, like just just walk away at this point. Just yep, <laughs> done and dusted. And, you know, and and if anyone cares, the trade was pushed out another week also. But uh, <laughs> I figured that. I know. It's it's almost like I, I if this I'm gonna I'm gonna put this book right now. Uh, the young animal, the weird science, young animal segment is putting this book to unscheduled. Okay, yes. when it shows up, we'll review it. That's it. That's, I, I, that's I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Ridic- ridiculous, oh. Chris. I can't. <laughs> I can't anymore with this. It's it's so disappointing. But uh, it is. When was this? When was this book supposed to come out? November. <laughs> it was supposed to come out. In, we were supposed to get twelve issues. You know, we it actually. You know, Milk Wars. They they kind of like. Made it spin out of eleven. It was supposed to spin out of twelve. We were supposed to get the whole twelve, and then it was going to be December. And then I, I think Milk Wars actually did get pushed out at one point. Doing it, I might be wrong. Maybe, maybe it was always supposed to be February, whatever. But uh, it was going to make a lot more sense, right? You were going to be like only a month out from finishing Doom Patrol. Yep. But now it's it's a mess. It's a total mess. So and imagine if there were no delays, this book would have come out. August of last year. Oh yeah, oh, I didn't even think about that. No, you're right. You're right. If we if we go back to the original, you're 100 percent right. It would have come out August because it would have come out exactly one year around from uh, its September debut in 2015 or 16, I guess. Right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it, it, it's bad, folks. And you know, this is I'm going to get on a soapbox real briefly here, Chris. I saw a certain artist on Twitter. Last week, I'm not going to name names. It actually wasn't a young animal or DC artist, but it doesn't matter. Uh, say that he's glad that DC is giving extra time for artists to finish their stories. You know, this this got delayed. He mentioned this. He mentioned Doomsday Clock, uh, other things that I forgot. Because in 10 years, no one's going to care. This is the mantra we hear a lot, right, Chris? Like from yep. Brian Michael Bendis says this. A lot, a lot of creators say this. It's not just really one sure. person. Uh, and that intent, no one, no one cares now that that Watchmen was you know, that you know the old one from eighty five, eighty six. The the last four issues were delayed. I think the last issue came out almost a year after the one before it. It was really ridiculous. Yeah, like that. And Camelot three thousand was yeah. similar to that. There's, uh, there's Ronan, tons. I think, ran a little late. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's tons of them. And then when we really dig into the nineties, uh, you know, you'll see some real delays. Oh yeah, on. the age of growing roses. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, and then, but his thing was no one's gonna care in the collection later. And it's like, yeah, maybe that's true. But what about the people buying the comics week to week? Like they they care, and you're killing. The momentum and the appreciation. And the primary market. Whether these things go to trade at all, theoretically, sure. at least, 
quote unquote used to be based on that. I don't think that's true anymore, though, Chris. I don't think they. I don't either. I really no. don't think they they care at all. I think they have their uh, trade collection plans up front, and the single issues are just sort of now an afterthought. It used to be the other way around. Um, I'd almost like to show John Byrne that tweet. I really, uh, I mean, because really, like, isn't isn't part of this about professionalism? Maybe just a little bit. You would think so. You know what I mean? And if, right. And if you're gonna <laughs> and pride and, in and your if, job. If you're gonna play the monthly game, then you got to play it. You know, you got to play it to do it. You know, yeah. and this mm-hmm. idea that it doesn't matter really irritates. That's really me. really yeah, hurt, it's dumbfounded. Me the wrong yeah. <laughs> I mean, things happen. For example, you know what he mentioned, Mister Miracle, and that was a book where uh, the artist had a baby. There was there was a uh, Marvel thing recently where the artist had a baby too. And so they they pushed out a month. All right, not great. Okay, we, babies are planned, or we know when they're coming nine months in advance, right? So sure, sure. I know, I know. I'd probably get, but we'd we'd probably get fired from our jobs if we just decided not to work. Yeah, just it's around a, the time our babies this came. This month yeah. is not for me, but at least that's a, that's a thing where it's like, all right, we understand. And and for Mister Miracle, that's a trade in waiting already. I like to call that. Like that's that was never, you know, that the single issues on that are just for the. Uh, Collectors. Yeah. They, and that, I think what in issue four, I think he he cocked his head to the side a little bit, exactly. and then someone said, "Hey, so I was about the size of it, right?" Yeah, ten uh, out of ten. Well, he's he's got he's got to draw ten paddles and copy them over uh, throughout the issue, so it's a lot. <laughs> ten out anyway, of ten. Anyway, I'm not on Mr. Miracle too much. My point being, though, like that's a that is a series. It's its own contained mini series. Yeah, you, we would figure you want to keep that's the sure. creative team intact on that, but. Whatever, Batman, the young animal, get another writer, get another artist. You know what I mean? Like, let's treat this like you're making like periodicals. Anyway, yeah. I, you know, now I feel like every young animal I got to end with a uh, outburst. It's that's a, fine. It's this <laughs> damn Doom Patrol, Chris. It just irritates me. Uh, and you know, if it wasn't like one of my favorite ever comics properties, I probably would be eh, shrug it off. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if it was something that we didn't care about, or if it was something that we weren't invested in, then sure, do. I mean, when when Bug last year went, oh know, yeah, we didn't care. All wacky. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's Bug. Who cares? Yeah, it's well, gonna, it'll come out when it comes out, if it comes out. Yeah, what, it didn't really matter. Once we saw that as the All Red Brothers vanity project, we were like, well, they'll do it that's on their own time. Then I guess that's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> they'll just start a blog next year. That's there. We'll that's finish it them. there. But uh, anyway, I uh, I think we have uh, harassed the listenership enough on the matter here, Chris. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, but we did like Cave Carson, so uh, we did, we did, we did like Cave Carson. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I'll be honest, you know, even though we've been a little down on the other two books, I still feel good going forward. Like we'll see what happens, you know. Like uh, at least there's something coming. Especially if Gerard Way isn't like heavily in the mix, maybe we'll see monthly comics. That'd be nice. So, <laughs> I know, in this day and age. Uh, but I think that's all we got for him this week, Chris. Got anything else for him? No, I think that I think we're all talked out. Yep. Well, until next week, folks, I want you to keep it young and animalistic.
Welcome to the podcast. You know it's gonna be a long one. The winner is your winner. You know it's gonna be a strong one. If you're thinking of some nonsense, then it's time to phone it in. If you wanna share your problems, then you can tell them on the gym. You can bitch about your car, bitch a bitch about your job You can bitch about a hood, it can take it to slums You're right, baby You're calling in the website, CC You're right, baby And here we are with the Rant and Raves. I don't know if you realize this, Eric. This is the Rant and Raves section oh. of the podcast. Look out! Look out, Eric. You like dipping your fries in the ketchup, do you? We have a Rant and Rave line, Eric. You can call 641-715-3900 and our extension 452328, followed by the pound sign, Eric. It's just that easy, folks. It is just that easy, just like Wrong Turn says. Knock, knock. Who's there does this right? And I hit the wrong dude. Just like. <laughs> All right. We have two rant raves tonight. Just two. And I hope that people aren't getting turned off by it being later in the podcast. But I did say that if Dancing Mike has had enough, then it's over. He has not had enough yet, Eric. Oh. So it's not over. Uh, and that's a good thing. And we're going to start out, though, with a very confused person. I'm not sure if they realize what this rant rave line really is for. I don't know though, if I am. If, I, if you I'm ask sure me. Either. I don't know either. There's no rules or regulations to it. Uh, but usually, me calling. this is a return caller as well, Eric. You'll see what it is. Hello, Kevin, Lisa, and Jerome. Lisa and Jerome? Weren't you Jerome, Jerome. before? Hey, Jerome! Hey, Lisa. How, how sexy is that voice? Does that voice sometimes when you're laying in bed, do you hear that voice? Hey, Eric! Do you I'm not saying I don't get a twinge. Okay, thank you. And hi to everyone in Dark Circle Country. It's your Bob boy Mikey. Cheek. Of course. I don't know what would the Dark Circle. What would be in Dark Circle Country instead of the beep boop bop? What would be the Dark Circle? Would you just like what? what? Circle the wagons? Would that be uh. good? I'm trying to go something with circle. You have completely ruined it with your what? What is that? What you got? What, what does what, what? Beep, beep or boop boop <laughs> have to do with Gift Rush Crew? <laughs> I don't know. Well, he said the dark circle something. He he had a name for kind of the dark circle version of the Get Fresh crew. I thought maybe what, what? you would have something clever. It's the <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's what you brought tonight to this podcast. Huh? Thank you, what, what? thank you for being yourself uh, uh, once again. Maybe maybe I should just say hi to Kevin because last episode almost turned into the Kevin podcast. I don't I've I've heard that a lot. Kevin sometimes does go a little bit overboard with, with his talk, Eric. Sometimes he talks like it, it, only he wants to be the person talking. He's the talker of the talkers, Eric. I don't think oh, there's yeah, yeah. anyone else out there who does so many crazy uh-huh. voices and is so creative and hilarious with the soundboard as you, Kevin. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. But, and it's also amazing that, you know, you kept it, 
under an hour back to under an hour with all that nonsense going on how dare you how dare you um, anyway so i, um, I not to keep this episode much longer i am going to get right to mighty crusaders number four um i'd say about an 8.5 maybe higher out of 10 really good art really good resolution of plots did not see eternos in this one so i'm wondering where yeah, he uh, went off to but page 18 the uh oh. dream demon and darkling confrontation the way that that was wow because i was wondering what darkling was doing last issue i guess <laughs> she was getting ready to just spring out of darkling the, who wasn't there was uh little shadows and yeah dream demon though that sounds like somebody like you you would like would that be a if a transformer was named dream demon what would he you. be what would he be eric a dream a demon okay. that was that, <laughs> thanks that was pretty awesome so <laughs> um yeah and the one thing so the broken shield can take out dino rex back at crusaders central although the watch. whole team had such trouble watch. in the first issue although there were leadership you know, snafus and, you know, that kind of whole plot development well, with, uh, with uh, yeah, the new really? shield being the team leader. But anyway, um, like I said, um, Mr. Justice shows up, but the one thing is the last page, it says, not the end, never the end, and I don't see a solicit for issue five, so I oh, hope no. they're not ending this one after four issues you like I think they did with the shield, so please don't do that. Trade. I love this comic, but anyway... I did see the ad in the back for Archie Super Teens versus Crusaders coming in June. We'll definitely check that out. Always yeah. love the Super Teens. Of course, I love the Crusaders. And uh, so anyway, yeah, you? so I am really enjoyed this issue. Great art, great story, good resolution, and just hoping, hoping, hoping they don't end it. So anyway, until next time, um, circle your wagons and there don't be afraid of the dark. Yes! See, that's what I was asking. What, that's what? all I needed. <laughs> well, what? Ah, <laughs> oh, see, I oh, I had to wait. Uh, Dancing Michael always, oh, not Dancing Mike. I, I, I but he, right. whoever that was, it always comes through uh, with the phrases, Eric, that you didn't. I really thought that you were going to come up. What would I think? Didn't we mention what we would call a we dark circle a podcast? I don't remember. I don't remember anymore. We we sit there at work and do that all the time and make our, ourselves laugh all the time. Though I will mention, too, again, which we said at work this week, we had like three things that might have been some of the you know best discussions we've ever had at work just yeah. for nobody. For nobody, Eric, including us, because I wasn't listening to you. I was just chuckling. But no, oh, we, we were, we were laughing it up. We were having a grand old time. But here is the next rant and rave, and it is by Dancing Mike. Hi, Jim. <laughs> Greetings, Eric. Hello. Mother. Come on. First of all, a big shout out to the Get Fresh crew. Whoop, whoop. whoop. And a very special whoop, whoop. shout out to the king of the Get Fresh crew, universally loved and respected. It is Richard Richardson. Richard king of the Get Fresh crew. here. Long may he reign. Okay, so I bought a lot of comics this week. I bought three DC comics, one DC and IDW comic. An IDW comic and a comic from Dark Circle. <laughs> so, um, let's Dark start. Circle. First of all, Synergy. I will not be reviewing the Mighty Crusaders number four from Dark Circle here because Dancy Mike has never talked about Dark Circle no. comics on this never. podcast. I did mention an Archie comic last week, but that was yes. a request from Dallas, and that was kind of... Did you know, uh, Eric, that coming up uh, this summer, they're going to have Archie meets Batman comic? Is, is that something that will know. tickle your fancy? Uh, because no. you don't listen to the comic uh, news podcast, news show, but yeah. uh, I knew that that would be something that you'd be interested in. I just wanted to tell you. I broke my rule there, but Dancing Mike will not discuss the Mighty Crusaders no. on this podcast ever. 
Um, IDW 30 Days of Night, number four. I'm not going to say a lot about this, although just, just to say that about this I issue. think Eric Shea would enjoy this comic. And uh, if you're planning on eating while reading your comics, read this one first or a long time afterwards because it's pretty gory. It is a gore fest, just like a horror movie. And it's uh, there were some twists and turns I did not expect at the end because at first I was like, how is this going to work? And yeah, it's... I'm enjoying uh, 30, 30 Days a Night, number four. So, And I've decided against trying to give number ratings and stuff just for my personal. I was like, do I like it? Yeah, do it. I, 30 Days a Night, art was good. Story was good. Enjoying it. Uh, we'll keep reading it, and nothing really pissed me off in it. So there you go. Nice. Batman the Brave and the Bold, number two. Beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous art by Liam Sharp. It did get a bit wordy near the end a bit, but still, I'm enjoying this one. I enjoyed the second issue better than the first issue. Nice. Uh, much like Game of Thrones or um, or Lord of the Rings or, you know, lots of different names you have to get um, acclimated yeah. to, and I was a bit more acclimated to them this issue, so it was a bit of an easier read because with the repetition you get more into them. The splash page showed Batman and, and Liam as being a good company man and keeping with the purple cape. Yeah, <laughs> Boy, there was a lot of purple like in that, that splash page. Yes, I didn't that's even notice, Batman, because that was designed by Brother Capullo, that purple costume. That purple you thought when Batman costume, was getting so. torn apart, though, by the demons? Anyway, oh, okay. um, yeah. Um, um, but no, I, otherwise, I did enjoy this issue. Beautiful I mean, art folk. story is going along well. Um, I, you know, like I said, a bit easier read than the first one, and I am enjoying it. And I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here. I saw some, uh, chat in the, in the Slack about Game of Thrones, and I have held the belief for a long time, and I'm sure other people hold this too, that George R.R. R. Martin is never, ever going to finish that sixth book, much oh, less. The funniest thing is uh, that was in the Slack chat, and I came over to you because you know I've only watched the show one uh, season. But I said, oh, yeah. ha, I'm talking to everybody about the Game of Thrones. And, you're like, oh, and I said, since the beginning, I, he's never writing another book. I've said this as well as everybody. It's not like I'm mumbo-jimbo there. Uh, I do agree. He's, he's That's the seventh. Killing. He is going to die before yeah. he finishes the season. He doesn't look in great shape. <laughs> Is what I would like to say. Uh, he looks like that old Cajun chef, that big fat looks guy. Looks like a with young Jim He actually looks like a a old Dom DeLuise at points, and that's not good. Six book. He's writing. He looks like a young Jim Warner is what he looks like. All kinds of other stuff, working on all kinds of other projects. He releases a chapter every now and then, but he's never going to release that one. He's going to die before he finishes the sixth book or the seventh, and he had been talking about an eighth book at, the, at one time, but. We're not ever going to see a six, so seven and seven and possibly eight or Before he does that, he better eat a salad, Eric. <sighs> Question. So, kind of a shame, but he's doing too. Nah, he doesn't want poison ivy controlling him. Yeah. Many other things, and he's going to kick the bucket long, long before he writes that sixth yeah. book, which is, like I said, a shame because I enjoy the books, but there you go. Um, so, uh, back to comics. Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, number five. I was down last issue. I was down on it, but... When I got to the second page, spoilers, people. When I got to the second page and I saw the venomed up Donatello, I was back in. Uh, yeah, not as much page, fun with that cool. as I would have liked, but um, very Donatello centric story, and I don't mind that at all. I've always uh, been a big fan of Donatello. Me as well. Um, good humor in this um, issue. They brought Nightwing into the mix, and a nice little nice. It's such a little thing, but I love the interaction between uh, Nightwing and uh, Leonardo, and. A lot of good humor, good plot in this book. The only thing, and 
I enjoyed this issue a lot more. Of course, the art is Freddie Williams. If you like that art, you're going to like I this because I, I liked it a lot. And um, the only thing is I'm wondering how they're going to wrap everything up in one more issue. But um, I am enjoying this uh, this one. Not as much as the first Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles team up, but Sequels still a good read. And I'm enjoying that. And we'll definitely, one more issue, going to finish out the series there. Yeah, I uh, I love that first series. Me and Brandon talked about a bunch of those and, and enjoyed it. And uh, I just never read any of the the second part. So I, I got to yeah. just wait and I'll probably read all six because I really, really without with my limited knowledge of the turtles, even I still really, really enjoyed it. So I'll probably read it. Let's see. Batman Sins the Father, number two. I have, again, never played the games, but enjoying this one. And, again, uh, slot spoilers. There's Black Spider is in this one. And uh, cool. Deadshot, who he's right on the cover, so that's no spoiler. I'm still right. planning on reviewing that book, Eric. I, I, I just, uh, as an aside, I said to you, I wasn't going to review it because I'm like, I never played the game. And then I thought, you know what? I kind of didn't play Arkham Knight or Injustice ever, and no. I reviewed those. So I, I, I will get to them eventually. And um, different art style, a different look of the characters, um, good art. The story is, like I said, a bit of an alternate history, and like I said, I've never played the game, so, but I'm enjoying it enough, and um, yeah, that's uh, that's Batman Sins of Father number two. I'm going to definitely keep with that cool. uh, series, enjoying it. Um, and like I said, it wasn't something I planned on picking up, but just gave it a chance and enjoying it enough to go. And of course, the big nice. plus in this one is Batman has a black bat symbol on his chest, uh, no outline, uh, no uh, the oval I'm good okay with, but um, no outline, just a black bat symbol, and his cape is all black. Imagine that. So anyway, um, yeah, that's Batman Sins of Father number two. I'm enjoying that a a lot. Uh, We'll definitely be keeping that one. And I got Batman number 43 uh, by Tom King. The art was very good in this. It was a comic book. It had a cover. It had pages. It had artwork. There were words. And two staples. Yes! Batman number 43. (laughs) And, um, yeah, so that's about all I've got for this week. You know what? Damn you, Mike. Because that, all that does is remind me that you can do that. That's what I wanted to do at the end of this podcast. I said there, yep, we're done, right? We're going to go home and we're done. And we weren't, but yes. Now, John Wayne asked me to describe why I don't like Scott Snyder. And Howdy, trail groom. I tried to, and I tried to keep it short, and I can't. I can't. And I, and I had to delete my first rant I tried to, so... <laughs> He isn't writing. <laughs> you know, you know what makes me laugh is that I think I remember seeing this where uh, John asked him that, or at one point I see this. Whole, you, you know, when you're in Slack and you see that dancing Mike is typing. I'm all right. Here we go. Uh, and then he was typing, and then all of a sudden he wasn't typing, and then he was typing again. I'm like, ooh, this is gonna be long, and I'm like, ooh, he didn't say everything that he was typing. Batman, he has never, he hasn't been writing Batman since I don't know, sometime around halfway through Court of the Owls. I loved Scott Snyder on Black Mirror. I liked Scott Snyder during Court of the Owls. Yeah, I, I, I bring this up a lot that that it is uh, more of. You know, recent and how Scott, well, he'll tell us, but I, I do try to tell some people this is not just a blind hate. Uh, he did like Scott Snyder for a bit, yeah. but. I voted him my favorite writer on the Batman side I used to follow. Two years, uh, 2010, 2011, my favorite writer. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I saw your reviews of some of those places. There, Mike. I, I read one to Eric one time. Do you remember when I read that to oh, you at, at work? Emma, it made me giggle. Can I explain in, in Slack a bit? What was the first one? Death of the Family, the first Joker story. I, yeah. He, it's, he's... I like yeah. that. There was That's no ending. That's fell off after that. And it, I'm it, sorry. It, it fell apart near the end. I know that I... I no, liked, I agree. Uh, Overall, I enjoyed it, though. But once we hit point, zero though, year, things yeah, fell apart for me. Up until that point where their faces seemed to be cut off, and then we oh, my goodness, me and you were all the flutter oh. at work, just <laughs> skipping around and going, and then how it played out. And, eh, kinda, you know kinda what? Failed. It was... The exact moment I fell off of Scott Snyder's, uh, like, you know, tip and never really got back on was during, I think, the, the beginning of Zero Year after I got done with the uh, the Red Hood stuff. Yeah. Once it moved on past that, I was kind of done. Yeah. With that, you have to remember, too, that I know Mike who will say all the time with me and him are best friends, me and Scott Snyder and how I love him so much. I gave up that book to Eric at one point yeah. because I had had enough as well uh, because I and, was kind of falling And because off of it. that, I had that infamous Batman number 44 review. Batman 44, which we'll mention, is now coming up to be Tom King's Batman number yeah. 44. We'll see how that goes. Like I've said before, there's a 70-plus year review. or 70-plus yeah. years, you know, cat and mouse game between Joker and Batman. Does do they does Joker know is it in? Is Joker not? No, he just he, Joker knows. And also, it's Joker is some guy that's not funny he's not zany he's not unpredictable he's just a guy who's really violent and gruesome and plans out really well thought out crimes and yeah and also he's um immortal i guess because the dionysian because the metal brother and then that wasn't true that was a lie uh, i could go on and on uh yeah they had batman in the new 52 all the supporting characters you have all that you have you know, there's Dick, there's Tim, there's uh, Damien, there's don't forget Jason. Uh, just so Everybody many. There's does. Jason. Uh, there there's go. even Alfred. No, don't use any of those. Send Alfred off. Get his hand cut off. Send him off, and don't, don't see him for a long time. You bring in hand, Julia. Man. You uh, bring in um. You know, and instead of you know, you need a a. a partner for Batman, you know, someone to back him up who's tech-savvy, and you could bring in... T- no, don't bring in Tim Drake, who's not being used to any great effect in the new 52 anymore. Here we go, Eric. Here we go. Wait, bring in Harper Rowe. <laughs> yes. Let's see. We need to make it progressive, so let's see. It's a girl. Surprised she Check. wasn't Latina or, or Inuit or something like that. Uh, that was for later she's, in the, the Justice League. Let's, let's give her a goofy blue haircut, because that's progressive. Give her... Give her a, One of the few with blue hair that did not have Gunnery, bunch of piercings yeah. in her face because that's yes. hip and new and all the kids are doing that uh, let's see oh wait she's got to be bisexual and she's really tech savvy because you don't have a part a sidekick who could do that already and let's oh wait we're not progressive enough uh th- gay brother throwing a gay brother okay now we got all the liberal tropes covered so there you go let's do that and then just shove her down everyone's throat all the time yeah it, it, it i i ate it up eric me too <laughs> i loved her so much Oh, one of my favorite characters of the new 52 until 
kind of near the end of uh, Batman and Robin Eternal. Batman yep. and Robin Eternal kind of uh, – that was I'm, – I'm telling you, Mike, she was there uh, a lot. I wanted more of her, and then when I did get a little too much in the Batman and Robin Eternal, which was there to try to explain things weird and saying that she was legitimately going to be a Robin and things like that, uh, then I I kind of had too much. But I loved her. I loved her at first. Uh, I, but then again, I kind of go with the flow with that sort of thing. That kind of is played up – it's like me loving maps in Gotham Academy or me, my new character. I already saw her is Lobo's da- daughter crush. I'm in. Yeah. Hey, I saw them. Like there's, there's my new character that I love. I, I don't is it know crush what it or is. Crash. I think it's crush or okay. crash. I, I don't know. But we'll, I we'll don't remember s- now. We'll see what, it, but uh, that sort of thing I love. I really do. And maybe it's because I'm an old man and then I see it. I think I'm hip, but I like it. He, there. So he maybe likes they, old men. Though. He's an me. old man who likes children. Yes, then that's not it. Oh. And just shove her in because, you know, everyone's going to love her because I'm, I'm Scott Snyder and that's my original character and you're going to respect it and like it. So that's that's your um, supporting cast right there. And just the fact that Batman is a cons- I, and again, I don't know. I've heard some tales of the new 52, and I've heard some reasons why things happen or whatnot. I don't know that they didn't say at some point, like, listen, Tim Drake's over in the Teen Titans, so you can't use him much. Nightwing, he has his own book and things. I don't know. I don't know what you were allowed to use and not use. Uh, maybe he had to. I know that some of these characters and some of the things that people had a lot, a big point of contention with at the beginning of the new 52 about it being dark, about changing up like say we said uh mr freeze's origin things like that i have heard from multiple writers what that told me that they were forced to do that stuff and they didn't want to and they actually a lot of people fought against that but that was the new 52 deal and they made them do it and that's why a lot of times like say that mr freeze deal that me and eric flipped out i mean that was one of the worst things that new mr freeze by scott snyder and the new 52 but that's why he explained is why that kind of ended up being pushed aside never to be seen again because he was not allowed to go back and change it then, uh, but he didn't want to use it because he realized this sucked and I didn't want to do it. So he really was behind Harper Rowe, but I don't know how much, you know, at first it was something that he wanted to do 100% or whatever, but I, I did like her. It could be only because it was something a little different. And I know, Mike, you're saying that that difference was forced on us and that difference was kind of a, uh, you know, played out deal that seemed to be going towards something else than just making a great character. But I liked it, but I know that it's like, I like. Emiko and I people or Damien is really a good one that some people just hate Damien but I, I really like him. He's just a dick. He hides everything from the Bat family. He doesn't tell them anything that's going on. He yeah. keeps secrets from them. Hell he gets fucking I mean it, it was you know I mean this is Batman it's and Robin Eternal stuff but it was kind of oversaw by Snyder and his, it his was. you know little mini me Tinian there uh, Tinian there. Um, so let's see he got Harper Rowe's daughter killed because he was looking for a better sidekick and working with Mother, who's an uber villain. So Batman's just working with villains, doing reprehensible stuff. He um, doesn't tell anyone to anything. He just treats everyone around him with no respect whatsoever. And, and 
this is Batman. And also, oh, I, I thought he was talking about me now. <laughs> <laughs> so Batman's supposed to be human. Yeah, and I hate this. I hate to say this because I, I actually yell at people when I say that I do like Scott Snyder or I don't like Tom King. It's not this or that. But really, this is the Batman we've been getting for years anyway, even in Rebirth, where you have well, – who is Batman talking to except Catwoman? I mean he has barely said anything to his son, really? uh, and we don't have another book where you get that. In the New 52, you had other books that people were doing other things with these characters and things like that. But I agree. Batman was a dick, uh, but he continues to be one. He's not yeah. talking to people. He's not telling anybody. He ended up – you know, Damien finds out that he's, his dad's getting married from a, a second-hand conversation, which makes him crime we still haven't seen batman really talk to him except coming out of kadeem and saying let's go get on the horse and then arguing how many hours it was going to take i mean that's the worst he hasn't seen damien damien's sitting outside in a fucking desert and they come out and, hey dad uh you getting married yeah but uh it's going to take us 12 hours with this horse no i figured 14 no 12 you stupid kid and that's all we got so this is just how they write batman anymore it's just everybody writes batman to be a dick and, and all i don't like is, it. you know respect you know the humanity but he's going to use this super tech to make clone versions of himself in the future to protect gotham rather than the the sidekicks he takes in and grooms and it's die. just uh, yeah you saw future and Tim. the metal brother happy. um yeah he he's the metal. and uh, yeah he's ruining it the scott snatter's ruining in the metal he's rewriting all the other heroes just uh, he rewrote mr uh, mr freeze wonderfully did <laughs> Here we go. i think I got you everyone can agree he did a bang-up job on I that one you, so that was, that he's was not writing batman characters he's yeah. writing characters he has i've always called it billy the detective which is his character he had yeah. it's billy the detective but hey i'm writing batman now so let's throw the batman clothes on billy the detective and i call him bitch ass billy because that's how much i respect respect i have for scott snyder's version of batman so Anyway, yeah, um, he writes other characters and puts the Batman clothing on them, puts the Joker's clothing on the character he has written that he's going to call the Joker. Um, he had a character for Mr. Freeze and made that one. And, yeah, and now he's remaking all the other characters. And even Eric Shea is agreeing with me that Batman is ruining Nth Metal. <laughs> and so, I'm sorry, Snyder is ruining Nth Metal. So, yeah, I'm not a big fan of Snyder. And I no. said a long time ago. I, I'm going to say, too, again, I keep interrupting, but... Uh, just the the little bit of sample size that we have uh, since the new 52. Is it something that maybe uh, the writers aren't ruining Batman, but Batman kind of ruins these writers that they think they have to do something different? Because I know, like you said, Dancing Mike, it was still Batman and Detective Comics and stuff like that that Scott Snow was writing. But to be the head of the main Batman book, I still think that that's kind of screwed with uh, Tom King. And yeah. I think that he – I also think that that over-the-top reception that he got from Vision, which I would think he never re really thought that was going to be – uh, really screwed them a bit as well, but maybe it's writing Batman and being the main book and the pressure uh, of that being you're the, the linchpin now of the entire company with that. Maybe that's what fucks with them as well, where they end up doing some wacky things and things like that, because what you're saying is true about what you're saying about Scott Snyder. Batman is just doing what he wants to do, whatever, but this is kind of the thing uh, in a roundabout way that I say that Tom King seems to be writing stories that if he ended up writing Flash, we would have gotten the same stories. He's just throwing Batman into those stories. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know if maybe it is the character. Maybe, like we said, the pressure 
of doing that main character that kind of does screw with them and then makes them have to write these stories that they think, like you said, a Harper Rowe, maybe it's one of those if he was writing, uh, you know, I, I don't know, what's a, a, my Blue Beetle, he wouldn't have the pressure of trying to do stuff like that and could just tell a story. I don't know, but it does seem like a lot of the arguments that you have with Scott Snyder, they kind of get thrown on Tom King as well. Uh, just where the character is because now you have a Batman who doesn't interact with the kids at all uh, unless they're eating a Bat Burger and they're there as what I think is a prop uh, and things like that. And we never get interactions with that. Yes, Alfred has been in a bit, but really all it is now is Selina and Bruce and going because that's what these people on Twitter love. So we stuck doing that because I think the pressure of giving that book and making it a hit kind of does get in the way sometimes. So I said, he's going to take over the entire DC universe and Jim, who is Scott Snyder's boy and <laughs> Scott Snyder loves Jim. But anyway, um, and Jim loves Scott Snyder. So there you go. It's, you know, mutual. So anyway, I would say it's more of me liking Scott Snyder more than he's not talked to me since I, I gave yep. a bad review to the wild hunt. I have not heard hide nor hair of him. So, you know, that's what it is. I never expected anything more. Uh, he is a guy who writes comics and we review them and that's where it goes. Yeah. Um, I said a long time ago, he's going to take over the entire DC universe and Jim and everyone, no, 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 he's not going to do that. He's just, and look, he's taking over Justice League and writing all that and breaking up all the teams and, and then making all that. And it's a rock and roll over the top roller coaster ride is what I read in the back of one of the DC comics yes. this week. So yeah. And uh, I'll interrupt for another time, Eric. It won't be the last, but, uh, yeah, I'll tell you if the, if the books weren't as down as they are and the sales are down as well, he wouldn't have to take over. They wouldn't yeah. have him do this. It, it, this I'm is telling you, I, I am afraid it that is. it's going to become one of these over-the-top things like he was doing with metal and even stuff like, you know, with Mr. Bloom and at the end of the Batman and the 52 run. But right now I need something to be different, and I'm going to look, like, optimistically yeah. towards it. But I, I am afraid that, you know, like the whole idea that these writers are, like, like, you know, they feel they have to do something huge if they have, like, a Batman character. A Justice League is even bigger in my mind where – you have to have these off the wall world ending, like almost what Brian Hitch was doing, but yeah. you know, just these Grant Morrison esque kind of like over the top huge dilemmas that like you know they have to say rock and roll or everything like that. I am afraid of that going like metal becoming like what we're getting metal into the Just League book. I'm gonna uh, be optimistic that we won't, but yeah. I am afraid of that. Well, now they announced today there's like 17 new Justice League books exactly. that you're gonna have to deal with, but there are one with uh, you know Joshua Williamson and things like that. And I'm gonna say, like I said to Dancing Mike in the Slack chat, that I heard the same thing when Rebirth number one came out, and people are like, "Oh, here we go. Jeff Johns is gonna do everything. Here he goes." And then when we had those first six issues of every book, they were like, "Holy shit, these are really good. Maybe Jeff Johns is peeking over." the you know the shoulder of those people and then he went away and now you have that i don't think that i know that dancing mike everything goes through scott snyder and he's gonna but he doesn't have a lot of time with that either and all these other writers are writing their own version of their justice league and things like that but i don't think that this is going to affect the green arrow book i don't think it's going to affect the nightwing book it's just going to be these justice league books if you don't like them you don't get those but i still think that you know a joshua williamson is probably going to write his own type of story and we'll see there's some crazy teams and stuff like that but we'll, we'll see how which it goes. i do want to shake up because so i look forward to aspects of that and, because and, i always get excited when we have a new fact, just league team yeah and in fact this sort of thing 
happens a lot, and a lot of times it doesn't work out, and then they get rid of it. So I'm telling you, the DCYOU, the DCYOU, that's what it, it reminds me of. And you can even say that the idea of a Batman dying and Alfred, uh, not Alfred, uh, Jim Gordon taking over, did change a lot of books. We had the uh, Gotham Manor. Or Arkham Manor, that Arkham Manor, crazy yeah. thing. And we had a lot of these crazy books, but you know, this sort of thing happens all the time. It's not the first time. And if it doesn't work, the, you know, that's the thing. If, if it is shitty and doesn't work, the books won't sell and then they'll be canceled and then they'll move yeah. on to the next thing. So, and then we'll see the next thing happen. Yeah. Anyway, that's a Snyder and Snyderverse and I'm just sick of it. And he's rewriting everything and making it into his own continuity. And I'm not even going to talk about Zero Year that lasted three, four, five years, I think. And, uh, yeah, because, oh, I'm not writing what Frank Miller did in year one. Well, yeah, I actually am. Yeah, that's another thing. Scott Snyder, anything he says in an interview is pretty much a lie. And every story is the best story he has ever written. It's by far the best story he's ever written, every one. So, yeah, that's about it. And Jim asked on... He never looks back. Eric. Never looks back, but I, again, I see a lot of these writers say this. One of the podcasts yeah, what I thought about Greg Capullo, and uh, yeah. I wrote him a letter he didn't actually read on the show, an email, no, but no. yeah, I had... Uh, I forgot all about this. I told you that, yeah, I always forget that the purple cape, that's yeah, Greg Capullo, so yeah, he's told us a bunch of times what he thinks. And that's sure what I thought about Brother Greg, and it's a purple cape. There you go. Yeah. So anyway, oh yeah, and every every comic book has to have it. So. Yeah, I think that I asked that on the uh, actual uh, Patreon news show is where I think I brought uh, that up. So that's why I probably for it. Tom King apparently, but every other comic book that's in any kind of continuity has to have that damn purple Capullo and Snyder cape because otherwise. Capullo have a little little crying jag if someone doesn't use his him and his and brother Scott's little uh, you know outfit there. And one little thing before I go, Jim was talking about trying to convince Brandon that uh, Tom Brady is the best quarterback ever. I tell you one thing about what Tom Brady is best at in my mind. Being a if child. I ever had one game where Tom Brady's where the where the quarterback skills at what Tom Brady is best at were riding on it, then I would definitely pick Tom Brady because, but I don't know whatever game I would, or whatever I would have to participate in where the skill of the quarterback would be making out with his own son. But if yes, I ever needed Tom. someone to make out with his own son, I would definitely pick Tom Brady because I've seen video of that he is the best at doing that. So anyway, um, that's about all I've got for this week. So sorry it was a bit long-winded, but I was trying to keep it short and explain yeah, to, to John Wayne every time. Pilgrim why I don't like Scott Snyder. Just some of the reasons. I'm sure that I could go on, on and on and on. But anyway. Howdy, Pilgrim. So um, let's see. Until next week, uh, turn off that spotlight. Turn off that Patreon spotlight. Patreon.com slash weird science. A bevy, plethora, cornucopia of wonderful, wonderful content, including the Awesome Boys Toys podcast. Hey. I'm waiting for more content from the Cellar Dweller. <laughs> Don't ask for that. Reviews. <laughs> we all want reviews of all the Friday the 13th movies. So here's the here's the best thing, and I I'm not going to be. It's not my place, Eric, to reveal <laughs> who the Cellar Dweller is. Uh, but Dancing Mike, you're singing my tune because when I do get to talk through Eric. Well, he'll eventually, you know, talk to the cellar dweller and get back. Relay some information. Uh, the cellar dweller 
Universe seems to really be caught on this idea of everybody else has already done those. Why would? And I just no. You give the people what they want. Seller dweller, just do it because they want to hear you talk about it. And then I hear, huh? I seller dweller told me I I keep having to remember that I have to throw that in at the beginning. <laughs> seller dweller told me that he just doesn't know what to talk about. I'm like, I don't know, Eric. Maybe he should watch the movies you watch because you you talk about them to me every single day. Every day you have something to talk about. E- even Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween and Halloween the Thirteenth or whatever the hell movies you watch. That Saturday one with the, the guy in the mask that's uh, the freddy you know i like the wolf man uh, oh, that's God, actually, i love at, at work when i just all i do is mess up shit just to get you angry you know why don't you talk about the silver shamrock halloween five eric why ah. wouldn't you do that but uh with that though you the cellar dweller is a man full of perfection he's a perfectionist and doesn't think that anybody wants to hear that sort of thing yet he sits there all or he doesn't i'm sorry eric i'm confused again you sit there and listen to a friday the 13th podcast and scream and yell that they don't know anything of what they're talking about but yet you won't tell the cellar this whole charade eric it's getting to me it's charade but yeah i'm with you mike Dweller. That's all that was. It's just to say I'm with him. I know Cellar Dwellers on all this podcast, but I exactly. think Eric can get in touch with him. And see, you got everybody playing this goddamn charade. Eric, they're, they're all playing. They're fucking playing charades here with the goddamn nonsense. It's a masquerade ball going on here at the podcast out of nowhere. I don't understand. Um, Jim's other uh, Jim's news podcast is other review podcast. So many wonderful, wonderful shows out there. So again, Patreon.com. Slash weird science. Really didn't have much to say about mine, Eric. I, <laughs> he didn't really say anything there that really <laughs> convinced me that he uh, listens and or likes them. I, seems like he was just giving me lip service, but that's fine. So power off that Patreon spotlight. Uh, keep it weird. Oh. That's now two weeks uh, of misery for me ahead. I just I, There you go. I'm just going to be there tomorrow just so upset. So upset. Watch out for those pop culture guys who are going to pop up when you least expect it. And I will tell you, Eric, a lot of pop culture coming up on this Monday. We, oh, yeah. we do have the pop culture coming up this Monday. I have so many. I'm going to actually have to really whittle down the stuff that I would. Or would you be interested in the Spice Girls pitching a superhero cartoon show? Would you be interested in that? Eric? No. Well, that, that'll probably be one of my keeper crappers, so we'll see. We will see. They will pop up and culture that ass. Keep it weird. And see you in seven. See you on the sevens, Eric. There you go. I'm. Oh, wait. On the sevens. There we go. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> uh, yes. Thank you, Mike. And I hope that people uh, didn't get so angry at me jumping in. I cannot keep my mouth shut. That's one of my problems. Uh, but it really worked out for me at the truck stop, Eric. And you know Ooh-wee. why. But yes, that is it. Oh, God for damn. The... <laughs> God damn. Uh, that is it for the rant and raves for this week. Thank you, Mike. And that Mikey no, Mike. guy who is a very big fan of... Of the Dark Circle comic, what, what? so I think he's <laughs> what? What? Can you give me that? Can you give me a what, what? 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 There you go. But we're gonna go off now, I believe, to finish up the podcast, Eric. I believe, but I'm not sure. But yes, we will be talking about something in a couple seconds. Oh, ooby I wanna be like you. I wanna walk like you. Talk like you. You see, it's true. And they like me. Scooby-Dooby-Dooby. Can't learn to be you. <laughs>
What's up, everyone? I want to thank you all for tuning in this week for Vermillion's Visions. Josh Vermillion here. You guys know how I like to do things. I like to get going right away, jump right into a book, a review of a trade, try to stay away from the big two of DC and Marvel. Uh, usually ends up being quite a bit of image, like it was last week. Uh, but this week I'm changing it up a little bit, going back to Xenoscope, and this one is going to be Jungle Book Volume 1. That's the first five issues of that series. Uh, it's written by Mark Miller, and no, that's not Mark Millar, it's Mark Miller. Uh, art by Carlos Granda. Um, so this marks the third Xenoscope book that I've done for the podcast. And I'm going to repeat something here that I, I said before because it, it continues to be true. Don't be thrown off by the overly sexualized covers. Those are in no way indicative of the art style within the actual pages of the book. I'm not sure why Xenoscope chooses to go with covers like that when it doesn't reflect the interior art at all, but hey, I'm not the one making those calls. Um, so now I'm just going to jump right into the book here. So much like Robin Hood was, this is a reimagining of, of a classic tale with a female replacing those traditionally male protagonist roles. Um, so the main character here is still named Mowgli, but instead of a young boy, it's actually a young girl and eventually a, a teenage girl. Um, so the story starts out with Mowgli asking Raksha, or Mother Wolf, to tell her the story of how she came to be in the jungle and be raised by the wolves. So long before Mowgli arrived, there was this this big war between the animals of the jungle called the Great Animal Battle of Kipling Isle that has been going on for years and years uh, without an end really in sight. So as Raksha is telling the story of the war, we see that during all of this, Mowgli was at home in a city being raised like a normal human girl. But one night as she was in her room playing with her stuffed animals, which actually are most of uh, the jungle animals that are other characters in the book, a man sneaks in through her window and kidnaps her. Um, so he takes Mowgli out onto a rowboat, brings her onto a huge ship, and then he sells her to the captain of the ship. So once on the ship, Mowgli is put into a cage uh, with three other children that are just slightly older than her. Um, so you can see they're all being sold, presumably into like the, like the slave trade. Uh, so Mowgli and the others are being carried away when the ship gets caught in a storm and washes up onto Kipling Isle right in the midst of the war. You know, there is literally a battle going on when they wash up. So for the first time since the war started, it comes to a complete halt as the animals are confronted with three human children. But this is where Raksha lies to Mowgli and tells her that she was the only human uh, that that arrived on the island that day. Uh, so right away you can see where this story has started to differ a little bit from the classic Disney tale that most of us know. And when the animals lay their eyes on, on these three kids that are right in front of them, Shere Khan naturally steps in and wants to eat them all, but Bagheera steps in front of him to put a stop to that. The wolves offer to take all of the children in, but Shere Khan thinks that that the wolves are just going to raise the cubs into an army to eventually hunt the others down. So, it's agreed that the four of them will be split among the different tribes. 
Bandar Louie, the orangutan, you know, King Louie from the movie, takes one. The Tavi tribe of Mongoose take another after it is denied by the elephants. Shere Khan takes one for his tribe, and the wolves get Mowgli. So after Raksha is done with the story, we see a teenage Mowgli and Raksha walking through the jungle. They eventually come up on Bagheera, sitting up on a rock, just kind of staring down at them. Mowgli starts to, you know, yell at Bagheera and kind of challenge him, but Bagheera just stares until Raksha tells her that they need to turn around and go back uh, and that Mowgli should learn to control her temper. So on their way back home, Mowgli gets kind of distracted and wanders off while Raksha is lecturing her and Raksha actually loses her, um, doesn't know that she's gone. We get a quick flashback to Bagheera and Raksha coming to an agreement that the children should be kept apart in their own sections of the aisle and not know about each other in order to keep the peace in the jungle. Uh, So now we get to see what Mowgli was distracted by. She peeks through some branches and she sees a giant bear, which you can all just go ahead and assume right away that that is going to be Baloo, and Baloo is eating. So Mowgli is kind of watching him, but her foot slips and she accidentally snaps a twig, which causes Baloo to turn around and and notice her. Uh, So he rears up and roars, but instead of her backing down, the first issue actually ends with her telling Baloo to just, you know, come and fight me if you want to fight. And yeah, so the first issue was, like, like, as you can see, a really, really quick read, and that pretty much continues throughout the rest of the book. The story is obviously, it's different from the Jungle Book story that most of us are familiar with, but there are hints of that story all the way through, and I don't, it's hard to even tell you anything about the rest of the story and how it differs without just totally spoiling it for you, Um, but just know that it is familiar, but but different also. Uh, I have to say that I wasn't really that big of a fan of the art throughout this book. It wasn't horrible or anything but it wasn't the greatest some of the proportions and animal designs seemed kind of off to me but you know like i said it wasn't horrible by any means uh for having and for having seen the animated movie at least you know 50 to 100 times in my life and the live action version at least three or four times since it came out this story was still entertaining for me to read it was kind of cool to you know, compare and contrast the two stories and see how different they end up being uh, by the end of this book. Mark Miller's writing was was pretty good, nothing nothing groundbreaking by any means, and I thought the dialogue and interactions were great. That's where um, he really sold me on this. He did let the art tell a lot of the story at points, which is something that, you know, I really appreciate when a writer does that. I just wish... The art would have been a little bit more my style so that I could appreciate that storytelling a little bit more here. Um, so if this sounds something that's interesting to you, I would I would recommend this book to somebody that is already a Xenoscope fan or just getting into Xenoscope, especially if you like the grim fairy tales. It kind of has that that feel and that vibe to it. Um, also, if you like the Jungle Book, uh, but you want to take see a different take on it. You know, if you're a big fan of the animated movie or the live action, you just want to see something that's you know similar to that, but a different take on it. Um, I would recommend this to you. But other than that, I wouldn't go out of my way to really get this trade and pick it up. 
if you find the trade or or the single issues in a bargain bin somewhere and want to give it a shot, definitely do that because it is good. But like I said, I wouldn't go out of my way or spend you know a lot of money on getting this trade. Uh, when it comes down to it, I had a lot of fun with this book um, because it pretty much gave me what I wanted out of it. I'm a big Jungle Book fan. And I thought it would be really cool to see, you know, this different take on it with a with a female Mowgli and just kind of a different story. And that's what it was. But I'll admit that as a comic, it's not perfect by any means. Like I said, I really like the dialogue and the interactions. Uh, but and the story itself was good. Nothing groundbreaking. So um, I'd probably have to go with like a 7.5 out of 10. You know, it's good. It's solid. It's not incredible. It's not going to blow your mind, but you know it, it's a fun read, especially if you're like me and you like the Jungle Book movies and you kind of want to see where this takes it. And I would also consider myself a fan of Xenoscope, having read the Grim Fairy Tales, at least the first trade and the Robin Hood first trade. Um, just kind of getting into that, I do enjoy the book, so that's another reason that I thought I would pick this one up and give it a shot. Uh, but yeah, like I said, 7.5 out of 10, and that pretty much wraps up my review here. It is a very quick read, um, but that brings me to the end of the review. So I um, want to remind you guys to go over to the Patreon page and check out Weird Signs on Patreon. Check out all the shows, extra shows that you will get. Um, I think they said they're pushing in, they're up over 200 exclusive shows there, so definitely worth the money. And Send me in some recommendations, guys. Um, Vermillionaire3 on Twitter. You can always either you know tweet at me or send it to me in a, in a message. Uh, whatever you want. Always love to get recommendations from anyone out there in the Get Fresh crew. Whoop, whoop. Uh, but like I said, that wraps things up here. So I'm going to send it on back over to Jim and Eric. Thanks a lot, guys. All you got to do is... Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities or Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. Wherever I wander, wherever I roam. Listening to the Send all day. I just want to hear Jim's voice and not hear Eric Shea. Reviews. I want to hear Jim's reviews. Hear Jim's reviews. All right, we're back, Eric, for the finish of the podcast, the stretch run. Man, that the, was quick. The dog days of podcast timing. 
<laughs> I don't know. Uh, yes, this is not going to be one of our longest uh, podcasts. But Eric, Indian is, summer over here. Is in podcast it, isn't it kind of quantity or quality over quantity? I was going to say usually it's quantity <laughs> over quality. Uh, maybe this week it's just a shit show in general. Yeah. I'm not sure. Hey, how, who are we to say, Eric? Uh, usually, usually uh, the next week when people are talking about the podcast, they'll mention things. I'm like, I, I don't uh. remember. I really just end up doing Auto this. Pilot. We get done. No, I just hope that we did not say too much to offend. That's all <laughs> I hope. I just hope that at the end is that we didn't offend too many people. Uh, we're going to get on with two books and uh, the last two books, I think the last book may offend some people. May offend Maybe. people just because, again, the positioning of it. Wink, wink, Eric. And that's oh. if you're playing at home, you know what two books are left, and you might realize the shade that I'm throwing. But we're going to start this section with Batwoman number 13. Lucky 13, written by Marguerite Pinay, art by Fernando Blanco, John Rausch, and D. Ron Bennett. Uh, you have Marguerite Bennett. I just realized that it's Marguerite Bennett and Deron Bennett. I actually didn't even see that before because I end up starting with Bennett starts her fall, and I'm like, I don't know. People are going to well, think I mean Deron. I don't know. I've heard both. Uh, as this usually goes, this game that we play called podcasting, Eric, uh, I hear five different ways to say things and don't really check into anything. And usually the last thing that I hear is what I go with. And I just heard D. Ron Bennett that I said, though we, we pronounce his first name wrong on purpose. But there you go, Eric. I, I don't know where this is all leading except for this blurb and us talking about the book. Bennett or Benet starts her fall of the House of Cain by kind of throwing shade at herself for the lost year and getting on with a story that could eventually get me on board with this book. The art is great, while I always feel like a tourist while reading the series. Eric. Oh. There's my little thing that I told you about leading into this. There are a couple things I liked a lot in this issue, and one big thing that I hate so, so much. Uh, what do you think the thing that I hate so, so much is? Yeah. Uh, the the dark side is pit in the beginning? No, 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 no. It's, it's when uh, the knife uh, slices one of those twins in the knee. I can't stand that. That is the worst thing ever, and it happens in this. So there you go, Eric. That's what I hate it. Uh, Told you I was terrible at guessing. Some of the things that I like, though, is to me, there is kind of a bit here of like, hey, you – and it's you. It's almost all through Julia who's like, hey, you know what? This lost your nonsense. It's got to end. You got to move on. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I really love as we get into is a continuing trend that we have, and I'll just say it right now, is when Julia says, listen, I'm on my way, but Bruce Wayne's bank account can only oh my get God. me. I uh, so laughed. I was like, oh, this is so good. It's why do these trends, like we, we start these little jokes, and boy, DC helps us out with these, <laughs> these ongoing jokes because, yeah, at the one point, Julia just basically says and reminds everyone that Bruce Wayne is fronting the money for everything that's going on I, I, here. I'm telling you, if we had a video podcast, we always talk about if we yeah. have a whiteboard and all this other, I just want a digital thing where it has like, you know, a billion dollars and we just start counting down his yeah. money with every issue we read, with everything he has to finance and shit oh, like yeah. that until he is just down to zero dollars. Yeah, and we talk about that, that if we had a video cast, a vlog, if you will, or, oh. uh, we would have whiteboards around for different things and I'm <laughs> sure we would have had not even just a countdown, but would add a whiteboard right behind us that said, 
all the things that Batman Bruce Wayne are funding, and we would have just been had another one. Now, if you are reading Detective Comics right now, which most people are if you're reading this book especially, uh, that, that whole kind of concept is a little odd because she kind of is against Batman at this yeah. point. So uh, instead of mentioning I'll tell you, that – Even that even feels weird because Marguerite Binet, like the Benses, is going and doing the dumb shit by saying that you know – it's been 13 months of this issue, so that means it's been 13 months for yeah, like you know yeah. Kate Kane and going on her like and you know fight against the many arms of death, and like that's not how it works. So no, like, but that's not how it works. It, it's just like uh, I I don't know where this takes place in the Detective Comics timeline for where we are right now. Like it seems like she'd be spending half her time for the first year of Detective Comics after the like the Monster yeah. Men, like Night of the Monster Men arc, because that's what it originally was going to be. We got to stop these freaking the Night of the yeah, Monster we gotta, Men, like, and we got to search down because order. it exactly. seemed like the formula was out and about. Now I will give Marguerite a little bit more of a pass than say the Bensons, and the Bensons were coming out from uh, coming into comics from being TV yeah. people and stuff. Stuff like that. Uh, at least what they're saying in this book, where Marguerite Panay could say to you, listen, uh, it is 13 months. I write this book, and she's talking about the timing in her own book, where the Bensons were really calling out a lot of other things in the DCU at large that didn't make right. more sense. But still, it does not seem like the really. Sometimes I read this book, it seems like eight years, uh, you know, uh, going by because I'm bored. Uh, other times it seems like not much has happened enough to even be a month. So I don't right. know. Uh, I'll tell you, my score for this is going to continue the trend of last issue. Uh, I'm starting to like this book a little more uh, than we did at first. But like I said in my blurb, Eric, I do feel like a tourist uh, coming into this as in a way of saying that I'm not fully invested in this book. Maybe that's it. Uh, the monthly schedule and when it shows up, some things happen. Like you told me before we started recording, sometimes things happen in this book that you start to think like, is this a continuation of something that happened yeah. before? Or is this, that, and the other thing? And things just kind of go, uh, there's not a lot that happens in, Half the in this time book. I feel lost or feel like they're just throwing things in here out of yeah. nowhere. Like I, I, I missed an issue or they are, are just throwing things out of nowhere. I'm like, like I, I, I just don't feel like I can have a grasp on this comic as I do with every yeah. other comic. That well, we that's talk my about. that's my problem, and maybe it's because we don't review it as well. Maybe. Uh, Dan reviews it on the site. We kind of get to this, and it, it I, unfortunately, I, I have to admit that when we get it, it's a, a a minor issue to when yeah. we get to you know okay, it's never one of the bigger books that we do. It's usually a book that we leave for last, like we did tonight. And so, yeah, I'm not as invested in it, though I love Kate as a character. And that's why I think I like this issue and last issue a little more, only because it did feel to me almost like a uh, a Batwoman, not reborn, but a Batwoman rebirth maybe, because now we're getting to the things finally at issue 13 that I don't mind her family. I would actually, I would actually go with the whole idea, though, that this is more of a Batwoman reborn, because it seems that the only thing that came before this, besides for what might have gone down in Detective Comics, was that Batwoman elegy because even the idea of people she's loved and she has to go home to where she has felt like, you know, there were people she loved. Yeah. We leave out the entire New 52 Batwoman. There's no mention of Maggie Sawyer or anything like that. It's oh, her no, sister no. and it's Sophia. And no, I, I'm it. just saying, I'm saying from just when we started Rebirth right. till now, this almost feels like, yes, you had to set up Sophia. That's pretty much what those 12 issues seem to have been. It's just to set up Sophia, give you the character of Tahani, uh, you know, the many arms of you know, yes, she, 
she doesn't go by that, you know, Tahani or whatever. But even so, uh, it's all set up to get to this, which feels like now the series is finally moving on. And maybe it's just because I was not invested in the lost year. And when, and even Julia seems like, and it's funny to me. If this was, say these were real people, I have to tell you, Eric, spoiler alert, these are characters in a comic. But if they Ah. were, say this was a movie. And you had Julia. Julia, what she says at the beginning here, would be the woman who's hired to play Julia. Like, I got hired to be in this movie, and you have done nothing for me because she's not you in cut the all my year. Scenes yeah, out. she's not in the lost year. So yeah. she's like, oh, this nonsense of the lost year. You know, why don't we get over this? I, I, she I wants more page the space. Fact that, you know, I, in, in Julia's way of calling it the lost year, in my mind, that means that Kate. Kane has had to call it her loss. You're like, yeah. who the fuck says I know. that? Like, yeah. who labels oh, that? Hey. This is my, Jim, do you want you, me to tell now, you a story about my lost year? I'm telling you, now you're getting along the lines of when I get all upset and you Flashpoint. laugh at me. Flashpoint. When the Flash is like, yeah, remember Flashpoint. Why would you call it this? Like, we're on the outside making names for these. You wouldn't be like, remember that fucked up time I changed time when I, but it makes me laugh. Or it's yeah, like it's, in Gotham. You remember zero year? You, yeah, you mean yeah, 2000 and <laughs> So good. But yeah, it starts off where Kate ends up calling uh, the place, the uh, what's it called? Uh, the sanatorium where Alice, her sister, is. Beth. Right. And uh, she wants to call and it gets all wonky. And I'm like, oh, here we go. It's Mr. Miracle time because it's <laughs> so much. It's Batwoman is. It really reminded me of that. I'm like, oh, no. Is this that the lump is here? And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. But it, it basically leads to the idea that uh, this lady in the sanatorium have kind of turned a blind eye to it, Beth. It, it, honestly, and she's not been even kidnapped. that. It seems like the sanatorium is a, like a fake place. Not even that. It's mm-hmm. like this lady is just an actress. Yeah. Even the set is falling apart behind yeah, it's, her with it's the, weird. Like the, 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 the painting on the Again, wall is though, falling it, down is it not Mr. Miracle, though? It's yeah. almost like it's a dream. Here we go. But, yeah, shit's gone wrong. And I blame Kate. And also, I, I have to say with all this is like you also have Jacob. You know, it's a weird thing that this would be allowed that Kate and they, they kind of make it seem. And Julia, that's why I think Julia's next with basically saying like, Kate, you're kind of a dummy. And you're also very distracted because when this happens, I'm like – Boy, Kate, you really were not paying attention when you you looked into this sanatorium and things. This is well, all on you. It's and- weird though because I could have sworn like maybe issue six or seven, somewhere along those lines, that we actually took time to go and have Kate visit her sister yeah. Alice yeah. at the sanitarium. So I I don't hey. know what's going on with this whole thing if it is real or not. Yeah, who knows? It's it's having problems there. There's some problems there, and uh, basically it leads to Kate saying, "Okay." Uh, Sophia has my sister. We're heading to Brussels because Sophia said that it was back to my home. That was where I live with my family. That's what I consider my last home. Like you said, that really whitewashes or wipes clear, actually, a lot of other things that you would have guessed, but it, it yeah, suits Maggie's the story. And really with that, Sophia, when Sophia eventually goes, because really what we're going to get is a lot of symbolism, a lot of uh, thinking back at the past as Kate goes into her old house, obviously. Yet for this purpose, you can't have anybody has lived in there except drug addicts and squatters so you have that you have a bunch of things you have cats you have what looks to be more of these foxes that somehow got to brussels i don't know how things work no there. no, that, no that's she just, looked that's at just that the way her, her yeah, mind but, is working yeah, it's tied yeah, everything the other the thing though that's weird the thing that's weird too is it also leads at the beginning where julia was throwing shade almost like uh kate's been using a lot yeah. here 
her. That it's very odd. That, That's and odd that as well. kind of like gets the, to me with that. Like you said, the, you're the right. It's and, more the symbolism. back and forth of what we see here, what the, what's going on with the lost year, and like you know what she's dealing with now, and yeah. even Julia saying, "Oh, you've traded up a bottle of whiskey for a scarecrow's fear toxin," yeah. and then she even talks about later on how she used that her own fears like against them, and like yeah. was able to overcome. It seems like she may be still infected with the fear toxin. Well, that as well as it's it's a little worse to me is not traded. She seems to wake up in the morning and does the scarecrow uh, fear toxin. toxin. And then to get off at night, she downs eight bottles of whiskey because she's like, you're upper and downering your way from scotch to to scarecrow's fear toxin. That to me is, you know, you get up in the morning, Eric, you take Adderall. And then at the end of the day, you you take more Adderall. But no, you take downers to go to sleep. That is a, it's not a good path to to take. I'll tell you Uh, what you should do is just stay up till 5 a.m., Eric, like me. Uh, But you're going and she's looking. Nobody's there you get this whole you know setup that there is nobody there and it leads to her like you said seeing crazy things as she goes up the stairs and then sees that there is somebody in the final room there she crashes in and it is Sophia and Sophia's there she looks all goth she's been waiting for how long Eric holding that candle I, I can only imagine <laughs> that she's gone through about 17 like, candles oh, just for God, the scene finally here I'm she's, done yeah. I let I put breadcrumbs around, thinking yeah. like hoping that you realize that this was your home as I thought it was your yeah. home because yeah. you had all these different choices. Thank God you finally yeah, thank arrived. Thank God you're here. I she has this ca- candles. She has this candle in her hand. You don't realize that started out as a ten foot tall candle. It's almost <laughs> down. And she's like, I know it's kind of a symbolic with it, but I was about to burn myself. Thank God you got here. But she does kind of go with this because they start fighting. You know, well, basically, Kate is doing more of the lunging and fighting. Uh, while Sophia is just kind of talking and trying to get, but it, it leads to the whole deal of that through this whole time that Kate thought Sophia was behind the nonsense that's been happening. Yeah. Obviously not the lost year because that was in the past, but the stuff with the scarecrow and colony and all these things. And that she's it, just the leader of the many arms of death. Yeah, it hasn't been her. And with this, it's weird to me that she spells this out and even says like, I, I want Kate then to stop and go, listen. Okay, you know what? We had a past. Yeah, we had some problems. You know, you went off with Tahani. I tried to kill you. You know, all you guys trying to kill me. I'm trying to kill you. We're burning down the island. But uh, my sister has been kidnapped. What's with all the clues? Why not just come to me and say, listen, there's trouble. And it seems like she just wanted to be sure and almost be sure that Kate still didn't love her as much. It's weird because she's like, you know. To me, our home and this home and that, but since you came back to this home in Brussels, which I knew you would, this proves to me that you're, you know, you, it's what it is and you, me and you aren't here and there or whatnot. But she seems to be, uh, as Sophia seems to be in love with Tahani still. And, uh, Kate wants her we're, sister we're, and loves her family. It's weird more. because it, it's where we left off for the final bit of the flashback of the lost year where, you know, Kate can't escape the island, yeah. burn down the lighthouse. It seemed that like, you know, uh, Sophia and Tahani were going to make up because Tahani came back to save Sophia. Yeah. And that's where we left off. So the whole idea that now Tahani is left and has moved on to become the knife and now works for the many arms of death. And it's not Sophia. And Sophia has nothing to do with any of it. It just comes off as odd. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not anymore where, oh, uh, Tahani left because, you know, I was infatuated with you. Yeah. No, we got past that point. It yeah, seemed yeah, like. yeah. And, and with this. 
this is again why what I'm saying when I said the rebirth, I'm not saying like uh, Maggie Sawyer and things like that. I'm actually saying just what we've gotten in this rebirth uh, series that it seems like everything is being rewritten now to kind of maybe get a more coherent story going forward and just getting to it. Uh, Not that all the things here are fully coherent anyway, but it's almost like – you now can jump on. It's a jumping on point because some of the year one or the lost year stuff doesn't really matter as much. And yeah. we're going to get to see who the big beds are now because then we go and off. It's, and- it's even weird, too, because we have the whole thing where Kate has been, you know, like tracking down leads and realizing, oh, my God, Sophia is the one that I'm looking for. Where, yeah. All right. You left you left me a, a rose outside the Scarecrow's lab. Yes, I did. Yeah. But, but that only rose one. that was at the Smuggler's <laughs> Cove, uh, like the night that Hani tried to blow up the island, that was not my rose and yeah, that was yeah. not my orders. I'm like, why is everybody just fucking leaving roses yeah, this everywhere? this is what I'm saying. This is where I, I understand and I do appreciate if I'm right of Marguerite Benet saying, okay, I, I got to kind of tie this stuff together. I got to get this book going forward in a way that you know some more people can jump on. But in the end, I keep thinking, why didn't Sophia just – what's with these roses and things? Oh, that rose wasn't mine. That rose was theirs. The tulips were yours. They were on an organ, and the piano was playing our tune. I, I just – instead of that, why didn't you have a thing where you got the whole deal? Have all this lead-up going. This is script doctoring. You have all this lead-up going, and you have Kate just like, I have to – Sophia is going to pay for this. She got – she has my sister that – you don't mess with family. That, and then her just turn around and Sophia's there crying. And like, Kate, they, they did it. They took the ones that we love. And now you're left with a pretty cool thing going forward of, is she telling the truth or not? But with this, it's just like, nope, it's not me. Let's go on. Now, there is a yeah. twist at the end. Uh, but you do go off then to the Vorpal Blade, the airship. Oh. Uh, and there is – fucking There is the Tahani. airship for Batwoman. The Vorpal Blade for the very many arms of death. Like, hey. How about just the, the airship? Uh, you know, Kate's uh, love. I don't know. Redhead forever. And, I, I, and I'm pretty sure that the Sequoia is also the name of the goddamn boat that Julia is on. So we yeah. have the Sequoia airship, Sequoia. A ship. Yeah, so you have the, that. the water and, ship. <laughs> now you're getting me upset. But yeah, you, you go with this where you have Sophia then leading to listen, they have two of the people we love. They have who you love, they have who I love. Well, Let's not get only going. that, it's like, you know, who would who hates us both, Kay? Who hates us the most who likely to take the one you love and the one I love for me? And it turns out it is Tahani yeah. is the one because while Tahani is the knife who is working for the many arms of death. Tahani hates freaking, you know, Sophia for choosing Kate over her and hates yeah. Kate for making Sophia choose her over yep. Tahani. So Tahani has gone and done the thing like the many arms of death, the twins, they've come to her. Look, we need a These queen. Twins. We need to have a person so of represent the many arms of death yep. and find this person. So Tahani went out and fought, found that person. Yep. As we found at the end of this. It is Bet Kane. It is, it, as it's you know, is Red Alice, Alice. is the it's queen is of the, the many queen. arms of death. So it's like Tahani has gone and done all this stuff and like, you know, taken away the island from Sophia and taken away the sister of Kate Kane as a way of doing all this big payback. I just want to know. We have all these like the many arms of death themselves. It's just such a weird concept because we have it's almost like the um the outsider war we had with Green Arrow in the uh, yeah. in the New Fifty Two, where we had the cold of the spear, the cold of the fist, the cold yeah, of the shield, yeah. or the, uh, the order, whatever it was. But we have the same thing here with these different weapons. Tahani just happens to be the knife. Scarecrow was the needle. But I'm like, 
what's going on with these goddamn twins? Yeah, well, here's the other thing that I think is almost like Marguerite Benet maybe throwing some fun at herself here too because you go then to Tahani at the, you know, the airship, the Vorpal Blade. Vorpal Blade, yeah. And she's staring like she would, Eric. She is the knife, so she's staring at a lot of knives. That's what you would do. And it's a cool symbolism deal where you see them and it's almost like a headdress type deal. It's great. That's all you are. The double whopper with cheese. I'm out of the um, whopper or the, you know, the action figure. Yeah, and she kind of says, listen, she's giving up that name Tahani. I'm no longer Tahani. That's the name of a dead woman. I'm the knife. We're going to go forward. They get called. And it's funny, too, because she says this, and then these twins then call her Tahani, Tahani. And you're like, ooh, shit's going down. But she goes in, and then as she just basically says, hey, you twins, I'm kind of sick of you guys, you bunch of nonsense. You get all these names thrown in, too, because they are like, we're escorting the mother of war. We're going to get the others, the hammer, the halberd, the rapier, the spear. And she's just like, to me, uh, Tani's like, this fucking nonsense has to end with goddamn names. Ends up just walking up, and obviously the twins are a a man and woman. She goes up, slices the guy behind the knee, one of my least favorite things that you could ever see. It it always (laughs) freaks me out. I'm like, that is the worst thing. That is something that I have spent so long thinking about of how I would not like to get sliced. It's right there. And I'm it, telling you, it the, the knee, me. I'm telling you, you do tell me that. And I did put it aside because the thing that always bothers me, it's all around the same thing though. Achilles. It's the ankle. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the Achilles, Achilles is, is, is the is next the thing that deal. Me out the most. I'm telling you that the knee just, it freaks me out because it, it, you know, you're just sitting there and the ankle, you know, yeah, but, but when you're sitting there and you feel oh, like that right little now. couple bones behind the knee, it's Those like, tendons ooh, behind the knee. it doesn't take much oh, and it doesn't. She slices them and then grabs his head and puts it up to the window and like, look at what you did. Look out the window. Look at this one of the cities you made rich with your wars. This fucking nonsense is over. Uh, you know what? I'm the knife. I'm going to slice you. I'm going to kill you. We didn't get to see the city though. I know. Well, we do at the end. It's funny. You do at the very end. Of his face pressing against yeah, the I know. I, I kind of want to see the city. Man, we do. And we find out it is yeah. Gotham by the end. But uh, he, she's there just yelling. And this is where I like it. She's like, you know what? You guys with all your fucking names and your nonsense, you know, you wanted a queen. You wanted these, you know, you're the twins, the priests, or whatever. You know what? I'm renaming all this bullshit and I'm going to do it right now. Here's your goddamn queen. It's Red Alice. It's Kate's oh. sister, Beth. So if you're confused, and I wish that maybe there was a little more lead up to that um because i don't know some people might have joined into this book with rebirth and may not be fully uh, you know in the know that that right. is kate's sister so yes indeed red alice in her red alice deal is the one who seems to be the mother of war the queen all that yeah. so what you're getting is i kept getting saying queen i did mean the yeah. mother of war and you're and they call her she calls the queen she says yeah. i i brought them a princess a red queen so you have all of these but to me that's what tahani's saying like Give a shit about any of this nonsense, these names. I, I wish she'd be like, the Vorpal Blade, what the fuck is that? But she's like, it's all leading to this. We're in I charge. Fu- I don't give a fuck about the many arms of death. You know what? Yeah. I want to get revenge on Sophia yeah. and Kate. Yeah. And, and basically looks like they're going to burn down Gotham or at least attack. But with that, 
it, it's a pretty cool thing to me where you do have Sophia and Kate out there saying like we got to go get back the ones that we love or whatever and they're pretty much the bad guys they're pretty much the ones that are in control and about to just lay waste and you do have the thing she's like I'll bring you a home at last or I bring you home at last to Alice and she's there at Gotham I, I just think it's funny though because Kate considers Brussels their last home now here's man, Gotham is what Kate I, I mean uh, yeah. what the Alice is yeah, home Alice and Tahani and everybody isn't home where the heart is Eric that's what I always where's my home you know, at the Whopper you're there at the Burger King. There's where your home is. Burger the home King. of the Whopper. Burger uh, King, yes. obviously. Eric Shea's the name of a dead man. Call me Double Whopper with cheese. <laughs> uh, what are you, Jim? Well, I, I don't really pickles. like the cheese. I am Double Whopper. No cheese. Hold the uh, onions. There you go. That's me, Eric. I have a very long name. It gets very convoluted when me and you are both in the same room and they're trying to address us because when they start with Double Whopper, both of us pick, you know, huh? oh, huh? Huh? Uh, uh, oh, cheese? No. No, thank you. I don't like Burger King's cheese, Eric. It tastes very uh, fake to me. So uh, we'll go from there. But that is the end. I really like the art here. I really cool. like the idea that the story is coming down to less uh, a lost year and more let's just see some ass kicking. You put in Alice there, uh, and obviously this is going to be something for Kate to really get upset about because she wants to go get her sister, and her sister is now back to being Red Alice, as she always does. I mean, it, it shouldn't be a yeah. surprise, uh, but I do like that. So I am going to give this, Eric, a 6.5 out of 10, and I think it is climbing for me. I, I think that if this continues and we kind of get less convoluted stuff here, I could get to a 7, 7.5 of this book pretty quickly, and I'm glad because I was not into this. Maybe I'm going to start paying more attention, but what would you give it? I'm sitting here thinking about a 5.8 out of 10. This maybe of a 6 because I don't enjoy reading this book for the most part. I do like talking to you about it because we do wrap our heads around some, like, you know, more yeah. of what's going on in the story when we do discuss it together. But even then, it's one of these books that I don't care about because even though we are finally moving on and going forward with the story, it is still so closely tied into the lost year that we've been dealing with for over a year. And I'm like, this is my lost year having to read this goddamn book for the past year. Yeah, I want my but, year uh, back. Exactly. And I, I don't know. I kind of just want to move on at this point, and I don't care about Red Alice and Sophia and Tahani anymore. Yeah. There are fucking many arms of death and these stupid goddamn names. What's going on with Kay Kane? Like – the stuff that I cared about KK, and it seems that they have wiped out completely in the new 52, but I don't know. It isn't more enjoyable than what we've been getting for the past year. So I'm saying my thing is rising, just not as fast as you. So a 5.8 yeah. to a 6 out of 10 for what I'm going well, for. Uh, I'm looking at Dan. Dan gave it a 6 and right. said that it kind of was a bland issue. He thought that the twist at the end, the twist, was pretty predictable. But he does say, like kind of what we're saying too, that at least it's more uh, – the storytelling has improved. And at least yeah. you can follow along and things like that. So he's kind of – he's between me and you. So it's weird. I am the positive one uh for this book suddenly eric now we get to go and finish up the podcast that's it right we don't have any other books left as huh? far as i'm concerned all huh? right see you in seven where is the seven? <laughs> there you go buddy oh uh, yes well what are we doing now hit it hit it batman number 43 written by tom king with art by michael yana and hugo petrus june chung and clayton cows 
Everyone used to love Ivy, but now that Tom King has turned this story into PTSD from events that happened in the War of Jokes and Riddles, and pretty much discounts anything in between, this is not a this is not a I can't this not so stellar story has hit rock bottom with this issue, where things don't make sense, setup leading up uh, to this is thrown away, and all in all, Batman just continues to be a disappointing title. Yes. Yeah. And uh, after I we did the that. last, after we did the last podcast, uh, Eric, as you know, I uh, ended up having this epiphany, and I did go on to uh, the Slack chat and said yeah. my theory, and I did go on Twitter, and I said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! You know what? This whole story is leading to Ivy having PTSD, and it'll be the start of that sanctuary story that." Uh, and I didn't know it was called the sanctuary. I, I forgot it was called that, but I said that it's going to go right in line with that story with the PTSD of heroes and villains that Tom King was working on. I have to pat myself on the back, Eric. I just wanted no, to I mention it because right on. I told you. I went and found that tweet. I'm looking. I'm like, <laughs> nobody even favorited it. I was so upset. <laughs> nobody liked my tweet. What the hell is going on around here? But yeah, uh, Tom King definitely didn't, I guess, because then I sent it to him. And I guess he just didn't want to tip his hand or he hates us or little column A, little column yeah. B, as we say. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to lose my mind over this. I'm just going to talk about it. I know that that usually I lose my mind. I'm not going to because I'm not that angry about this, though. Uh, Some of the things before we go on, reading these three issues that this arc is, to me, it's not – I see people, and I'll just start with this, that a lot of people are online. A lot of people like to talk about Tom King, and you have people who love him, people who don't love him, uh, where you have this story come out, and we found it being lacking. We think there's a lot of plot holes. Holes in it. It yeah. doesn't really jive with some of the other two issues, some things that happen. All of a sudden, like what we've been saying about Tom King, he seems to leave behind important things to not resolve, things like that, uh, where the people who love him will never say that. They'll never go and say, oh, my God, Tom, uh, you really blew it this time. No, this issue especially is now being blamed on the Poison Ivy League, where it's like, oh, Tom, you had to kowtow to the Poison Ivy League and get back to what you do best and whatever. I don't have any sort of issues between it being Ivy who is upset about the jokes and riddles, between Ivy being a murderer, between Ivy being this, that, and the other thing. Uh, For the most part, I don't go by Tom King's continuity anyway. So I I read this book and I don't go by it. To me, though, this doesn't even seem like three issues that go well together. It seemed to me that he had two issues going. Well, it, it seems like he had two issues going. And then instead of being able to pull the trigger on Ivy ending up being a villain, he changed things in this last issue to try to retroactively make everything that he's done to Ivy not matter and and wrap it around into a way that in my mind he wanted everybody to love him. But the problem is I agree now. This is the, the twist, Eric. I agree with what the people were saying that were fans of his. Don't listen to anybody else. It's your story. I'm not saying, though... I'm not putting the blame on the Poison Ivy League at all. I'm blaming Tom King because when he does go and try to make everyone happy, as you know, usually then you make nobody happy. And there are a couple things That's why in this I don't ever issue. Try to make anybody happy. Yeah, and there's a couple things in this issue that he is surface level trying to please the Poison Ivy League and people are fans of Ivy, but then goes and does things that are things that are real sticking points with them. So, like I say sometimes with him, when he adds 
characters in his book, say an Ivy or say a Bane or whatever, right. he seems to not care about whatever happened to them in the past in this continuity because he's going to write them. I think he does the same thing here with what is the important of the Poison Ivy League and important because he just goes with, okay, I'll make her not be a killer and they'll be happy and, and get off my back. But you end up tying Harley into a way that they don't like either. And again, don't go – I'm not saying that he should be doing everything no. that they want. He should be doing what he wants, write your story, and just sit in your own continuity like we call the king verse, and, and then do that. Unfortunately, I think that he wants people to love him, and, and that's – everybody wants everybody to love him. That's Ivy. Is Tom King Ivy, Eric? But uh, with that, you're never going to get everybody to love like you. anybody like Ivy is the fact that she flies. Yeah, and I said what it, her and Mayor Domini in the Green Arrow book, I need to see what's going on. But with that, that's like a, a, a wink wink of her being more plant than person, like trap, she's yeah. a Venus flytrap. And it's like, okay, now here's the thing. If you wanted to have a tie around and you tell me something that this wouldn't be crazy, uh, could she be eating those flies because Johnny can't eat the green and he's somewhere else? But it shouldn't be that she eats something and then he's nourished. But I'm no. telling you, I thought like, what's going on? Because I was arguing with people all week about this. But there, there are a lot of holes in this. There are a lot of, you know, flashbacks that don't jive up to the original story. And I don't like that. I hate that. And it's not just an art problem. It's a story problem about what happens here because when you start off, we do find out, which we saw at the end of last issue, Bruce Wayne, Batman, was killed. Yep. He was brought back with science and medicine magic. and magic, which I'll get into in a second about that as well. Uh, but you end up seeing him there, and the big thing was to get Harley there. Now, we, it was spelled out, uh, kind of, that Harley was a four-time PhD in neurology. I don't think that's the case. I think no. that that's a ridiculous way to push her into this. Uh, she wouldn't have been the one that you would think would have been performing brain surgery on Batman. No. Uh, but I don't know how they go it. But just as an aside there to kind of go with the flow and then what we find uh, troubling or, or you know wrong here – the last issue, there was a big thing. There's the big thing I had a problem with, with, uh, you know, Superman listened in to the quiet talk and then ended up being taken down by a whistle. And that was supposed to describe how Ivy could not use the powers of the superheroes well. Right. Uh, to be able then the next page to defeat three flashes. Now, in the meantime, I don't know how Catwoman's legs didn't break or fists break or she punches <laughs> them when they're, they're still running fast. But the problem is you're really basing a whole lot of the story on the fact that Bruce Wayne, Batman, was brought back by probably more magic than science and medicine because he was dead and he had to be taken to a hospital. He was crushed by a Batman. You put out the idea. <laughs> Idea of magic, or Superman. You you have put out this idea of magic. So how could Ivy, who we've seen has to control everyone, control a magic user of the DCU? Say it's Constantine. Say it's Zatanna. Say it's whoever. How could they bring somebody back from the dead? 
but yet she can't make the flashes run fast. Or she, or, or Superman's hearing, or, or stuff, Superman's or hearing. Yeah. Yes, uh, this is a little more than just running fast and tapping into the speed force in my mind. Of pretty much, uh, you know, you, you don't mess with blood magic, Erica. You become a boy witch. Uh, but with that, I'm a yeah, boy yeah. witch. <laughs> I'm a boy witch. But yeah, it, you, this is where when I started having problems with Tom King back in say I am suicide, I am Bane style deal there when those stories were going on, it was these ideas and really, really harkens back to the jokes and riddles where you were pushing a scene with uh, these throw out lines that when you think about it in a reality it, of this comic, I'm not saying this is no, real no, no. world in the reality of the comic. It doesn't jive set up one with, thing, in the comic. Yeah. So this is where I'm going to pull out my, uh, you know, my, uh, what do they call the, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to make amends with people who love Tom King. Well, what do you, the, the rose bush? I don't know what you say. What Olive, branch? say? Olive branch. See, there you go. Aaron. I'm not thinking right tonight. I'm, I'm laying down the olive branch and saying to everybody, you got to realize me and Eric especially, we're a bit insane. Uh-huh. So that sort of thing bothers us. We do have to read these. We do read them many a time, and we know that we have to discuss them. So when we review these or when we talk about them on the podcast, we're really laying it out to be criticized, to be yelled at, all these things. But these are the sort of things that kind of get us. These are the things that when we're reading something, I hate reading something and then having a point where I go into a dead end and I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. Well, no. why do, how'd you do this? How'd you well, do that? I'm just if, saying, not, not- making sense at all i'm just saying the, the the biggest thing that i see online people who love the tom king run of batman is we're seeing the humanization of batman and all this other stuff like and i read this issue I'm like the humanization we have batman here who freaking you know he went he to died. find johnny which for some reason it doesn't yeah. have, matter at all it doesn't in this matter story. at all and then and then provoked ivy to the point where he forced her to kill him which is this is all his plan apparently yeah kill him because he knew that he would be taken to a hospital, be brought back to life, and then have Harley Quinn there, who he could then, you know, get to in her mind because obviously she is not as full of control of like as Ivy has of everyone else. Yeah. And then jump grabs her, jumps out the window where uh, into a Batmobile that's waiting below that shouldn't even be there for what we had. So yeah. I'm like, how is this? This is the biggest well, amount of Bat God I've ever seen. Well, here's the thing, though, I I can explain this because he's oh. laying. He, I I can. He's laying in bed. You see, he doesn't have a shirt on, Eric. Uh-huh, he's uh-huh. he's in pretty good shape, right? Yeah, yeah. That's because he's jumping to all these conclusions, Eric. That's his <laughs> exercise. He's jumping to conclusions constantly. But like you said, the biggest thing I wanted to I'll tell you, by the end of this issue, the only thing I wanted to have cleared up, which it didn't, but then it was had all this trouble put on top of it, was yeah. Why did Batman and Catwoman wake up in their costumes in the first issue yeah, of the Yeah, in the first issue. We have no idea. And like some other people are saying, by the end of this, you do have this thing hanging about that Batman seemed to have that inoculation that Ivy spelled out. It does get you out it of this, but it doesn't, it. But it doesn't reverse, it. reverse it. Like, what is the reverse of it now? I don't know. We, we never is, find out is the there reverse. Anything that reverses it? And why didn't he just put that stuff in the water so that everybody, yeah, they, it may not reverse it, but it stops it. I'm just so, like, put it in the water. We got a worldwide situation. You yeah. couldn't even do that if you wanted to. Yeah, just start it out. I'm saying just go or, or go and give it to Superman. Give it to, you know, hardly right here instead of what you do. But with that, it's just a very odd thing of what, it, like you said, it, it really is. And that's where people are like, oh, man, this is such good uh, Batman detective work to know what this is going on. No, this is I have this idea. 
and I'm going to make it happen no matter what. He There's a lot of steps that he did to get punched in the face to die to be able to be brought back when I said my big thing is how does Ivy – how is she able to control any sort of magic like that yeah. when we see that she can't even control flash, flashes running fast together. So we have that, and while this is going on, Bruce is there. You have Keenan Kong, Clark, and Supergirl there standing guard. And you have, uh, you know, her talking through, uh, uh, Harley to Ivy about this stuff and saying, like, listen, uh, I can't win this war. We're at, we have a war here. I can't win it. If I fight you, what I, little I have will lose that. And that'll be like what happened. We didn't learn from the jokes and riddles now. And that now we're talking about so many other things that have happened since then. In the meantime, most of what he is kind of pushing towards there with this talk of the jokes and riddles, Bruce was not part of. This is stuff that Ivy and Catwoman have been talking about while they're walking through the the park that's kind of turned yeah. into this overgrown jungle that Ivy's made. So really, again, this is just forced in for, for Bruce to say that because of how the narrative is going and it doesn't make sense to me that he would just say the jokes and riddles out of nowhere well, something that you, happened the, years say, and the years jokes ago and riddles out of nowhere it, it really demeans anything that poison ivy has done like i was trying to say in my blurb which i did not but it yeah. was freaking it just pretty much says poison ivy was in the jokes and riddles and then did nothing and for then years upon years till right now now we'll go with that i'll just say uh since the jokes and riddles Ivy has saved Gotham from yep. Gothtopia. Uh, just that's a good thing. That that's something that she did. She's also killed two people, and with that one, a and they were pieces of shit. One was a pretty much a, a rapist, and, yeah. and yeah, and one was a dog beater, and she didn't go with it. She ended up killing these two people. Uh, and so this that like kind of just throws that out. Uh, only because everything she's upset about is the jokes and riddles. And, and even Batman that, though, just, and like when we had the new 52, though, all the books pretty much picked up five years after the, the beginning of the Justice League, where yeah. they first ass- like assembled and fought Darkseid. So we had years of story going on where, you know, Poison Ivy is obviously a known villain. She just hasn't done anything within that. And then on top of it, the whole idea, too, that 10 years have been taken out of our timeline due to yeah. Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. Whatever. But the thing is, Poison Ivy is an established character, and even though she didn't do anything outside of walk through a park and possibly kill some mobsters in the War of Jokes and Riddles, this is an established character who yeah. has done things. You can't just say, War and Jokes and Riddles, this, And then the that's end. that, the end. And uh, with that, I wanted Batman to go, listen, I can't fight you. We, we should have learned our lesson from Rot World. Y- you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Rot World. I mean, nobody, Krypton nobody Returns. <laughs> Hell on Earth. He just goes through all of these events, but he just throws at him because that is all that has happened with her in this book. So with Tom King, that's all that ever is going to happen with her because yeah, everything leads King back to this. And this is where you have Ivy then talking to Catwoman. Obviously, Catwoman can't hear what's going on at the hospital, so they're going. And it's more of Poison Ivy being upset and saying, and now here's the thing. Uh, you, you like to hear me bitch and moan and, and yell and scream about this no. book. There are some things that are good here. And 
It's just the wraparound of what it is I don't like. But this talk between Ivy and Catwoman is really good about her regret and about why she wished that she wasn't so weak and young when the the jokes and riddles happened. And she wishes that she could have been like Catwoman and not gone with it. And not pick a side, yeah. And that's why she blames herself. And I'm telling you, this page is really, really good. And you don't get – you know, all of a sudden, Tom King puts away his – you know, repeating dialogue to really get to a nice conversation of somebody who really feels hurt. And I'm telling you, the stuff with Ivy here with Catwoman and the stuff then with Ivy and Harley, when we get to that, very, very good. It really is. But that's all it is, it's though. It's okay, but during that thing, we had to have Ivy eat a fly for no reason. Yeah, I know. But And with this also is you're going to go with the idea that she's thinking back to what she did, and we're starting to change things because she thinks back. I would, you know, Catwoman says you were young. Uh, you needed the money. You, you did what yeah. you could. That's not weak. That's life. And you see these plants when she did. She was walking through right where they are right now. She was walking through the park with Riddler, and that's when they were doing the whole joke that ended up with the pilgrim uh and uh she ended up these mobsters came to attack them uh because joker was making you know hey you get all this money you go get them bring back the riddler we're gonna have some fun with this they went to go and attack uh riddler and ivy and ivy just ended up like you know not even thinking uh like it's so easy for her and ended up killing them and in that issue if you go back i think it's 26 right batman number 26 The vines are all around their throats. They are choking them out. These guys look like they're already dead. And not, here not you that, look. We have to go through a long ass thing. Oh, yeah, who they are. About who all these people Just are. Just to died. make it more of a villainous act that Ivy did at that point because some one was an undercover cop. This yep. guy was just a mobster on the side because he needed money for his mom's uh, you know, cancer thing. So it really tried to make you feel really, really angry at what Ivy did. Now he's going to go back and with that, you have this flashback scene there while she's talking and no vines around these guys' necks all of a sudden. All of a sudden they're just being held up. Dangled. That's yeah. not the case. And in that issue, Batman fucking flew to that park to cut those guys down in my mind now this is again this is me filling in the blank so this yeah. isn't 100 thing but in my mind cutting them down hoping to save them because they were choking out and he thought that he had time to save them they all died they were already dead uh in this he's gonna change this tom king's gonna go back and change this because we get what this plan is with bruce he realizes that ivy might be hurting the one person that can help is harley now here's the problem with it he makes it that Harley can help, not because she's a psychologist, which is more of what I would have hoped, but it's Seriously. because Ivy and Harley are lovers. And basically, hey, I found out that I could be happy with Catwoman, so I'm going to get you, Harley, Friends to help and Ivy. Lovers. And with this, yeah, and with this, with benefits, and with this, you have the plan is to knock out Ivy. Because he spells out that he knows that Ivy loves Harley. So Harley isn't 100% mind-controlled. She's oh. just 99%. She's still – you wouldn't it's bury her deep. It's just on the surface. It would just be on the surface. Uh, you would. So if we knock out Ivy, everybody else in the world will pass out. 
But Ivy, you won't. You'll snap out of it. This Harley. is the plan. Or Harley, yeah. So uh, they do that. Catwoman then roundhouse kicks Ivy. She passes out, and Harley snaps through. Now this is the problem is as this goes on, Catwoman says, okay, we have 40-some seconds. Uh, you better do this, Bruce, or the planes are going to start falling out of the sky. All the planes uh, all that Ivy's controlling yep, around all the, the world planes. apparently. But so, so now, only but, the planes were worried about and nothing yeah, else. Cars? What about the people on the road? What, what the, about those cyclists, huh? Yeah, what about those, those cyclists? cyclists? What about somebody doing heart surgery at this moment? What about somebody who is on top of a building uh, doing construction on a, on a girder? What about all of the people who are now dead? You can tell me that they saved the planes. Still seems like nonsense to me because then <laughs> we're going to go. No, then what, now we're going to go back. What about the ones just taking off or landing? Uh, what about the idea that now Ivy, who I've never seen fly a plane, uh, is now flying every commercial pilot plane, any other plane in the world simultaneously. Not, not just that, doing everything yeah. that anybody ever does in the world simultaneously. But, but but can't use the Superman powers or Flash powers because that doesn't fit the story. But thank that, God this is again the magic. This is again that this is the wraparound things that get on my nerves. And again, the planes, the planes. What the plane, boss? The plane. Yeah. What about <laughs> every? What about everything else? Everything else in this world that is being done at this moment, everybody nah, man, is planes. just blacked out. It's like you know, it's now the rapture. Uh, where's Kirk Cameron when we need him, Eric? <laughs> He's uh, left but, behind. That's he what we was. Need. Uh, this is the problem, though. Everything in the world now would be a disaster. Uh, you have people who have uh, – oh, my – it's just – it's ridiculous. It is so ridiculous. Again, the people who love Tom King just – that doesn't matter to them. They just want the story, and they want the interactions between the characters. I get it. This is why if you're listening, you're gritting your teeth all the time. I can't just go with that because every step of the way, I see something else that pulls me out of it because there's the plan then. You, you get Bruce yelling. You have a Catwoman yelling, Ivy, wake up. You got to wake up. You know, those planes to plane. And you have Bruce then grab Harley. Harley, wake up, grabs her. She's awake. She's not awake. He grabs her and then jumps out the window. I, I know the fa I know that he magic science. What he still just died. I mean, he just Look, died. I don't even care about any of that. I just want to know why the Batmobile is outside well, yeah, of the hospital. Because he jumps out, flips, goes down, and the Batmobile's right there. Right where he can jump into. Why? Who drove that there? I don't know. You have had Catwoman with Ivy. You have maybe, I don't know, Alfred wouldn't use the remote because he's controlled. So why is yeah. the Batmobile there? But he does jump out of what I, I'm telling you, if you count, it looks like 10, 10 floors. Somersaults lands right in the seat with Harley. Now, this is where Harley's passed out as the... The uh, suit comes on. The bat suit right. comes on. She wakes up and goes, oh, you. And he says, yeah, me. They must run right through the, you know, the super characters I to guess. get where they're going, I guess. I don't know. Again, now you're going to go back to, well, she couldn't control them so much. But they go to meet them in the in the well, park where they are. The whole thing, Ivy I and don't Catwoman. understand because the whole idea, too, like. All right, you know, Ivy, I'm Harley's not fully controlled. It's only on the surface. So we're going to knock out Pam so we can get a uh, uh, Harley. And now she's in the car. Pam's awake. Why doesn't she take back yeah, control why isn't of it Harley back again? like she everybody else? Because I, that's that not that's not part of the story, Eric. But this is where it gets me too, because the big joke then is for Harley to come out. 
Batman changed in the car. Batman has a machine that puts his pants on in the car. Batman's crazy. If she knows that Batman changed in the car because she wakes up and says, oh, you, how would she know he changed? So now you can't tell me that she doesn't know that Bruce Wayne is Batman, which I think Tom King has gone on Twitter and said that's not the case. But how can you go from being in a room with Bruce Wayne, passing out, waking up and then saying Batman changed in his car? Uh, she shouldn't – it's just Batman there. There shouldn't be a change. It'd be like, how the fuck did I get here with Batman? This is weird. But it, there's the joke. It has to be the joke. Batman changed the car. Changed from what? From Bruce Wayne? That you, It doesn't make sense. But it's just – that's an aside thing. Yeah. But this is where you have Harley go but up. You know, what are you doing? I, no. I don't even care about – like I'm not going to no. be upset I'm about it because you, I just, there's it's so just many little other things, things that yeah. are the biggest problems in the story. Him changing the car and Harley's talking about yeah. I don't yeah. give a shit at all because that doesn't ruin the rest of the continuity. Yeah, yeah. well, so you go up then. Well, uh, coming out, you will see what goes on. But when when they're going then, it's Ivy saying, you know, uh, Harley says, well, what are you doing, baby? And she's like, I- I'm saving the world. No, no, no. You know, what's what's going on with you? You know, and she you, – you still have Ivy. Like, I just want to make things better, I, you know. And this is where you get the whole deal where Catwoman then out of nowhere, hey, you know what? Uh, those people you died in the park, you have to let that go. You got to move on. You got to be a better person since then. And that's where Batman's like, people who died in the park. Holy shit. I went back afterwards. You didn't kill him, Ivy. They were shot in the head the Riddler did. by the Riddler. And, and I hate it too deal. because they even say, see Batman 26. I don't even yeah. know why they would have this because yeah, if you why? actually do go back and see Batman 26, there's no gunshots in any of these guys' no. heads. They are dead from the vines. And again, I, uh, they're dead from the vines that are strangling them around the neck. These have no things around. And then you have a backwards scene to play out to see what did happen that the Riddler went back and shot them. Okay. This gets Ivy off the, you know, off the hook, but I want to know what this then does, because if you're going to do this and you're going to do it right and clever, what does this do to make a difference in the jokes and riddles now? I know that this is – it's made up later, so it wouldn't, but now you're doing this. Show me something where later Ivy comes to Riddler and says, I'm out. Like this would make sense to me. I'm out. I'm not a killer. <laughs> you're not a killer. Yeah, that's not what those guys in the park said. And that kept Ivy in. And that made Ivy more of a villain. It didn't. Ivy disappeared pretty much after yeah. that. And now you just see that Riddler went back and shot them. Why? Why did he do this? Why did he go back and shoot them like that when obviously we already saw that they died from the vines yeah. in the original story? But I need to know what the Riddler was doing. And basically I see online of people like, oh, man, this shows that Riddler's a wackadoo even more than I thought. But it's not the Riddler to me. No. This isn't. And that's one of the problems with people who really love the jokes and riddles where we said that one of the big things was it just didn't feel like the Riddler. It didn't even feel like no. the Riddler from Zero Year, which was the prequel to or the jokes and riddles. any other time. Yeah. So it makes it. And then you get even when you're going, you have this uh, riddle as he's going through the park and he's like, hey. Uh, you know what happens when a guy goes into a, a bathroom and he's going to kill himself he shoots himself between the eyes and then he doesn't die how because he shot the mirror and with that i'm like i i want to know how this time like i always oh, no, want no. these Th- riddles this is the best tie into the war of jokes riddles we have because if this continues the riddle of doing nonsense riddles yeah, that don't just mean nonsense anything. riddles all it is is a riddle of shooting somebody between the eyes i don't yeah. want that i want to say like what does the guy who fooled the uh, the girl who wasn't a villain do when they're done? 
Leave, Eric. See, it goes into the green. Leave. Uh, but yeah, you just get this and basically it's like, okay, let's, uh, wipe our hands free and clear of the nonsense of the jokes and riddles. All these people should shut their mouths on the internet and I can get on to telling my story. And basically Batman ends it with Selena, Bruce and Selena are sitting in bed and, uh, they say that they're going to take Ivy to the sanctuary. Uh, mainly it seems because she's probably insane from controlling everyone. They'll do what they do. She's going to be okay. She had 7.5 billion in her, uh, people in her head. Well, like when we let her, so that you know, she's going to be as okay as she can. But the whole thing is like this sanctuary is still being set up, as far as I know, yeah. in JLA right now. And like, I like to think that maybe this was going to be Steve Orlando's swan song to his fucking uh, yeah. you know series that's canceled. And right here, oh, the sanctuary—that's what it's going to be now. Yeah, right, but well. I actually think that that's what it. Here's the deal: uh, they told Steve Orlando to do that. That's not because really, what is what else is it going to be when uh, you have Killer Frost there building it, like we saw from these plans from Promethea? It, it's only going to ever be a place where people can go and kind of become less of villains and things from PTSD, that's, just that's the like thing, Killer though. Frost. She she already wasn't a villain though, pretty much in the Birds of Prey. But she killed people in in. That book, so I'm not talking about Ivy. I'm talking about Killer Frost themselves. Right, to have right. Killer Frost building it just pushes this, and and pretty much Tom King announced a sanctuary story probably like nine months ago. It's oh, been yeah? a while. Oh yeah, that. he announced that this was going to be what's going to happen. That's why when I came up with the idea, oh Jesus, that's what it's going to be. It's because he had a he went to a PTSD kind of symposium and talked about comics and and PTSD and things, and that's where they announced that he was going to be starting this thing where in the continuity Batman was going to set up something for people and villains and and heroes to go and work out their problems and that's this is the start of it it seems and it's going to be like you said in Happy Harbor uh but yeah with that though but we the, have this, this the, and the story's it's over. over here you know next Johnny. the wedding begins I'm like where what happened to Johnny, Johnny the kid who can't eat vegetables and what is the ramifications of this 3 weeks where nobody was themselves does anybody remember anything like no I need to have some kind of wrap up here and I'm telling you, this whole idea where we're going to take Poison Ivy and say, oh, she's not really a villain. She's actually uh, thought she was PTSD, all this stuff. What she has done now for the past three weeks is the equivalent of unleashing the anti-life equation. Yeah. It has made her one of the biggest villains in my mind because yeah, you can't she just, just wipe it over the like world. This. You, you can't d- just end it like this and, and wipe your hands clear. And, All oh. right, I'm I'm done and go. And this is the problem is where we have this other that, problem where she now knows everything about everybody. All of yeah. our heroes, she knows everything. They're going to make her that those – I'm telling you, that 7.8 billion or whatever, the, the 7.5 billion people in her head, uh, when she let that go, that to me, you have to read between the lines as you always do, Eric. She's insane now, and she won't oh. remember shit. They, 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 she won't remember any of this, and we'll just go forward, and nobody She's will – She's just a drawing goofball now. Yeah, that's what it seems. And with that, like you said, you end up with this where he has to end with Selena. Like Bruce looks like he gets the call from Clark, whatever. Have them watching TV in the background and have this whole deal. You have Tom King who really wants to keep talking about Campbell, the quarterback from the Gotham Knights all these times. Have a thing in the background that the news person's like, hey, uh, boy, what did we miss? It seems like three weeks went by without us even knowing. Like, where are these weeks when people wake up and they're like, oh, shit, I forgot my mom's birthday or, you know, all this crazy stuff. That will never be addressed. And I know that people, oh, Tom King always addresses. Where no. is this? I, and I want to have just, I, if he's, if he ever 
ever would venture to listen to what we have to say on this podcast. I need him to have a thing at the end where they're just watching TV and they have just blurb after blurb. By the way, this just in, Eric, Selena is not wanted for mass murder. Hey, yeah. by the way, uh, Holly Bane, Robinson has confessed. Bane, after that headbutt, he was put into uh, Iron Heights. Hey, by the way, Blackgate. Uh, yeah, Blackgate, wherever. I don't even care where he gets yeah. put in. I'm saying that all these things end and people keep telling me, and oh, by the way, uh, Batman is now looking into who's sold the powers to Gotham and Gotham Girl. Hey, by the way, Batman kept yelling, uh, Bane, I'm going to break your damn back because he was insane. It's a weird That's, news article. It is. It's a weird news. This is a new bit of news here. But no, <laughs> we, we never get back to stuff. It's just left there. And yeah, I'm wondering where, uh, like, this just in. Everybody's Johnny. dead from crashing their cars and this, this and just that. in. Johnny can eat vegetables. Thanks Johnny. Wayne Enterprises. Yeah. Oh, we'll get back to that at some point. There will be one page. At the reception? Yeah, there, there'll be, be one page. Salad. Hey, hey, Mr. Wayne. Hey, Mr. Wayne I, I can eat salads now. And by the way, they suck. Thanks a lot, you <laughs> Jerk! Hey, oh, my mom gives me now a salad. I don't like the greens. Fucking hate this shit. Uh, Jesus Christ! Where is the dressing? I need more dressing here. He's yelling and screaming at the reception. This is the worst thing. You really ruined it. My mom won't even get me a burger anymore. I gotta eat salads. Uh, but yeah, with that, you'll get that. And, you know, I'm telling you, I think that we will get a panel or two later where Bruce is accepting an award for coming up with the cure for one person in the world. Like, you know what, Wayne Industries, go and look into curing cancer next. Not Maybe just AIDS. one guy who can't eat greens. Do that. But with that, that isn't what I'm saying when people will be like, this will happen. We'll get that and people will get a hold of me. Huh, look, I guess egg is all in your face, you son of a bitch. They went back to it. It's not that that I'm angry about. It's that last issue. That was one of the most important things that it seemed to be happening. It seemed he to be ended the up, crux of the series. He ended up talking to Ivy and her getting so angry she killed him because of that. We had so, and so it's not that it won't be resolved. It's that it, it didn't end up being anything of import to this issue. And then when you get around to it, even when this issue starts, you have Ivy once in this point. So I apologize to people that I said that she doesn't say anything about the green or the earth. She does say that. She does say yeah. when she's in the, in the day, what about the earth? What about the deal? But it, she doesn't care. I mean, really no. where, where this is gone. All the the only reason where we had this idea of her controlling everyone was to save the earth. Oh, the earth is it's it's rebelling against us. We're doing this. That's only because that's generic Ivy. Now I want to ask everybody who did Ivy, like where that. She also wants everybody to love Ivy so yeah. she can maybe forgive herself for what she's so, yeah. done. So I want to just go back to the beginning and just my last thing is we really never. I know you'll say that you can kind of oh well Jim needs to be led by the hand and all these, but really never even got to the full idea of how she was controlling everyone and no. what the rules were and what was going on. You know, they're eating the green, so you're assuming it's the green. But like some people said, half the stuff that they were eating might be, you know, dead green vegetable, whatever. You know what I mean? It's, so what is really what was going on? Because the, the problem is, is what happens in these books and what happens in this run is that a lot of the details are not important to Tom King and some and I guess the people who like the books that he does 
are in that same mindset that they may sit there and say, well, I don't like to be held back by this nonsense, you know, continuity, Eric, or, or oh. story. Uh, no, but like details like that, that they don't care. But that's the problem. I need to, to have these things so that I can wrap my, ra- my mind around what's going on. And this is where I'm going to just, I promise I'll end now, Eric. Uh. But in a Batman book, the rules to me are so much more important because you're always going to rely on Batman being prepared and Batman being a detective. Without rules set of what's going on, it always seems to me that Batman jumps to conclusions like you said earlier yeah. or the solution of a, a crime or a detective case is forced in. This is where a lot of people love that the brave in the mold where I said that pretty much – the clues were set there so forced because there was no real connective tissue with everything going on. So it was, no. oh, he must have come in. Uh, 83rd floor must be a kite. I'll go no. to this place that sold a kite to this guy, to that guy. It's this guy. That wasn't a good progression to me because, again, we'll go back to that for one second of the, the uh, brave in the mold. Y- you have Batman there and like, oh, God, somebody came through the window. There are a lot of different people in the DCU that don't need a kite to no. go through an 83rd window. And to me, a kite would not come into my head right away. Now, I'm not Batman, obviously. I'm a dummy. But somebody in the 83rd floor, I, I wouldn't just think, oh, it has to be Kite Man, only because at that moment, Kite Man fever was fucking sweeping the nation. So I don't – it's nonsense. So basically what I'm telling everyone who says that we nitpick and things like that in a Batman book, that's kind of the way I need things most of the time because the roundabout deal of him being the world's greatest detective, I need to see things. And I need to see things that happen, and not once have I had in this run where I thought to myself, holy shit, he is a great detective. That makes sense. I say – Holy shit, how the fuck did that happen? How how yeah. did he figure that out? I don't well, want to be surprised no like that. Work. Things just no. happen because. Yeah, I need to have a book where he is doing detective work, and the best things of detective work and the best mystery books and things like that are when you end up at the end seeing things that were in plain sight but were put together by this ultra you know smart character who is the greatest detective into a way that then makes sense to you as well and you have this eureka moment you have this oh my god i i should have seen that it's so fun or if you figure it out before and you think you're smart this is just hey i'm gonna taunt ivy until she kills me through superman hoping that i get to a place i don't know what she can control or not hopefully she can bring back people from the dead so she'll do that and then i'll have and then i'll have harley there which makes no sense i i know every harley being there she is not a neurologist she isn't she is not the idea that okay hopefully after i get killed and and brought back harley will only be controlled at a surface level Mm mm-hmm I just want to take a drink, Eric. Oh, I'm sorry. With that, no, with that, yeah. What happened if at any point, like, you know, and you can't tell me that if I say, oh, at any point one of these steps didn't happen, and you say, no, no, Jim, look at how they progressed. It always had to happen. This way, no, no, no. There's a lot of jumping to conclusions just to get to that bit where you have Harley there because Harley is connected to Ivy. And it makes no sense. There should have been like, I know that you have Har- uh, Harley at a surface level. And then I was like, no, I don't. Uh, oh, drats. <laughs> That's I how it is like that. Too. I know you have her there. No, I, I like don't. To, I like to imagine that Batman has had this yeah. plan for a while. Yeah, but how? But, but I'm saying, though, I'm telling you, he's had this plan for a while. He had to wait those three weeks. Three so weeks. He knew that, that Ivy could actually, you know, take control of Harley, get her in a car, a train or something to get her to 
Gotham from yeah. Bell Rev in freaking Louisiana yeah. to get to yeah. Gotham at the freaking hospital so all this play could take place. But that would have right. been the I, wraparound. I that would have been great. That would have been great if you saw because that's another thing that happened in this. They waited for three weeks. Yeah. And then at three weeks decided to go to Batburger just because that's the one theory he had for three weeks. Huh? I think that the vegetables on the burgers are doing shit. Hey, you hungry, baby? Let's roll. And they go out. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can, I, you can say. You can tell with. me all along, like, oh, well, they couldn't because Superman was watching, but they did anyway. Yeah. You know, they did. And, and Catwoman went out just taunting the shit out of him. So there you go. Uh, I find it very lacking. Uh, I obviously, we are not big fans of this run. And it's mainly because I find that the stories fall apart. Uh, you know, when you give it a little more scrutiny. And unfortunately, when we review it and talk about it on the podcast, that's kind of what we do. If, if I wasn't reviewing it and you weren't reviewing it, we didn't have a podcast, which probably would make a lot of people happy. Uh, yeah. I could just maybe read this and maybe I could just grab this and say, okay, you know what? I like Catwoman and it's kind of cool that he's getting married. Uh, but that's not what we do. And I need a little more. And we th- weren't this doing is, this. I wouldn't be reading Batman. No, oh, this is what we say ago. too is you have to remember I say Nightwing's my favorite character but we always, me and Eric, both say Batman's a given. Like yeah. You don't even include him in that because he should be almost everybody's favorite Just character at some Batman, level. That's a gimme. Yeah, that's a, that, that should be at, at some level everybody loves. I know that some people, but yeah, you have the idea, oh, I like this run because it's not the Bat God, but yet we continuously <laughs> see it as. Then mind. you get the idea of, oh, I like this Batman because it's the happy Batman. You show me when he's ever happy. He's not <laughs> happy. Yes, he's going to have a, a bride, and that does make him happy, but in the panel-to-panel deal, he seems more miserable than anybody. And yet you have a Batman book that Batman takes second fiddle. That's how you know Cat he's really woman. getting married. Yeah, really. Uh, you, you have this. I want to tell him about what happens after you eat that wedding cake, Eric. But with, with this, you have a Batman book where Batman to me is secondary. Every All the heavy lifting's done by Selena, oh, yeah. uh, and that's what you get. So we'll see. But now we're going towards the wedding. We have all those tie-ins. We have things. And this is what a lot of people who jumped on this book uh, recently wanted, so they'll get what they want. And hopefully when Tom King is just telling us a story that he doesn't have to set up these crazy scenarios like this, like going to Kadim, the forbidden city, and throwing out that nobody can enter and, and leave when they do, uh, maybe it'll be good. Maybe we'll actually be able to just settle down, have some fun, we'll have some jokes because there's not anything crazy going on. It's just some, like you said, people who want a happy Batman, maybe they'll get that, and we'll be able to dig it. I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Something will go wrong. That way. But I, I have an open mind that maybe for the next bunch of issues, we can just kind of go along with the ride with everyone else and enjoy it. But what did you give this? I gave this issue a 3.8 out of 10. I hated this story so much it went against continuity and not in an appropriate way because it tells you to look at the goddamn issue that does not match up with what they're telling you. But uh, none of the things make sense. Batman has jumped to conclusions and things just work out because they work out with no forethought put behind it. And even the art, which is the strongest point of the series, I thought was a little bit down this issue from what we normally get. And it might be because we didn't have those big splash pages where like Mikel Yannon just really just lets everything shine, which I think is that padding for the issue. But 
I got I used like to it, it to the point where I think that it's the strongest yeah. point of the series. So it, we didn't it, even yeah. have that here, and it, so it was a little bit more down than usual, and just a goddamn wreck of an arc. Yeah, I, is it possible that maybe this third issue changed a bit, and he wanted it to end like this, and it wasn't original? I don't know, because maybe that know. could be a reason why the art, because the art is a little down. It's still great. Uh, yeah. I still love the art. I'm giving it a 5.1, uh, mainly, and I have the same problems that you do. I just don't want to get yelled at as much as you, Eric. No, I actually like that part with Catwoman and Ivy. I thought that was really good. And I like the part. Fly. I like the part with Harley and Ivy when they're talking. Like that's the sort of thing that I do like. I do like where a character you see and, and the art in that is really good. The expressions that Michael Yannon uses in that are really good where she just she feels Ivy feels so helpless and things like that. But then I, I know Again, she's a bit, but why story, doesn't that, she that, just go to Harley originally and talk it out and just take over the world? It, it never wraps around to what. No, that, you, that's like, why I can't take any of that stuff like you know like, real well, because it doesn't make sense. That's what's what I'm saying in the first place. around the end. I wish that Batman or somebody or Ivy just said, "Listen, you know." Making everyone love you doesn't make you better. Like having people, I love you. They kind of go with that, you know. I love, but doesn't it? Uh, it's almost like, like, don't worry about this whole, you know, planet being laid down. While this is going on, she's still controlling the entire planet I'm because saying, you know, Darkseid wasn't able to go this far with the no. goddamn plans. Like I'm telling you, as this is going, and I know that we can't have this craziness or whatever, but is this something that Ivy could just snap the finger and it's over? Uh, is there ramifications of things? Is she going to have to land all those plans first? I I'm telling you, as far as like I'm concerned right now, at any given time, Ivy could k- take control of anybody she wants going forward. Yeah, yeah. They just have to eat a burger with, with lettuce and tomato. No, no. I'm telling you, they already have, so it already is there because I don't know because that reverses that, the effect. But, that, nothing, but that's what's weird to me again we go with the rules well why would that be because you do end up digesting that and shitting it out like something yeah. when i ate peas the last time i ate peas eric when i was three uh they're, they're not still in my system i, I you know so where well, is the know. roundabout deal i'm telling you i haven't I, ever since this book and this this arc uh, made me stop eating greens, Eric. It was oh, this. Yeah, Tom, that's what did it. <laughs> Tom King has made me stop eating greens. There you go. I blame him and nobody else. You have a scapegoat for your lifestyle. That is right. But that's the end of the podcast. So if you're angry at us, so be it. You can uh, talk to me, yell at me, whatever. But yeah, it's just our opinion, whatnot. Yeah. But what is your And book I thought we gave a week? lot of valid po- like points to our opinion. So I up? would think no. so. Uh, what's Come up? Me, what, what are you you're saying? Come <laughs> at me, bro. Nobody ever. <laughs> comes at you bro they're all coming at me bro (laughs) yeah yeah they say it to you and i I can't help myself you seem to be able to this goes up i'll forget about that so somebody's gonna start yelling i'm not dealing with this yeah no somebody will say something like out of the blue like you know hey i think this and that and the other you'll be like i don't even know what they're talking about just go your your merry way and there will be me then i'll see it and i'll have to defend you defend (laughs) you from nothing but uh all right What, what is your book of the week my book of the week this week is Super Sons. I yep. thought it was, you know, the best issue we've had so far, and I love the art, and I just wish that every other book was up to par with what we got with that. Yep, that is mine as well. I loved it. Uh, I have not been giving a lot of 9 out of 10s in a while, and that's what I gave I haven't that, been so. given a lot of 8 out of 10s no, for a while, which yeah. I gave that. 
You've been a negative Nancy, but as we do at the I've end of every... I've been a realistic Ricky. Yeah, at the end of this, we always say, uh, tell you what we're going to be talking about next week. Now, I will mention that two of these books will be on the Patreon-only spotlight picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh group. Beep, boop. Boop, boop. Again, I'll mention it one last time. You can go to www.http uh, colon double slam uh, patreon.com slash weird science and, and listen to all of our other shows, and I'll promise you, uh, Eric... And everyone out there, uh, right. most of our other shows are very positive. If, if yeah. you sit here and listen to us talk about this stuff and say, I don't need more negativity of the deal, when we do our Patreon shows for the most part, except maybe the spotlight sometimes, but the other shows that we have, I have a new show that's all of comics new show. I have a, a review show where I review comics from you know other companies as well. I get to pick what I review on that, and I usually try to pick something I like. So I like it. Eric I don't has know, a, man. I, I, I was a little bit down on my last boys toys well you were but eric has a boys toys thing where he talks about toys that he played with as a kid and things like that that he's getting now and plays now and for the most part it's positive but you have some nitpicks but most of the time these other shows you'll get a jim and eric that are very positive and very happy and we do a lot of shows we have the pop culture show if you ever listen to that way back we have that on the patreon as well and we have a ball doing that that's a lot of fun eric may throw shade at say drake or, or maybe the that- song, the song Havana, Eric Havana. You, you know, you dancing there, you doing the the free. I don't recall any of this. Yes, but uh, yeah, he has problems with that. May not know who Rihanna is, but we have a, a good time with that. So I just wanted to spell that out after being so negative uh, with that last book. But this is what we're going to talk about next week. We have Batgirl number twenty one, Batman Beyond number eighteen. Dark Knight's Metal number six, Eric. It ends. Close that the, out. Yeah. The metal ends. Detective Comics 977. Doomsday Clock number four. Do you think it's an odd thing to shove those two in the same week? Because I do. I think that that is a misstep. They it's going to be a big week for DC. They probably, they're trying to boost their sales. At the there end are of the so month. many books next week. This podcast is not going to be that long. I, we're, obviously, Eric, this is the end of the podcast, but in the wraparound, we haven't finished it yet. Yeah. Uh, next week, is, it's going to be long, uh, but we have Doomsday Clock number four. Uh, we also have Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps number 41, Justice League of America number 27 that is wrapping up we have mara queen of atlantis number two uh mother panic gotham ad number one which i would assume that reggie and chris will be talking about mystic you number three eric we'll talk about that crazy we'll talk about that one if we're gonna uh raven daughter of darkness number three hopefully eric does not get disconnected this time so we can talk My about what, what has turned out to be one of his favorite books of all time oh, suicide yeah. squad number 38 teen titans number 18 another book that is ending but coming back with a different team later. That'll be on one of my new shows eventually. Yeah. Right. The Demon Hell is Earth, number five. The Flash, number 43. Hellblazer, number 20. Uh, the Rough and Ready Show, number six. I'll have to see if Jeremy's going to do a audio on that. Silencer, number three, something we've been looking forward to. Yeah. Uh, the Terrifics, number two, another thing that we like. Trinity, number 20. And Wonder Woman, number 43. A lot so of goddamn a books. a lot of books. And like I said... Two of them will be picked for the Patreon-only spotlight, and one will be on the Patreon spotlight that's on the regular feed. So three of those not determined yet will not be on next week's. But if you listen to all the shows, Eric, you get all the books, every single one of them. But that is the end of the podcast. Thanks, everybody, for contributing, listening, writing in, all that stuff. What do we say at the end there? Everyone have a great week. Keep it weird, and we'll see you in seven. Oh, yeah!